Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue sky. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I think I might be on time to say that. You know, give him a head, you know, and we are in the kitchen. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. I would have thought you were going to play a Christmas song tonight. I would always be happy to play a Christmas song, but you know, people I yeah. showcase your theme song with you. I mean, they go hand in hand. Aww. Like, uh, Aww. Oh, oh, stuff like that there. You found it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Hi, everybody. It is Saturday night. This is in, do you know, <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of hours at the apartment, finishing up the apartment today. And I went through all of the leftover mail and I sorted that out and I did a couple of other chores and I'm, and I said, phew. So I sat down and I had uh, a copy, um, one of the older issues of the air check. And I said, oh my gosh, today is Saturday. <laughs> I, I forgot it was Saturday. So I have some stuff for us tonight and we need people to call in. 
Oh, yes. And let's, um, you want to tell me what you did this week? Uh-huh. We're going to go back to the Long Beach Lecture Hall Hospital that we have renamed it, uh, named after the gentleman who won the Congressional Medal of Honor to become wow. the Rubin Center. And this is the same place where Jack Benny and Bob Holt did the shows for Best in Long Beach. They, uh-huh. they had the same theater and the same stage. So we're going to go back in March. And so I took care of the flyer for that and contacted Dr. Mm-hmm. working on the contract for the Spurback convention that will be held next November. And once the uh, Don King comes on there, I can announce the actual location. But I am, it's, uh-huh. it's all come to go together. And so, and I talked to Lauren Chapin this week. And of course, wow. she's the little girl driving those tests. So mm-hmm. she, she, she lives in Uh-huh. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. She lives in Vero Beach, Florida now. So. Okay. Yeah, so that's where she's at. And then I, uh, so those are some of the things. And then we uploaded more shows to the podcast. Uh-huh. podcast Radio Podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Music. SoundCloud.com, and we're there. You can, if you go to SoundCloud.com, and of course there's Jazz Booth and Christopher Miller. And yeah. And look there, we uploaded Patricia's interview from Mayor of Nashville this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, yes. So we'll do it again. He was fun. He was fun. And Bill, when is Bill's birthday? Today, the second. That's what I thought. The two of them were back to back. And Kim reached out to the filmmaker who's doing the documentary on Bill, so they wanted to interview the yesterday UFO personality. So Kim uh, verified the people who have said yes. So, so Patricia and I will be involved, and other people too. So that will be fun to see. That'll be fun. That will be fun. Does she have any idea when these people want to want to do interviews? I have no idea yet. So. If you, if they can make it on Saturday night, it'll be the least noisy night <laughs> of the week. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! What an uproar! I was working out. I sent a note to Kim Bryant about her Christmas schedule. Yeah, you and I have to go over that. Oh, yes, she can. She <laughs> This year she can. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start on Monday, December 11th. We're starting early this year. Uh-huh. I'm in the mood. Okay, so we're going to... Oh, you're always in the mood, but this year you're doing something about it. So we're going to start yeah. for four weeks, starting mm-hmm. on Monday through Thursday, starting December 
Luke 11, so that'd be the Luke of 11, 18, 25th through 3rd. And then Patricia and I need to kick around, do we want to do a few extra hours on, on a Saturday, you know? Just mm-hmm. So that's something Patricia has to verify. But it's been a busy week for her move, so I didn't want her to think about too far in advance. And then, and then Christmas Eve, I'm going to pre-record Michael Buell ahead of time because, you know, I just don't know my church schedule, my family schedule. So the Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday. So I'll pre-record mm-hmm. him and run down, but maybe Patricia has to move away in the afternoon for a few hours or something, Christmas Eve afternoon. But she traditionally always calls the people Oh, Norad, and we find out about Santa Claus, and we get to talk to military people and volunteers, and oh, good, 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 good day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. <gasps> Do you mean we have to hang up our hat until football season is over? Oh, yumpin' yiminy. <laughs> Can't do that. I knew somebody would bail us out. Hello there. You're, I guess you're not watching football, so you call Lucky's desk, right? The last time I played football, I didn't even get a home run. So. <laughs> it took a second. <laughs> Hi there. How, are how you into this sports week? I am. Well, you know, I mean, Dave. I mean, you, you. I mean, you don't know how to play lacrosse. I don't know what what that's all about. I'm most as I come to that is making the sign of the cross before the game starts. Yeah. So, have you never done play-by-play <laughs> or, or nothing like that or color guy? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't even do color. No. No. What? Nothing. What? Well, you know, always got me Bill Bragg, doesn't like sports either, and for all the years he ran camera on the Dallas Cowboy home game. So, here's a guy... And people ask him well, how the game turned out. He had no idea. That was his yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to figure out soccer. Forget that. No, there's no way. No, oh, no. wow. I once Hi tried there. out how are for you? a football team when I was a kid. And I was below weight. And, and I was trying so hard to make weight. My mother told me bananas put weight on me. So the night before, <laughs> I was eating all of these bananas, and they had the first scrimmage. And I got down, and these two guys picked me up and ran me all the way to the end of the field and slammed me up against the fence, and that was the end of my <laughs> football career. How about how about the bananas? I still have the bananas. <laughs> you're still, you're still uh, eating bananas. Okay, this is yeah. good. Hi, Patricia. This is good. Hello, Dave. This is Dave in Rhode Island, our friend who calls Peek-a-boo. in, and he, and he lets yeah he lets us come out and play on his show sometimes, and 
Yeah, we got to do that Wait soon. We're, uh, we're actually going to be moving our studios, and when we get the new studios in, which is uh, going to be in about a month or so, then we should set something oh. up and do that. Are they going to be at the same, in, same location, or how? Do, yeah, they're going to be the same. Yeah, there's a, there's like a there's like a um, yeah, it's 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 in the front of the building, uh-huh. it's a different location in the building. Yeah, yeah. So but you still have to move. Cool. I don't care if it's ten feet or or ten miles. You have to move. How involved is that for you? Well, um, uh, uh, moving for me. Yeah. No, no, we're going to be in the same building. We're just going to be in a yeah. in a different part. Right now, our radio studio is inside the cable studio. Oh, gee. Um, and so we're moving the cable, the uh, radio studio, to its own area, so cable can have more time to shoot, and radio can have more time to broadcast. Cool. So when we come out to play on your show, can we have more time? Oh, sure, you can have it all the time you want. I mean, uh, I mean, my show's still going to be three hours, but you can keep talking. That'll be fine. We can, uh, we can just keep going. <laughs> way to go. So how are you, by the way? Yeah. And uh, when are you going to get home, uh, Patricia? I'm not. I'm not. What? I'm not. Well, I mean, eventually. Well, if you go home. I'm not. I'm not. I gave up my apartment, and, um, you know, if I do really well after surgery, and I hope that I could have it, I have to get my clearance from the cardiologist, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Patricia got hopefully some back shows we coming up, so once that's, once that's figured out, then we'll know her next step. So. Oh, so when, when you said you went to your place and straightened out, I thought you were straightening it out so you could return, but you straightened it out to get to your moving out of it. Right. That's right. Oh, yes. okay. Now comes the dawn yes. on Marblehead. Yes. Very good. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, Patricia was there for awesome. almost, what, 17 years, Patricia? You know, it was sort of... Long time. It's about time that she painted it. That's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have yeah. been such a good... I have been such a good tenant that the only thing I ever asked them to do was to paint the walls. Uh-huh. And did they? I didn't ask for... Didn't yeah they did didn't ask oh, for yeah, new carpet didn't ask for new appliances nothing. Now, now is, do you have a good cardiologist? Do you have a good one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Good, good, yeah. Because I, I my car, my doctor, my cardiologist, my doctor actually used to be a veterinarian. <laughs> are you serious? Or are you, this is one of Dave's no, jokes? No, used to. I see. I I've always thought those were the very best doctors because your patients can't tell you what their complaint is. Right. And right. Yeah, I mean, they got to figure it out, yeah. and they've got to know what to do. My, yeah, my doctor was originally a veterinarian. The only problem is he wants to lick everything better. <laughs> I knew there was something coming. Well, the only thing. Yeah. Can and you maybe hear I me? Tell okay. This, Patricia, there was a guy who complained one time, went to his friend and said, "I am so angry. My my doctor told me I have to take one of these pills." Every day for the rest of my life, I am furious. And his friend said, wait a minute, it's not so bad. One pill the rest of your life, what's so bad about that? He said, he only gave me four. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, that's a good joke. Okay, that's a good that one, one you like. Okay, yeah. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I get, yeah. Which was your fine. Yeah, okay. Uh, so when's the, last time, the- when's the last time you said you dressed up as Santa Claus, Dave? 
Oh my God, um, it's been quite a few years now. Yeah, I'm gonna say maybe ten, ten or twelve years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I used to do all of the Santa arrivals. And, well, I say all of them. I used to do a Santa arrival every year, sometimes two, two different malls. Uh, do the arrival, we'd land in the helicopter, see the kids. I'm not see the kids, but perform for the kids. Yeah. And then um, we would do a little switch, and uh, the uh, and then Santa would go sit and with the kids, you know. And it was really cool because when, during my show, I would tell the kids they didn't have to be good for Christmas. <laughs> I love that story. Yes. What do you have to tell them? And I would tell them they had to promise because the parents were threatening my life for that moment. Um, <laughs> and I would tell them they had to promise to try to be good. And then yeah. we wrote a song called Try to Be Good uh, for the Aww. kids to think about during the Christmas season. Yeah. So would you still, oh, that is... would you still have the kids sit on your lap at the time when you were still coming in? Well, I did it. I did years ago. I used to do that. Uh, I, I did that. But then I moved. I, I produced these arrivals right. with a helicopter and a band and dancers and you know, it was it was it was a pretty yeah. big deal going on. And then later on, I did all kinds of kind of clever arrivals. I, there was a mall that I worked with that had a huge video screen in the middle of the food court. So I produced an arrival where I ha- I built a giant keyboard made out of styrofoam that looked like the keyboard on an old computer. You know, with a big monitor. Uh-huh. And uh, I had a couple of actors who. One pretended to be an old, whacked-out scientist and his young assistant, and he was supposed to type into the keyboard, and Santa would appear, and on the screen, here comes Santa, and they had a conversation with Santa, and then the keyboard would explode, and everybody would be upset because they couldn't get Santa, and then Santa would show up standing right behind them all and make his arrival. Yeah. So it it was pretty cool. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Big productions. So, did you ever did you ever organize a parade? No, I didn't do a parade. At one time, when I was at ARA, when I was running the ARA, I wanted to have. I thought about having a family parade, where people would have their own floats. The families mm-hmm. would be in the parade, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a turnabout, you know. And then the people who usually watched the parade would get to be in one. That was pretty cool, but it never got off the ground. One of my many ideas that went right down the john before you, you I got had to do so it. Bad. I, if you if all of your ideas bore fruit, you would be 148 years old. I don't know. I I've been able to do quite a few of them. Um, I know a few. A few were bummers, but you know, I didn't get there. You know, or I couldn't sell yeah. it to anybody. You know, I couldn't get them to so take a best, shot at what, it. What was the best idea that you ever had that you ain't you weren't able to sell? Oh, that's well, a great let question. Me think, let me think for a second. Um, I think no. I think it was that. I think it was that family parade. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the family parade. That was that was pretty cool. I had a whole bunch of other stuff that I did that I'd have ideas for, and just uh, I mean, there were a lot of stuff to turn down out out of you know 
right out of hand because they just thought I was nuts. But <laughs> but the, the the most fun of that was I would say something without really having thought it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Way I would to just, go. It would just come to me during the meeting. And I'd say, you know what a great idea would be? Why don't we do this? And somebody would say, you know, that's a great idea. And I think to myself, oh, God, no, please, dear God. <laughs> I was really just entertaining you with my thoughts. Oh, right. I was, I, yeah. I was like a dog chasing a car. I catch it every <laughs> once in a while. And you don't know what to do <laughs> with it, right? And then you have to figure awfully out what you're going to do with it. Awfully yeah. big hole you have to dig to bury a car. Yes. <laughs> so, but we've had we've had good times. We've had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and just uh, and, and the Santa stuff is funny. I've had some stories of. I don't know if I told you guys is that one night, one afternoon, I was walking around a mall years ago, and two boys ran up to me. Well, one boy ran up to me, and his older brother kind of walked up, and the little kid was saying, "Santa, I want this, and I want that, and I want this." And I said, "Well, I'll, you know, do what I can." And then his brother was just like staring at me. He he looked almost frightened. So I took his hands and I said, "Will you remember that Santa loves you very much?" And he said, yeah, where is he? <laughs> oh, 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 boy. <laughs> so he was One step fun. down, yeah. And oh, then gosh. a little boy came up to me and said to me, if you're really Santa Claus, what's my name? Oh, boy. Oh, and I boy. said, oh, your name is easy. I tell you how old you are. I said, oh, he said, I said you're nine. He said, I am nine. We got into this big conversation, and he hugged me, and he started to run back down the mall, and he turned around, and he said, by the way, my name is Rudolph. Oh, gee. Oh, my. Did he really say that? Yep. He really said it. Oh, my, oh, my word. Yep. 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 And um, <laughs> so he figured he had me, you know. He and, sure uh, The other one was always good is... Uh, you know, it always used to drive me crazy when I, you know, I'd see Sanders and they would say, and what's your name? You know, now mm-hmm. these kids have been sold this whole watching you at night and know who you are and da-da-da, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. But you don't know my name, you know. So mm-hmm. that used to bother me. And sure enough, one time, and a kid come up to me and say, what's my name? Like the other kid. And I said, I, I don't know. What is your name? And she said, it's Katie. And I said, Katie, is that you? You got so big, I hardly recognized you. Oh, my word. you want to see her face. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, oh, that is such a great line. How did you come up with that all of a sudden? I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, gee. I have no idea. But I used it many times after that, of course. Oh, good question. Well, well, well. Santa always had always had a way of dealing with that. Um, you know, I can't think of a particular. Every once in a while, you have, but usually it's because they want to believe. Yeah. Uh, I have found that if I bend down, especially the boys who are in that you know that mode, they're just at the edge where they really they want to hang on to that thought process. Uh huh. So I I would every once in a while I would bend down. And look right in their eyes and say, uh, 
now this is a young man that knows what's going on, and I'd wink at him. And all of a sudden, he'd be on my team. Aww. And his attitude would change almost immediately. Boy, you have to think fast with these kids. Well, I, I, I used to be a kid, and some people think I'm still a kid. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I I think I told you guys about the year that I, I, I was doing, when I was seeing kids uh, at the mall. And I had, it was a morning when they used, they used to, I don't think they do this anymore, but they used to bring the kids to the, to the mall to see Santa Claus. Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, I remember when uh, they used to do that, yeah. Okay, I don't know if, I didn't know if they did it with the, you know, political correctness now, you know, and you get no you know, nine. Blah blah blah. So anyway, we had uh, we had we used to do this, and every morning there'd be you know a couple of busloads of kids would probably show up. And this particular day, I got you know a group of little ones that came to see me, and I talked to each one. And then they said to me, Santa, uh, we got a little bit of a problem because uh, these twelve kids here are from France, and they're visiting. And I knew just enough French to get through it. <laughs> and then we had more American kids, and then we had a couple of Spanish class kids, kids with ESL kids. They they yeah. weren't ESL then. That, that that's you know since then they found out that's what they are. <laughs> and uh, and then at the end or near the end, a father walked up with his little girl, little blonde girl. God, she was gorgeous. And he said to me. Santa, we have a problem. He said, my daughter is deaf, and she reads lips, and she can't see her lips behind your mustache. So I signed to her, Merry Christmas, and her eyes bugged out, and she started to sign back to me. And we went back and forth a little, and, and, and she was just so excited. And we had a great little conversation, and I hugged her, and they left. And after that, I had to go to lunch. And I used to take off all my makeup and just get right out of everything, because I used to like to feel like I used to build the character when I got dressed, you know, build it. So I'm sitting there in the office of the mall having a drink of something, and the, the father walked in without the little girl. He said, I want to talk to the manager of this mall. And the secretary said, well, he's out now. He's not in right now. I want to talk to him. I need to talk to you about that Santa Claus out there. And so she said, oh, well, what ha what's the matter? And she kind of like, the secretary kind of looked at me, kind of, oh, boy, what's this? And yeah. he said, I just watched this man speak English and French and Spanish, he said, and then I brought my daughter, who was deaf, up to him, and he signed to her. He said, it completely touched my heart. I, it was the most wonderful Christmas present. I want to thank him myself. So the secretary pointed at me, and he looked at me, and he said, no, 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 this was an old guy. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he was an old guy. He was, 
And then she pointed at me again. He looked at me, and I signed hi to him. <laughs> and he, oh, went, he went bonkers. He couldn't believe it. And so that was a pretty good one. What fun. That was pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> what? Tell me, I tell me about... I do remember one thing, though, and this is... Um, the year that I, that year that I'm talking about, I was the only Santa Claus at the mall for all of the hours. In other words, Aww. I didn't switch or anything. I, they had this idea that they wanted to do one guy do the whole thing. Uh-huh. And it was Christmas Eve. It was 5 o'clock. The mall was almost completely empty. And I remember the walk from my chair in the mall down the mall, down a long corridor, into an office that was empty, into a back room that was empty, standing in front of a mirror and taking off all of my stuff, the makeup, everything, putting it into a suitcase, throwing on a winter coat, and walking out of the mall that was almost desolate, and it was just beginning to snow. Oh, my. And what a great feeling that was. It was, but at the same time, it was kind of sad. You know, it was kind of it was kind of sad. <laughs> what, what kind of schedule did they ask you to do? Was it seven days a week for so many hours a day? What kind of yeah, it was. Yep, yep. It was. Uh, I mean, it was ten. It was ten to ten to six or ten to seven, something like that. Wow. Little, they didn't do it oh, late my. because the little ones wouldn't be out that late. You know. Ten to six and ten to seven. I had a couple of breaks, and it was pretty good. It was way back. It was back before they did pictures. Mm. Uh, you know, now the the photo booths run all that stuff now. Yeah, the photo yeah. companies. But in those days, we didn't. In that year, they didn't. They hadn't started doing pictures yet. So I just had my own area, and I just. No, you know what I did. You know what I did. This, this is one of my ideas that I that I didn't tell you about. Um, when I that year that I did Santa Claus, the following year I was the promotional manager for that mall. Uh, during a series of things that happened, the, the guy that had the job when I worked for him as Santa passed away, and I had done several projects for him, and so they offered me the job. And after working at Santa Claus, I decided I knew what was a problem. There was a problem. You know, parents scare the hell out of kids about this Santa thing. He's watching you. You better be good. You better not oh, yeah. him, blah, blah, blah. You know. So, and I knew that we had to help these kids have a better relationship. So I made, I, I designed what I called, uh, well, it, it was a button. And the button said, I am Santa's friend. And I don't know if you know this, Walden. Do you know, or you, Patricia? Maybe. I mean, I bet she does. Do you know when when you go to the used to go to the door and the fuller brush man was there or the Avon lady was there? I remember the Avon lady. I don't remember. Okay. How about you, Patricia? You I remember that, the right? Avon lady. Yeah. Yeah, and they you'd go there and they would hand you a sample, you know, a little sachet uh-huh. or yes, a, a little sample. Do you know why they did that? thought it was because they they wanted us to buy that particular product. Well, then, yeah. Well, I guess it, it's a price with, with the, with the yeah, yeah. What happens is 
they would hand you this item. And when you put your hand out to take the item, your mind is open. And that's when they start the sales pitch. So when you physically reach for that item, you would be your least defensive. And so they would start their pitch. So what I did was I designed the uh, this I Am Santa's Friend button. So every child that came up to me where they brought them, and I would hold the button out to them. I wouldn't go at them. I wouldn't say, come here. I wouldn't let the parent drag them toward me. I'd say to the parent, that's okay. And I would just hold the, the button up. Yeah. And as the child reached for the button, I would say, now, what was that special item you needed? And that would be the time that they would start talking to me. And slowly, kids that were frightened to death and hiding behind me, Parents would be sitting on my lap. Did you have Santa on the button? How did you, what, what was the logo? Just a little, it was just a little drawing of Santa, you know, just a little sketch of Santa. And, you know, it would just say, I am Santa's friend. And then hmm. he'd walk around and they'd have the button on. What a and then, great idea. And then it, when I, every once in a while it was quiet, I'd walk around the wall. And if I see they had the button on, I'd say, oh, hello again. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that is so cool. Listen, you two guys keep talking. I have to leave for just a minute. I need to grab a bite okay. to eat because I'm getting close to some trouble here. And I'll be right back. Okay. That's very cool. She, boy, she's got a nice little setup going there. She can sit in that place and uh, hold fort, huh? Great, great, great. You know, I wanted to tell you something before I forget. You know who I interviewed last week was Dawn Wells. Have you had her on? Yep, I had her a couple of years ago. And she was great. She was great. Very nice. Actually, it's funny. I'm going to have Betty Davis' personal assistant on. She has a new book out. Wow. Betty, so that should be a fun show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So were you going to say something? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just wondering, anything else? I imagine your state show probably in, in pretty much closed, quiet mode now during the holidays, right? Well, it's a little bit quieter. I've, I've got I've got several in, in December, but they're like I've got a couple of day jobs, you know, uh, corporate stuff. They've hired the show uh, rather than a night Saturday night, you know. So I'm doing a couple of corporate gigs. So how how is that different versus a corporate versus a nighttime? Is it you customize it based upon the company? How do you actually say that again? Do I what? How do you make it different? The corporate gig versus the uh, oh I don't you don't I don't they hire the show yeah they hire the show I'll make a couple of references to you know so a couple of the muckamucks or something you know you know, you know give them a hard time. Are you Uh, no, I do. Um, Misgivings has a, a, a has a Christmas segment in it anyway, and I do change some of the music to be more Christmassy rather than like at the end of the show I play a Christmas pad to the letter that I do rather than it's a wonderful world things like that you know and um, 
but there is a whole segment, a whole Christmas segment in Misgivings anyway, because he references Christmas. So, and, um, Well, we we um, we have. I know I have a complete control board. Uh, I have, uh, as a matter of fact, I have a lot of equipment. I've got double CD players. I've got sun drive players. I've got uh, I've got a delay system. I've got the, the the phone banks, and we've got about a nine input board. Um, four hang you know four hanging mics, four stand mics. And um, you know, um, preamp distributors for headphones, um, high stools. The whole—it's a stand-up situation, as opposed to sit down. So you you can't opt to sit on stools, you know, or stand, you know. Um, and it, and it's it's a good size. I mean, we can get. Well, the studio itself now is actually the cable studio, so we can get a lot of people in there. But I mean, the new one will seat about seven people. Um, we're setting it up so that there's the control board. I just well, there's actually new equipment going in, so it's a new control board and a bunch of stuff. And there's going to be a table on the other side of the control board with five mics, so we can have guests sitting around that table. You know, so. Well, I I run my own board. I run my own board, but you can you you could have somebody running the board, and then you could sit down with the guests. Yeah, but I like to run my own board. I don't like surprises. You know, when I went to bigger markets and you pointed to the trouble is that I I do so much stuff by the seat of my pants that I suddenly decide, oh, I want to do this. Or I want to run this. So I can pull up the music I want, you know, that kind of thing, uh, without having to communicate with the producer. So what happens when you just actually blow through a commercial? Do you, have, do you get called on the carpet for that? Not really, because this in this place I'm in now is non-commercial. Right. Uh, we, we run primarily public service announcements and underwriting spots, local advertisers that are underwriters. But it's not the stringency of of commercial radio, you know. Uh, and also now, everything, as you know, everything's on computer, and the, the commercial breaks are all um, in one cluster. Everything's all pre-produced. So all you're doing is hit and play, and, you know, the whole the whole break runs for you. And um, like at the BSM, I work out in New Bedford, I do some filling there. And the end of their breaks have a, they have a bump, and now back to whoever, you know. So you don't really blow through anything. Do you miss not doing live commercials by yourself, like your own little spot? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, I I can do that. I mean, they were never spots to me because I they were always people that I knew, you know. And so I could just talk about them <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I, I don't really miss much of that. You know, I like doing. I like doing the. The programming part of it, you know, the, the show part of it, you know, um, the commercials were incidental to me. It's so like, like if you ever went to some of the old Mary Margaret McBride show, she would have like, all these sponsors, and she would never get to them until the very end, and she's like, she's running out of time. Oh, you know, get this, get this, get this, like, just, you know. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think for some people that may be probably more realistic, you know, they well, yeah, but it's yeah, but it's not it's not fair to your client. It's really, not fair to your client. What I used to like to do is what I learned from um, Arthur Godfrey, which was to to bust crackers with the with the uh, sponsor. I would always pick on them, or or say something about them, or make a joke. I had a restaurant one time. This guy George Ross had a restaurant in the town. And I used to call him live on the air and ask him if he found that rat yet. And and he would say, no, 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 we're looking for it. He's like, I saw it out here. But, you know, he said, I've still got the sandwich at the end of it. What's left of the sandwich we had yesterday, I got it on the floor hoping he comes to get it. You know, things like that. And and people would, they would laugh, but they'd remember who he was. They'd remember the, the whole bit because we did this stuff. Oh no no no! They, yeah, well, they always made money with us. I mean, we 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 made them famous because of that. I mean, we had we had so many people um, that really liked because we made them. We we gave them a personality. People would walk in looking for them, asking for them, or people would call them and say, "Did you hear what Dave King said about you today? <laughs> Trying to get me in trouble." And I would say to the owner, see, they were listening, and they called you. They got the phone number right, right? <laughs> so I could prove that the advertising was working. While these people were trying to dump me out, they got a surprise. So, <laughs> so, so you think radio advertising is more effective than, say, the newspapers and television? Oh, I think it's like you know I've had I've handled advertising for a lot of companies. So the mall I had to I had to handle that stuff. The world is changing. You know, every every situation is different. Um, I really I don't think you can say one is better over the other, except within the the venue you're in. I used to do promotions at the mall. I would do newspaper to pre-promote and then do radio for day before and day of by do about a week of you know newspaper not not just exclusively but I would definitely put newspaper in the mix before and then do the more the immediacy stuff on electronic media radio television do it that way I don't even think it's going to be about advertising. It's going to it's going to be about Amazon. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything is going to change, and brick and mortar. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, the, the malls have to decide what they're going to do because things are going up. That's about it. Restaurants and activities of some kind, something you can't do online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, they and brick and mortar it's tough because you know, something like like Amazon, you know, they can they can buy bigger, buy you know, join Walmart. But now the twist is of course with Amazon is that they can send it to you. You don't even have to leave the house or leave your couch. You know. 
going to be, it's a whole new world. It's just a whole new world, everything. I mean, now, I mean, I know you guys don't get into I mean, you're going to see this whole governmental thing go belly up very soon. This this Flynn thing with uh, Trump is going to be really something. And, and we're going to see a lot of stuff happening very soon. It's going to be, it's, it's been an interesting year to rise, you know. And, uh... Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm, I'm older, a good deal older than you. Mm-hmm. But I've been through so much incredible history you know um just incredible and uh um, i'm very pleased to be be able to say that i i was with the era witnessed it or did but boy i'm telling you (laughs) yeah it's going to be something else so i mean we're, we're 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 experiencing such Amazing uh, happenings. Uh, and, you know, down the road, you'll be able to say to people, Walden, boy, I remember when, you know, people you're talking to or lecturing to young kids will be saying, wow, you were there, you were, you were around then. You know, you, you, what was that like? I'll be asking you questions. And probably in some realm, maybe what we're going through is sort of like the 60s, you know, there was so much upheaval. That's right. That's right. Have that now, yeah, now, I mean, they're, they're comparing this to Watergate, which was astounding. Yeah. And this is going to make Watergate look like a walk on the park. Uh, and so, they, you're right, the 60s is a great example of that. And, um, and so, you know what i got to tell you about, by the way? I wanted, to, I wanted to, to compliment you. You're a great interviewer because I never know what you're going to ask. And you always have a fresh question. You, you you never ask the usual foolishness, you know. Well, it's really good. I, I, you know what I think is, and I think you and I are in the same boat, I like having a conversation. And sometimes, and I think, to be honest with you, a good interviewer is a good listener. And, you know, if you give me, I, th- I think we all see that, where a guest gives a good golden nugget and the, the person asking doesn't grab it. He just moves on to the next question rather than listening to that guest who's doing a good nugget and he takes it in a totally different direction. Yeah, yeah, like Bob and Ray, like the Bob and Ray routine. Yeah. yeah where, where, the, where the reporter asked the question of something was already answered, just answered, you know. Uh, yeah, I have found and I've had, I've gotten um, compliments from, I, I interviewed Ira Glass from PBS mm-hmm. and, and he told me it was one of the best interviews he'd ever had. Because, like you, I try. I, I think you're right. We we both seem to do the same thing, which is we both really listen. After we ask the question, we listen, and that's the part that's missing in a lot of these interviewers. Her style works for her, and mine works for me. It's just 
Well, if you if you listen, they give you the interview. They tell you what the bullet point is. They give you your next bullet point. <laughs> Don't they? I mean, yeah, they do. Go ahead and I, I, say things for you, and you go, oh, okay, well, let me ask about that then. I would you know. interesting. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I just saw it on YouTube. They are posting, and this is from Jerry King McCallie's local show in Miami. Uh, there's an interview with him and Jackie Gleason in 1975. And the first couple of minutes, it's, they're talking about Jackie's house in, in Florida and why it was so different. They're typical Larry King, and he was saying, in the interview, I don't do very good in describing things. So, Jackie, could you describe the couch or the floor pad? Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's an interesting way to realize his weaknesses and have Jackie, you know, go ahead and describe yep. the yep. Yeah. I had, I had an conversation with Don Wells because... I don't know how, I can't remember how we get in it, but we ended up, she and I ended up discussing Kevin Can Wait, the uh, the TV show. Are you familiar with it? I haven't seen it. I don't know. Well, it, it's, uh, yeah, well, it, it, it's it's good. I, Kevin, well, what's his name? Was it? And, and, you know, he's very good. And he, she and I we got talking about that because they dumped it, the woman that was playing his wife so they could bring in Leah Remini and... Mm-hmm. And there's a whole controversy about that. And here, and I'm thinking to myself, here I am, I'm on the radio. It's something I wanted to do since I was a little kid. I get to be on the radio. And I'm talking to Mary Ann from Gilligan's Island. And we're discussing Kevin. <laughs> Kevin can wait. <laughs> That's what we were talking about. It was really quite funny, I thought. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I get that all the time because I I intentionally try to think of something to ask her or whoever it is right off the bat that, that is something they don't expect just because they're so used to having the same questions like we were just saying, you know. So you ask her something that she doesn't expect. Like I commend, I commended her, actually, I commended her that Dawn Wells is her real name. <laughs> that was the first, and she laughed like you did. She said, oh, yeah. I said, this is really good. I said, because, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, in radio, especially when I started out, everybody had to have two-syllable names, like Dawn Wells. That's why I'm Dave Kane. I told her my, my real name. I had a name of a famous person, and I had to change my name, that my real name was Helen Hayes. <laughs> and, and, of course, I got a laugh. And then she relaxed, and then we got talking after that. Yeah. What was his real name? I don't know. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is amazing. You couldn't see why. He couldn't use that. Oh. Then now, was Jimmy Stewart in in SAG before he was? Is that, yeah, yeah, is that why he couldn't yeah, use it? Yeah, I can't. I think Jimmy started the movie. Isn't, isn't that something? That is so funny. He was Jimmy Stewart. Wow. And uh, is she back yet? Patricia, you back? No, yeah, okay. Uh, and and um, listen, how are Larry and John doing? Pretty good. They are. Um, last night they had they went to a barbershop event, and then tonight 
John is singing at Disney, so uh, Larry's group decided to see John perform. And oh, good. So that, that's been with the boys. And the next weekend, they got their barbershop Christmas show, so they'll be busy Friday and Saturday. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it is. It's busy. Yeah, I had, I had three shows last weekend, so it was you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, yeah. But I mean, it's you're not complaining, are you? You know, <laughs> not complaining. Uh, Sunday was a Monday. Yeah, I do. Every once in a while, I'll do a show. Uh, like Misgivings, the church is some liar, Misgivings, and they'll have like a spaghetti lunch, mm-hmm. and then they'll have Misgivings. So instead of doing it at night with supper and Misgivings, they'll do the lunch. That way the seniors, they get to get out of there before it gets dark. They can drive home, you know. The what? You know, if I'm, I, uh, an auction prize, don't they, some of these places that they do as a fundraiser for their own local charity, do they ask you to help look for auction prizes? Oh, no, 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 I'm not involved in any of that. No, no, no. No, I, 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 I try to discourage them. I, I mean, they can, they'll have little raffles and stuff, but I always discourage them from doing anything with misgivings or with my other shows because I tell them if you've got another fundraiser, do it later. Like doing, so you get two fundraisers rather than one, you know, instead of doubling up, you know, it's sure. really good, you know, that way they, they can make some more money, better money. Yeah, no, no, I don't get involved in that. I just bring the show. Can I imagine some, some people do. They probably offer a package deal, but I imagine, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't Hello. do that because uh, the show is its own draw. You know, it has its own draw, so it, it, it's better for them to use it and make the money from that and then do whatever other ideas they have at another time. Here's Patricia. Hello, Patricia. She's back. Yay, you're back. Yay. And you're front. I'm back. All, all of you, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, listen, I hope I've done duty here. I, I did fill in. <clears throat> now I get credit for filling for <laughs> Thank Patricia. you. I thank you so much. Yeah, Boy, yeah. was that so, a crash so, and a half. So, well, Walden, that means you, I get invited to the company Christmas you party. Bet, you bet. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to fly you down to Texas or someplace to do that. Me too. We'll work it out. All right, guys, I'm going to let you go. Right, Dave, God bless okay, you both. Dave. Merry Christmas. You talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Merry Christmas. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. This, this has got to be Harwood. Yes, Harwood. <laughs> I knew it. I live in color. <laughs> How you doing? Just running in circles and screaming and shouting. Okay. Turn my volume up some here. I'm having a very tough time <laughs> hearing either one of you. Well, okay, hold on. I can fix that. I'll turn myself up for you. Hello there. Hello. Much better. Okay. 
Okay. And, let me and, just... and you could turn him down for me. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Hardwood, how are you? I'm doing all right, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I had a time with a cold and all for over two weeks, and I think I'm oh. finally about to get over that. I might live now. I don't know. There's something special in store for us this year. I have had um, just this thing hanging on for three or four weeks now, and I feel fine. It's just lingering. Well, do you have any idea why that might be? Yeah, because it refuses to leave. <laughs> I don't know. All the reason you need. Don't... You what? I said that's all the reason you need. Uh-huh. It just won't go home. Uh, I, so what? A while ago, um, y'all were talking about dogs chasing cars and, of course, what they're going to do with them when they catch them. Yes. Exactly, yes. Do you know why bulldogs have squished-in noses? Would you ask me that again? Walden has you turned up pretty loud, and I'm, I'm having... Ask the question again one more time. Yeah, I, I said, do you know why bulldogs have pushed-in noses? No, because this car stopped short. No, it's from chasing parked cars. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good one. I never heard that. Oh, really? No, heard never it did. all my life. <laughs> I'm I'm just so innocent, you know, I'm not exposed to the world yet. After, oh, is that it? Yeah, after all, Patricia only grew up in a small neighborhood of New York. Well, you know, that's a very... very it's true. It, it was really just a what they call a bedroom community. You know, the cops and the firemen used to come. Um, they had homes in the area where I grew up, and then they'd drive to work in the morning. It was that close. Uh-huh. Or the night, or the well, afternoon. Well, when I first got on, on here, uh-huh. you know, I'd been on for a little bit, uh-huh. and I think I missed part of the pertinent information I was really interested in. I got in on the fact, or I gathered that you have had a heart operation, but that's all I knew about it. I'm assuming oh. it helped matters. Was, Did it help all the problems? That was about, that was about four years ago. Just one. I, yeah, the 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 heart thing was about four years. Was it four years or five years, Walden? Uh, 2013, when you had your heart surgery, it was around oh. September okay. or so. And, okay. And, but, uh, so have. four years. So four years, yeah. And, and that's an old one. Yeah. Um, but I'm moving out of my apartment, and except for one piece that's left and it's going to be picked up tomorrow, I am finished. What a chore. You know, she only lives in a second square feet house apartment. I know. And it took her, just, it took her six weeks. I'm, I must have made best use of every square inch. It is just incredible. What, you know, I would take something out and say, oh, my gosh, look at what's in here now. <laughs> but, but so I've got some. Patricia gets approved, she'll have some back surgery. And hopefully that will yeah. alleviate her yeah. pain and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And then what well, will I do? I guess the main point is that things are improving some, or? Yes, 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 indeed. I am in much better shape than I was a couple of months ago. Thank you for asking. But I'm really doing well. Thank you. Well, I really have 
wondering about it quite a bit, but I, I just haven't had much of a chance to listen, and um, I, I... Yeah, I mean, it's been a long haul for Patricia. She had issues with her legs for a while, and then the whole thing came to her head around May, so it's been... She's been putting it all back together since May. So. And I'm so delicate, you know? You are, so. I am. I'm so delicate. I, I shouldn't have to put up with this kind of stuff. Who do I report it to? Santa. When Santa comes to the <laughs> Okay. We'll go for Santa. So, um, Harwood, this is going to sound like a really stupid question. Have you had any snow yet this year? No, we haven't. Um all in all, it's been extremely mild. We've had some temperatures down in the mid to upper 20s, but not very many of them. Most of it's been, you know, in the 30s on up to around 50 at night. And wow. the daytime said from the 50s to, well, the other day, I think it was yesterday or the day before, it went up to 68. That's really I'm mild. Sure wow. Some of it's coming, now, but so far it really hasn't been too bad. But uh, no snow. Now, of course, in in the higher mountains they have, but not here. Mm-hmm. All right. Back up when you were a little kid. Was it snowing by this time of the year? Sometimes it was, yes. Um, but, yeah, I couldn't pick a particular year. The only only year I can really pick out anything was, um, I think it was sixty one. It was either sixty or sixty one. But I believe it was sixty one that it snowed three winds straight, one right after the other in March wow. of that year. And each time, you know, we got seven or eight inches of snow, but it was mm-hmm. cold, so it didn't a whole lot of it melt. But some did, obviously. So we didn't wind up with. Three inches of snow. I don't mean that, but yeah, um, that that's the only one that I can really remember a time that I can go back and say. And I remember us having fairly heavy snows and all, but yeah, I couldn't give you a year or anything. Do you ever have blizzards and that type of stuff, or that's pretty rare? That depends on the definition of blizzard. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we've had some pretty bad snows with high winds and all that kind of stuff, but not like you would have way up north. Okay. What what I would consider a real blizzard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say we've had any of those things. Buffalo. But, you know, Buffalo. I'm not much on snow because, well, I tell you, ain't no place for a blind man. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I mean, now, that Buffalo just, had a couple it of, kills everything. I'm sorry. You lose mm-hmm. sense of direction and everything. Of course, you in California, so you wouldn't know anything about it. I have no clue what you're talking about. And I guarantee <laughs> you, if you are ever in a situation, you'll know real fast what I'm talking about because there's nothing to reflect sound. Sounds are muffled. Um, it's, I guess, one of the best sound-suppressing <laughs> things there is is snow. And the deeper it is, the worse it is. But um, it just, it, it is a no-no, let me tell you. Yeah, the only thing we have to worry about is when the, when the earth moves a little bit, you know, when it rocks. Well, yeah, you got a point there. So, you know, you got your own problems. But I know when, when I was in school in Raleigh, it's, it's not like some 
of the big college campuses and all, but yeah. um, it was one of the biggest places I'd ever been. <coughs> Let's put it that way. And when it snowed, it covered up all the walks, the service roads, the main roads, or whatever, mm-hmm. through the campus. And if it got deep enough to cover the, cover up the curbing, you were in a heap of trouble. Whoa. Oh, wow, yeah. You, you couldn't stay on the walks. You couldn't stay on the roads. And if you cut, you know, cross-country, so to speak, under normal conditions, that was not a problem because you knew where you were going, and when you'd cross a walk or a road or whatever, you knew exactly where you were. And it was no problem doing that kind of thing. But when it would snow, man, everything you just went. I mean, you had yeah. nothing to go off. by. I mean, absolutely nothing. And I was in piano tuning class one day. I told a guy, I said, is there any chance you've got an old broom or anything like that that we could cut a handle off of it? Well, what do you want that for? So I had to explain it to him. And once I explained it, he went and found an old broom, and um, yeah. we cut the handle off of it, and I drove a nail in the end of it. Now, the head was down, which really didn't make any difference. The ones I made sense, they, were, they had sharp points, but that was for a different reason. But mm-hmm. that way, you could always tell when you crossed over a walk or a road or whatever, and you could tell how yeah. wide it was and all this. So then I had no more problems, and he had never thought of that. Uh, he was legally blind himself, but mm-hmm. he had never thought of doing anything like that. But that ended my problems with the snow and the campus. And since then... I've made quite a few uh, variations of that thing. I think the last one I did, and probably the better one, I made a a walking staff out of a piece of inch and a quarter um, hardwood dowel. It's, Mm I don't know, maybe four and a half feet long. And I wrapped the, I, I put it in the lathe and turned out a section about four and a half inches long and wrapped it with a braided, uh, leather cord as a grip oh, cool. sleep on it so that I couldn't drop it and lose it. Yeah. I took a, the thing kind of got a little out of hand. It got quite heavy, but I had a two-inch solid brass ball, and I put that in the lathe and, and drilled and tapped it and put a, a threaded stud in that and screwed that into the top of the thing, and then on uh-huh. the pony end of it, I turned a... Um, tapered piece out of brass and drilled and tapped the end of that for a point to go in it. And see, some of the ones that I had made and put a, a fixed point in it, you hit that on concrete quite a few times and the thing just gets rounded off and it's dull. Yeah. Yeah. He said, well, yeah, but it'll serve the same purpose. There was two purposes involved and you needed it sharp if everything was covered in ice. And and the purpose was it would dig in the ice enough that it would keep you from falling, from slipping yeah. and falling. It gave you something stable. And, of course, sure. it would go through the, the snow or if the ice wasn't real thick, it would go right through that and still find the walk and whatever. Now, you know, yeah. I made those, made that, oh, maybe three years ago that I used 
around the shop in the house here because I get in the same mess here when it really snows. You, know, you sure. lose all direction, everything. Sure. And I never, by, I never by even doing, by doing that, keeping these things sharp was a problem. So what I did, I drill and tap this thing so I could change the points out. And mm -hmm. I have these threaded studs that you use in a powder-actuated hammer that you drive yes. studs into concrete and steel with mm -hmm. on yeah. construction jobs. And it's a hardened steel point with a 3 8 threaded stud on the back. Well, I drilled and tapped this, this collet thing on the cane to, to screw that in with a nut on it, and you use the nut to lock it in place so it don't loosen. And when it gets dull, you just take it out and put another one in. Or if you only have one, you can take it out and put it in a drill chuck and hold it against a grinding wheel, and you can get the most beautiful point you want, as sharp as you want it, <laughs> and put it back in you there. You got a James Bond there. But it's, it, you just wouldn't believe how much good that thing does. And it's, yeah. it's so simple. And I guess I went overboard by making it pretty and fancy and all that kind of stuff, but it could have been done a lot easier than what I did, but that's just the way it worked out. Yeah. But it's just amazing yeah. how much good that that did in snow situations. Yes. You know, I never even considered that uh, how the effect of snow, because it, it's like a fluffy blanket of cotton. It just absorbs all of the sound, and you don't get the, you know, sound bouncing off objects. And I just right, never but, you even know, if you can thought see, about that. It's not a problem, because you're depending on what you're seeing. You don't get right. lost or anything, but when you're totally dependent on your ears, uh -huh. I mean, you know, it's like a bat trying to fly with a, a cotton helmet on. He couldn't. Yeah. And it's the same, uh. same principle, but it just muffles everything so bad. Yeah. Well, see, every time I talk to you, you teach me something new. Well, you... you it's one of those things you had a I had a serious problem. I had to do something about it. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. So you did. But anyway, it's speaking of backs, it's interesting to <laughs> Yes. Really? Yeah. They said, when you get bit by a bat, you really don't know it because their teeth are so small. So they think if you ever come in touch with a bat, go ahead and get tested for rabies. But uh, it's just, but I, you would yeah. think if you got bit, you would know. But I think with a bat, you, they're most likely. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, the no, people cannot small, get tested for rabies. Only the animals can. Don't know. So that, that makes it a no, little freaky. It, it's something you don't ignore in a sense. You can't, you, you can't not go out of the house because you're afraid it may happen. Mm -hmm. I right. mean, that is another hazard, for lack of a better term, that you, you can't just stay in the house all the time because a bat might bite you. That's right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I guess it's just one of those things in life you have to take chances. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame it's like that, but... That's just the way well, it I'll is. bet I'll bet I'm the only one in our family who had rabies vaccine. I bet you have. 
I bet I'm the only one. Well, luckily I have never do that, and I <laughs> hope I never do. I was just in the wrong place <laughs> at the time. My gosh, you know, my gosh. Trisha's the only person I know who plays with the animals, and I would say it's the real animals. Who else will play with raccoons? Who else would pet lions? Who else would look at wolves and show clothes? Only our Patricia. Well, I sat with the wolves, and I was in the cage with the black bear. And you pet the lion on his paw? Yeah, that was a mistake, but yes, I did. <laughs> that didn't work out quite as well as I expected. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Beautiful cat. Oh, gosh, what a beautiful animal. So when did you, mm. deci- when did you decide not to do this? Did, did, was there one incident that you said, hmm, I'm wondering if I'm... Yes. Yes, indeed. It was when the raccoon bit me. Ah, that was it. And uh, that's that was my wake-up that said, hey, stupid, these are wild animals. You know? <laughs> so, yes, it, it, it indeed was that. So I don't, I don't go walking in the evening. Well, I don't go walking anywhere right now. <laughs> but um, I, I was very careful about, um, you know, being back at the apartment. If I were going out walking, I didn't do it at night. And... So, and that was different. That that really made a, uh, an impact on me. And you got you got two alligators. I mean, you did all sorts of creative things. Oh, I know. Oh, how stupid. Oh my gosh, I did not well, know that. <laughs> Trish, after know. you moved to Florida, did hmm? you make a living wrestling alligators? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but I didn't know. I mean, stupidity really protects people sometimes, but. I was in a nature preserve, and of course, you know, it's loaded with alligators in there because it's wetlands, and there was an alligator grunting, so I would grunt back at it. Nick grunted at me, and I grunted at it. Well, it was a bull alligator, and they they grunt in the springtime when they're looking for somebody to spend time with them. I don't know, Patricia. (laughs) That sounds like it. When a bull alligator hears another bull alligator, they go toward them to keep them out of their territory. So here I am, I'm standing on the on this walkway, and every alligator in the world could get up on it. It's not that high. And so there I was, grunting at the alligator. I mean, that, that really is stupid. That I, wouldn't you think I should have known about alligators before I did something that bad? Yeah, another thing a lot of people don't seem to realize, you don't wear perfume around especially big cats. I didn't know that. No. Boy, that can set them off big time. And I don't think it's only only the big cats. I think it can affect other large animals especially. Wow. Oh, you know Ooh, I that. wonder if that's what happened with the mountain lion. Huh. I didn't, oh, dear me. Well, you know, we, we, we use perfumed soap, and we use deodorant and shampoo and all of these things that smell. Yes. And a cat could certainly pick up a scent oh, like that. Oh, that's wow. really another. But you know the thing that gets me so bad, you hear all this, all this time, well, uh, some large animal grabbed a kid and jerked him into the cage and all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know things like that happen. But I'm awful afraid that probably 90% of this stuff, the news reports fail to tell you that dumb little kid was taunting that animal 
or throwing mm-hmm. sticks at it or all kind of things till it was so fed up it grabbed him. They don't sure. tell you that. I just know how kids are. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It caused a lot of their own problem. Mm-hmm. I agree. People like me. <laughs> no, because I don't believe oh, you've been well. Those, I call them animal. my stupid days. Pet it. That's not the same thing. What's not the same thing? Petting or taunting oh, an animal. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, that is totally a different um, thing. I'm not saying it might not hurt you, but because yeah. you got to be very careful about animals like that. But still, when, when you're tormenting an animal or petting it, it it's, it's two different things. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. But this, this kitty cat did not like her paws touched. I found that mm-hmm. out. Beautiful Another thing I've seen, especially with house cats, I don't know if you realize yeah. how fast they are. Oh, my by goodness. By smacking things. Oh. And people cat, will get to playing with, yeah. a, with a cat, even a house cat, and yeah. they start smacking at it. Well, they figure they can smack at the cat and get their hand back before the cat can catch them. Can't happen. That cat is so fast, you can't even see their paw move. Now you got claw marks on it. Then they're mad because the cat scratched them. It was their own fault the cat scratched them. Yes, yes, yes. But fast indeed. I had a cat, um, she was really cute, black and white cat, when I lived in New York. And the garage in the house was under the house. You had to come up the driveway and around a bend and then the the garage was there and the house was built on a hill so that's the, if you can imagine that configuration but the cat was in in the yard with me one day and the garage door opened there was a sparrow in the garage that cat went straight up and caught the bird straight up i don't think it, oh, I know it, it. had to be at least and at least nine thing feet. i've seen them do and we've had one of them straight up. right here with our, oh my goodness with the feral cats outside Never. Mm-hmm. But one I've seen them do, and and I've heard several people mention this. I know a friend of mine had a cat, and he'd go out in the yard and lay down. The cat, not my friend. Um. Anyway, the cat would lay there, and here come a bird over, and he would dive at him and go by. Mm-hmm. The cat wouldn't move, just lay there. Well, then the bird would get a little braver, and he'd get a little lower when he'd make a pass at him. Mm-hmm. And keep on, first thing you know, here comes the bird, and the cat had him. He was so fast, he'd just snatch that bird right out of the air. I believe it. I believe it. That happened in our house. Christmas Eve in 1978 will never be forgotten in this huge household, because that was the year my Sylvester the Pretty Cat <laughs> had his Christmas dinner, which was a bird. And... <laughs> Sorry for laughing, oh, but... it's a funny story. My, my, brother, my brother's school project was to babysit quails in class. And the first mm-hmm. quail, um, Sylvester would lay on top of the, of the bird cage, around the bird cage. Everything you can think of, you know, in my mm-hmm. And the bird died. And I always say they died of fright, you know. Oh, well, probably, the, sure. The next, the next bird, and my dad, my brother's friend couldn't keep the quail, so my brother brought it home. And my dad 
months before Christmas, you know, Sylvester's going to have that bird for Christmas. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the Christmas Eve of 78 when we all had the dry heats. Oh. We were so sick, except for my dad. Oh, you poor babies. And so I started at 10 o'clock, and then my, mother, my brother started, and my mom would take care of it, and she got it. Christmas was delayed by a day, they were walking around, <laughs> drinking champagne, wishing us all a Merry Christmas, and we were all having a good time, just not doing nothing, so. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so, so, my brother's friend comes over to see what Christmas presents he had late Christmas Day, we didn't actually have an opening thing, and so my brother's in his room, Sylvester the cat crane on the bed, and Brian comes over, over to the birdcage, open the birdcage, the bird flies out of the birdcage. Oh, cage. no. He flies over the bed, and Sylvester jumped and took the bird underneath the bed and had Christmas dinner. And my dad was a clock. Oh, did he have the dry heaves, too? <laughs> no. No, he did not. Okay. So he had his, his Christmas dinner. That's cute. That is cute. No. Well, if we, oh there's no building down here in the in, in the yard and, and some feral cats staying there. We, we feed them because Barbara's not going to let anything go hungry. No. Mm -hmm. And the food's on a shelf there, and it's about, I don't know, a little more than waist high, and we put the food out there, and there's another shelf above that, and then there's a hole that goes into the building up near the, roof and one down below the top shelf mm -hmm. and the birds were coming there eating all, all the food and I made some pretty good sized ones yeah. well one of those cats got smart he was in that hole the bird didn't see him so he landed on the edge of the food bowl and was eating away and not paying attention <laughs> and the wrath of God fell out of the sky <laughs> and he was a goner <laughs> Oh. Well, that cat really, man, I got a good thing going here. This works. So I don't know how many he got like that. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, well, I'll out. quit wasting y'all's time. I'm glad to see you're feeling a little bit better. Yeah. You continue to do I, so. Um, I am. Before I do go, though, um, have you had a chance to look at any of the books I told you about? I did not. Are you going well, to send okay. me an email and remind me? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, that's the last yes, one. You, I think, you know, if you ever do have time, I think you'll get a kick. Mm -hmm. um, at least I do. <laughs> that don't mean you will. I understand that, but uh, you might like them. Anyway, you take it easy. And, um, you yes, too. I don't get back here before Christmas. I hope you have a good one and continue to Thank improve. Thank you. Merry Christmas. And to Barbara, too, please. I will definitely tell her. Okay, thanks. You have a good night. Uh -huh. Good night. Bye-bye. I'm fortified now. My goodness. Surprise crash.
So I, I had applesauce and orange juice and half an orange and a cookie. I get to eat. <laughs> when my blood sugar crashes, I get to eat a lot. This is good. Cookies are good. Mm, chocolate. Hmm? Uh, with yeah. the cookie Meister, Patricia. <laughs> Patricia Walden. Oh, it's so good to hear you. Pardon me? Do you like cookies or not? Oh, yeah, I love cookies. Now, what, don't... What's your, this show gets into food once in a while. What's your favorite cookie, Paul? <laughs> you know, um, my wife makes these excellent oatmeal, uh, raisin, and the real thing that really makes them great are roasted walnuts. Mm. And they are mm. so excellent. You know the the cookies chewy mm-hmm. and the walnuts mm-hmm. crisp. Ah, mm-hmm. oh. excellent. My mom is in a baking mood, and so she's my mom is in a experimental mood right now. So she's trying all sorts of new chocolate chip cookie recipes. So we never know. And so <laughs> you get you get to taste and evaluate, yeah. but you got all of these cookies in front of you. Yes. Woo. She makes a new batch a couple, couple times a week. Now, what do you think of this one? What do you think of that one? <laughs> so. On a scale well, of 1 fine. to 10, this one's you know, 12. I yes. I shared with Shelly that I, um, I have fond memories of when I was growing up, my older sisters making cookies. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And they made um, peanut butter cookies a lot. And um, every once in a while, you know, there'd be some burn ones, and I'd get a lot of those burn ones, and they weren't bad, you know. No, they're not. Yeah. That's, my, and, uh, that's my dad's favorite cookie, peanut butter cookies. Now, yeah, I'd now, say they're my second. Now, my, now I have to ask Patricia, because she's the cook in the family here. <laughs> Patricia. Yes? Why do we take a fork to a peanut butter cookie? What, what's the deal of taking a fork and pushing down? It's me. Okay. I do not know. <laughs> Maybe it's so that if anyone out there know knows, please is. call us. It must be a certain reason why you take a fork to a peanut butter cookie and press the Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. and it's more—it's more than decoration because you have to actually depress the middle. But you could do that with a spoon. I don't know why they do it with a fork. Well, see, I, I would guess that they would smush out anyway because of the oil content. Mm-hmm. I, 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 wonder yeah. if, I wonder if it's some but if it, if peanut gas or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it when you reach Patricia's into the back of your brain. Probably right. There may be a, a little bit of a oh, hump geez. in the middle that's left, uh, even if they do smush down mm-hmm. because of the oil. I'll have to see if I'm noticing them uh, making them here, which really doesn't happen. Um, I'll I'll ask him to to do some without um, the crisscross. Well, now there's another one on my mom, and we haven't made this in a long time. I think maybe I can put a request in for this pretty soon. Uh, peanut butter balls. They're not the the and they store them in the refrigerator, so you eat them cold. 
so hmm. yeah, so it's like a cookie, but peanut butter with powdered sugar, and you just stick them in the fridge, and they're all, and they're all, you know, they're not mm. baked. So that's that's a that's a fine mm. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, good stuff. Woo. Yeah, that that that, that sounds good. It does. I've taken I've taken to storing my Hershey Kisses in the freezer. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, and so when I uh, when I take them out to eat them, you know, and I I, I eat them pretty doggone fast. Mm-hmm. They're nice and crunchy. They don't just you know melt as fast. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I like it better. Well, you know, for years, my, my mom's friend said, you know, she wanted to make sure the candy stays around the house, just freeze the candy. Well, that doesn't work around here. We don't eat frozen candy bars and things like that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, you, yeah. you explore. You I, got, I don't you know gotta, where she can hide them otherwise. Like last night, I looked to see if she responded to my note requesting more ice cream, and I saw that there was like three fresh things in there. And so, I, I mean... I'm the only one that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm the only one that does this, but I, I grabbed a tub of uh, strawberry ice cream and, and I brought it in my bedroom here while I'm watching a movie. I just eat right out of it. Oh, Here's a little Whoa. iced teaspoon, a nice slender iced teaspoon, and uh, and I just eat off of that. Now, they get mad if it's an ice cream that they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because then I just reserved it for myself. That's true. Well, you know. You know, well, but 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 typically there's ice creams that that I eat that others don't. Well, my my dad, my now my mom and brother are not too fond of it. I'm good at I like it, but my dad really loved coconut pineapple ice cream. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and I really get it. The, the only place we can find it is Rite Aid. Rite Aid Drug Stores carries it. Rite Aid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and, uh, I remember that. It used to be a thrifty brand. Now, thrifty, all thrifty ice cream brands have moved to Rite Aid because for years, in, in California, everybody, thrifty had a, a regular ice cream, you know, station where you walk by and you see the person scoop it up. It was always 15, oh. 15 cents a scoop. And I Way to go! Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, you you might go hog wild and get twenty five cents for a double scoop, but you know, fifteen cents a mm. scoop, and so that mm. that might have been a good deal for thrifty. I mean, make sure you had a car. Oh yes, you know? oh yes. I have terrible you know, news for I everybody. You though. remember, um, and maybe it's the same store mm-hmm. that had them for a nickel scoop. I don't remember that. Uh-oh, Patricia has breaking news. What do you have, my dear? Oh, I have really bad news. Okay. We have been told for years, don't eat raw cookie dough because it's got raw eggs in it. Yeah. Well, now you can't eat anything with uncooked flour because E. coli is now rampant in flour supplies. Really? How about that? Okay, so you told I me. I know. You, you told me, it was a dresser mm-hmm. around our house, that, you know, once mom made the bake the... The cookies, the Christmas cookies, uh-huh. we all got to lick the, the batter. You know, the, uh-huh. the, the, the so we, yeah. we're probably, yes. we're probably, be judicious. We're probably poisoning ourselves, huh? Eating yeah, no, you, you might want to bypass it. Nah, it tastes too it's good. Uh, yeah. It tastes too good. E, e, okay. E. coli is, um, 
transmitted through human, you know, stuff, right? Well, um, not human. Uh, well, yes, humans do have it, but when, when it gets into the food supply, it's usually cattle or deer in cornfields and, you know, the, the wild animals, as well as um, the, the cattle. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right, chickens, everything. It's, it's just yes. fecal matter, yes. matter in general. Yes, 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 and it's been in the wheat fields, and I, this is from my brain. So, <laughs> and you know that, that part of it is broken, but I believe part of the article said that gold metal flour had not been contaminated, but I don't know that for sure, so look it up. Gold metal is a brand, or is it really a grade? Of yes, it is. It's it's a gold metal flour is a brand. Yes. You say it, it's not contaminated. Yes, it's not. It, 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 and that that I'm. This is where my brain comes in. I believe part of the article said that either gold metal had not been tested, or that it had been tested and it was not contaminated. But this so is an basically ongoing problem now. Yeah, this is not something that's going to go away in a year. Sweden, it is a they run cattle in it also. I guess so. They're telling you not. So the, the moral of the story, it's to eat cookie dough from gold flour, flour. That way you won't have E. coli. Mm, but you might get yeah. salmonella from the raw egg. Just notice a box <laughs> of cookie you dough know, in the grandparents season. didn't have these problems? No, they did not. They did not. Yeah. Well, they did not. Can you turn Patricia up? I can. I can do that. I can turn her up. So we'll do that there. Am I any better now? Um, say Not hello quite. again. Not quite. Are Are you still out there? I'm still out there. I uh, am I still really out there? Sound much different to me. I mean, I could hear you and understand you, but Walden is just a lot louder. Yeah. Well, then do you yeah. do you put anything on those little knobs so that you know which knob is which? I have everything memorized. To give you an idea, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have forty-eight knobs in front of me. Holy mackerel! Well, hey, zo- zoom in to Patricia's and give it a crank way up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All Let right. me pick my button. There you go. <laughs> I want to pick my own button. <laughs> I have I'd like number 27, please. I have 48 knobs and 12 sliders. And then that, that can count all the knobs on the top part of the board and the other sliders. So uh, thank goodness I have which, everything. Which slide well, am I? Well, no, no. Does that let you change the attributes of a voice also? No, I do not have that control. I have, oh. I have the abilities. I have. This is what I have. I have the ability to turn the volume up and down for everybody in the world to hear us. Then I also have the ability to turn everybody, us internally. That way, Patricia has her own set of knobs, Paul has his own set of knobs, and I have my own set of mm. knobs. And, oh, wow. And then what I'm trying to do is not to override it that, you know, yes. it blasts everybody. So That is a lot of memory there, then. So I try to be careful. Because mm. everybody's phone is different. For example, yeah. um, Dave was just fine. Hardwood needed more, so I brought, I brought his up. You needed more, so I brought your up. So everybody, then the next person who called, 
call I'm black you're black in my ear, I gotta bring them down. So every time mm-hmm. a phone call yes, it's I, all different. I, I noticed the last time that I spoke and requested her to be turned up and I never felt that it got loud enough mm-hmm. after I said goodbye. Mm-hmm. It sounded perfectly um over the the phone speaker. Right. Because that's diff- that's a different setup. You know. Mm-hmm. So So Patricia, you got the crud, huh? No, and I had it um, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, and it's just kind of lingering. I feel fine, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I I sound like nobody wants to sit next to me when I call. Mm -hmm. So, but um, guarantees private time. I heard that you were emptying your apartment because you're going to be moving somewhere different. Is that right? I'm in somewhere different. You are yeah, now. You're I'm going, at home. I'm, I will be here long term. Yeah. Where? What type of place is it? The apartment? I, no, no, no. Um, my my apartment. I've I did not renew my lease, and it is now empty except for one thing that's being picked up tomorrow. And at least for the foreseeable future, I am a rehab patient. You're at the same place. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, I am. Is the downstairs open now? Not yet, no, and we're not allowed to go back downstairs, and I really want that room back that I had before, but mm-hmm. uh, they're keeping that when when the renovations are complete, and it looks like it's going to be a long time. Um, they're going to reserve it for short-term patients, you know, as a, as a, a step-down unit, mm-hmm. and the rest of us are crawling around the other, the other two floors. Patricia, so. do they have a large enough freezer that if we took up collections and bought you um, frozen dinners, that, that you could have some frozen dinners occasionally? Because I know they, how you really yeah, like the food there's there. There's no way that I could um, heat them up, and they won't do it in the kitchen. Pardon me? I, I said there's no way that I could heat it up. There's no way they're set up for that. So. Really? They only have stovetop, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, they have one. They got one kitchen, and they, you know, they show they. It's yeah. one. It's a one kitchen setup. So. Okay, yeah, so they've so got one, one kitchen for the entire facility. We're not allowed in there, and um, the only special requests we get is um, there's a, a standard menu of foods like a cob salad or grilled cheese sandwiches, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we can ask for that instead of what is on the dinner tray or what will be on the dinner tray or the lunch tray. And, um, you know, that offers some relief. But, boy, tonight, nobody ate tonight. <laughs> it was dreadful, absolutely mm. dreadful. But Well, um, are you in a you know, in a room that you would be able to have, can, like, a dorm-sized freezer of your own, a microwave you know, on top of it? Yeah. Not not a microwave, no electrical appliances, but um, a, a refrigerator. Yeah, there there are two different sized rooms, and I'm in one of the smaller ones now. Downstairs, it was one of the bigger ones, and it's big enough that I could have even set up an office corner in it. But um, some of the people in the larger rooms, they do have refrigerators, and you know, you go by and they're having midnight snacks, like <laughs> stacks of sandwiches, and it's really wild. But, but um, yeah, but if we got you frozen dinners, you wouldn't no. be able to heat them up if you can't have no. microwave and you don't no. have access to the no. kitchen. Right. 
No, I don't think anybody here has a microwave. I don't think anybody sneaked it in. What, did they ban it because of uh, heart um, uh, pacemakers and such? No, because there are some things they consider a fire hazard. I, I have a, a surge oh, protector okay. you know, with, a, I don't know, six or eight plugs in it with the surge protector in it. So if you get a surge and shut down before it hits your computer, or it's supposed to anyway, we're not allowed to use yeah. them either because they say it's a You're not allowed hazard. those? What, what what's know? the danger of a surge protector? I mean, yeah, the, and <laughs> they, they say it's a fire hazard, yeah, having the multiple outlets in the in the strip. That doesn't make sense to me. But they, they maybe they have experience that I don't know when lightning hits, the surge protector I, if it blows up or not. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds silly, but that's, that's process, what I am. It seems, it seems hard to me to believe that if a, if a lion was charged by lightning that it that something like a surge protector you know which i own one uh, would have the yeah. ability to prevent lightning yeah. from jumping across you know uh-huh. a half inch or whatever I, you know tight dimensions there are a, a, inside of a surge protector how could it prevent it but yeah you know. i don't make the rules i just have to obey them mm-hmm so, mm. would it benefit you yeah. to have a refrigerator, small refrigerator in your room then? It it so would if I had one of the larger rooms, but I'm not in one now. Salad. I have an opportunity to move, but pardon, right now I have me? a I have a roommate who is 98 years old, and mm-hmm. she doesn't say boo, and it's so nice and peaceful in there. I I think I'm going to stay in the smaller room and not <laughs> not risk having a chatterbox next to me. So. I will stay put. If I get into a larger room, yes, it would it would have enough space for a small refrigerator. Well, if something changes that way, would you let us know? Because I don't well, want sure. you plugging up your arteries with grilled cheese sandwiches because that's better than whatever else they're making all the time. <laughs> oh, no. oh, not not to mention enjoyment the, of what pathetic. you eat. My gosh, that's such yeah. an important part of our lives. Everybody ate the... Yeah, everybody ate the fruit and the and the cookie tonight, <laughs> but the rest of, the rest of the stuff went back downstairs. <laughs> oh heavens, it was terrible. In fact, Walden. Um, yeah. Um, oh shoot, now I'm forgetting it. Jim, is Jim has he gotten his computer repaired? Well, the, the, that fixed? Yeah, no. This is where we are. The computer is repaired. He's looking, he doesn't have a good email program, because his, his jaw's speech doesn't read it, so hopefully oh. somebody can find a few extra dollars and he can have a good email program, uh, but right now Jim is moving, um, I don't know if more people heard it about a month ago, he lived, oh, yeah. he, he lived in a place that was declared illegal, an illegal resident, yes. and so on Monday, He's moving to a hotel for three days, and they found a new place in the same city that he's moving to, and so he'll be without phone connection for a little while. But but it's the nice thing about it. The the, the old landlords are going to help Jim out. They're going to help pay for some of the upcoming rent. That way, um, it'll be an easy transition for Jim from moving from the legal place to a, a t- more traditional place. And... Uh, but uh, Patricia and I were talking before the show. That's really nice that the landlord 
are going to help him out. You know, the, the yeah. old well, except for the, except for the landlord, they wouldn't have to move. The landlord rented out an illegal renting space, out a room or, and mm-hmm. so Jim wouldn't be in that pickle if they had done what they were supposed to do. They, uh, I, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not a moving person, so it really so is he still it upsets be in me that he has to move again so quickly. Yeah, you'll still be in Antioch. Yeah, but it's, it's going to be in a different part of the city. You know, it's like, and I think Jim feels the same way like Patricia. He hates to move, but he, he's done it like four or five times in the last 15 years. So it's just, you know, I remember sometimes it's like. He's done, he's done three times in the last few years. Because he, he, he was living on one street and then moved to a house farther down the street and then from there yep. over to the house that they were in and from the house that was destroyed by the fire. Then they had to go to the apartment. I mean, that poor guy has been hopping around faster than a checkerboard. That's true. And, and he was telling me this week when he called last night to talk me off here. Uh, he, he remember, I think a year ago at the time, he went into the hospital for ammonia. You know, he That's right. got ammonia for several weeks. That's right. It's pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like to put an N in there. I like the yeah. way I say it. It's more, it's more, it's more water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's what's going on with, with Jim. Uh, so hopefully, well, that, hopefully he'll call us the next day or so, give us an update. But he'll be without yeah. service for a while. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. So well, tell because him, of my poor short so memory, I can't remember if you said that his computer was fixed or not. Computer. They bought him a new computer. They got a lot of things fixed. The only thing. Right now, they got to fix his e- email program. Oh, okay. So. Well, um, do you know, you already know which email works with JAWS, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you, John, Larry, what is it, the email program? Out- Outlook would be the best for him. Out- Outlook. It sounds like something that would be already existing in the computer. Well, then Hotmail is, uses Outlook. Right, it's an Outlook program that you get through Hotmail, which is a freebie. The problem is with um, with Hotmail and Yahoo, some of those, and Google Mail, you got yeah. to go online and onto the website, right. and some of that is not JAWS friendly. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, so how much money is needed? I think it's 90 bucks or so. I think it's what I think what we're looking at. I haven't looked at it in a while, but that's what I think we're looking at. It's about a ninety dollar deal for Jim. So, so. Okay, let's talk this week. Okay, we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll, we'll okay. what they're gonna do? We'll wait till they're tuning down Jim computer tomorrow, and so I mean, let's wait till he gets back up. Probably be a couple of weeks, but you and I can talk, you know. But uh, that's. I'll talk to John Lurie. They'll know the, the latest update because they've been so good working with Jim trying to get everything fixed. And yeah. It's re- what's really is nice, everybody, and I can hand it to Microsoft. Microsoft has a special phone number for if you're disabled. And they'll, oh. work, with, and they'll work with you personally. Um, if, you're, if you're having sight problems or hearing issues or anything that might affect it, your computer, you can actually get live tech support for free. Wow. And that's, cool. that's pretty nice. And uh, 
Getting tech support Twitter. is magic, yeah. and, they're, and doing it for free is too magic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so anyway, they've been working with them, but they have tried all the freebies, email programs, and under Jim case, his speech is just not working with it correctly. So we're going to figure we're just probably to the point we need to buy him one of the regular programs, and then that way it will solve it. So. So. Okay. Well, find out. Find out just what it is and okay. all. And if I don't call you within the week, you have my number, yeah, right? I do. I will find out. I'll, I'll find out through John Lurie. They are the computer guys of the whole radio family around here, so I'll talk to them. They'll know exactly what we should go with. So. Okay. All right. All right. I will say good night to good you night, and the family and Patricia. I'm glad that you're still kicking. Yes. And <laughs> that you kicking. have the burden yes. of emptying your apartment finished. Almost. Oh, yes. Oh, oh thank almost. goodness. So you, you have storage now, right? I have some some things in storage. Gave away a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and somebody even broke down the bookcases for me today. Woohoo! Did you did you get all those boxes shipped off to um, to Ron? Yep. To Ron, yeah. Yep. As um, many as I could, yes. And then and, um, and then Patricia brother sent the rest of them back to me, and I shipped the rest back to Ron. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now, now the bigger question is, Ron is yeah. moving to Arkansas, so once they sell the house, then we're gonna ship the old old boxes somewhere else, I guess. I don't know. That'd be an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh Those my boxes goodness. have seen the country. They've seen more of the country than either one of us has. And, 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 and we're looking at, besides the CDs, all the cassette tape, we're looking at 5,000 CDs and 10,000 cassette tapes. So, so anybody you're looking for stuff, talk to Rob Bond. He might have something for you. CDs, wow. huh? Way to go. Well, Paul, thank you so much for calling, and you have yourself a wonderful week. How are you doing, just quickly before you go, um, the medication issue that you were facing last week? How did it go? Oh, okay. I found out that it was my doctors who has, apparently there's been an updated form for these type of medications or, or maybe just prescriptions in general, and she has the old form. And so what the weight has been is, and it's still a weight to this day, maybe hopefully Monday it'll be done, um, is for whoever it is that prints them out, you know, for her, she's been Mm -hmm. waiting for that. Okay. So So are you you covered with your medications until then? Pardon me? Are you covered with your meds until then? Yes, if it doesn't continue okay. longer, I, I probably have about 18 days worth or so because I had I started a new bottle in Norco and I had like 21 days, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Worth. Excellent. So I'm 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 doing one every four hours and and it's not quite enough very often. So I'm I'm hurting, uh, you know, yeah. more than I want to be hurting. But but since I don't know exactly when it will be coming, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm trying to just stick with that. Yeah. So I have a yeah. countdown timer on my phone that 
just going off every four hours, and I'd jump up and uh, go get one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad it's not as awful as it sounded last week, and I hope they get their act together and get you back online the way you're supposed to be. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. I did um, do like without for ten hours or something like that because I slept yeah. through it. Yeah. And yeah. I woke up really, really in a bad way. It's strange. Yeah. Well, you know, okay, well, you have yourself you. a better week, and um, we'll talk to you maybe next week. Okay, I hope so. You and you, okay. you too, you guys. Okay? You Take Thanks. Right. Good night, Paul. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I remind, that reminds you, everybody, next Saturday we have uh, Ted <gasps> Sylvester are with us. Yes. So Toys for Tots. Yes, so. Colonel Sylvester from Toys for Tots. And he's going to be with us again and talk about how individuals, especially individuals, they get a lot of corporate help. Um, they get warehouse prices on toys, and uh, you know they go around and during the year, the person who's in charge at the foundation um, makes contact with different uh, organizations, not organizations, businesses and corporations, not organizations, corporations. But I learned the last time Colonel Sylvester was with us that the Toys for Tots program depends on individual gifts for 80% of what the kids get. So it really is important for him to talk about the, um, you know, the, the, the kinds of things that individuals can do to help Toys for Tots be as successful again this year as they have been in the past. So I'm really looking forward to talking with him. Well, my dear, it's, it's 12.25. How are you feeling? Yes. Do you want to run up, run back to bed, or what do you want to do? <laughs> I only had three hours of sleep last night, so I think I will do that, and okay. I appreciate your your mentioning it. I do have some stuff, though, before I go. Please do. I got some stuff for you. All right. Yeah, for you. Hold on. Let me see here. Um, oh, <laughs> you know, the um, Macy's requires... Uh, well, I guess they don't require it, but they suggest that you schedule an appointment at Macy's now to see Santa Claus. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, and, and it says, in a bid to cut down on long lines, department store giant Macy's is allowing fans to visit the flagship's location, Santa Claus, by reservation only. It's probably by, it's probably by text messaging or, or some crazy modern, modern technique. Beats today. me. <laughs> It beats me. I mean, I I just can't imagine scheduling an appointment to see Santa at Macy's. I, oh, I was heartbroken when I saw that. Can you imagine, a, can you imagine a husband and wife? Hey, now, when you're on the phone, they make the appointment with a doctor and Santa and 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 they get right the cash. dentist. That's right. And your car, you have to get your car service, so you can just spend the entire afternoon making appointments online. I just, I couldn't, I, I really, I couldn't believe it. I went back and I read the article again, and yes, indeed. Schedule reservation only. <laughs> it's too much. Also, Christmas trees. Yes. Tell me which two states uh, have the most expensive Christmas trees this year. Hmm. I mean, retail, I'm assuming, what we're talking. Yeah, the, when when you go to a lot, yeah, yeah. Well, go to I a Christmas think, tree lot. Well, 
I have three in mind. I had two in mind, but I want to switch one out. I'm going to say New York and Hawaii. California and Utah. Utah? I have, yeah, I have a color-coded map here, and it goes from the least expensive in the $27 range for North Dakota, Arizona. Those are the only two. Oh, wait, nope, looks like Maine. Maine? <laughs> they have lots of Christmas trees up there, but Maine? <clears throat> Excuse me, North, North Dakota. Hold on. <coughs> Gee, I'm really sorry. That's okay, Kermit. Uh, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and Arizona. And then we have these really dark green that are up in the $76 per tree range. And this is average, I guess, maybe five or six foot tree. Five foot, probably. And they color-coded the rest of, of the country. And my gosh, <laughs> I can't imagine spending $76 for a chunk of wood to stick it in a pan of water. You could buy a live tree and plant it in your yard. I know. I know. You could. For $76, I think you can buy a live tree. Um, what do you think? Well, we could probably buy a couple of mon monkey small ones and them grow, you know. Yeah, grow, yeah, babies. Like babies. Um, uh, Mike was telling us, Mike Quinn, who um, talked with us about growing Christmas trees. Yeah. He gets babies and puts them in the ground, and he the does. ones that survive get to get to grow up. But I just I said seventy six dollars. Oh, took my breath away. Thank you. Took Fred. my thank, breath away. Thank you, Fred, for arranging for Michael this year. That was such a great Christmas gift you gave us. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Fred in Vermont arranged, uh, contacted Michael Quinn for us. Mm -hmm and uh, made arrangements for Michael to talk with us. We have spent three years yep. hoping to find a Christmas tree grower to talk with us, and they either don't respond or, I guess, don't respond is the, yeah. is the standard. Yeah. We've I made phone calls, sent emails, yes. and nobody answers. Michael, Maybe they think we're kidding. They must. They must. Oh, what radio station going to talk to a Christmas tree grower? Well, they just yeah, know. we are. But they don't know us. Mm, that's their problem, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we do have fun, and and people all over the place can can listen to us. Well, now I they think at least one of them would know who we were. Well, now they can go looking for a podcast. And yeah, that's who we are. Yeah, you can go listen. That's to right. Podcast. That's right. The Golden Days of Radio we, Podcast, yeah. starring Patricia. We are, we are for real. We, we are, are for real. We are. Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Okay, now I had stuff here. Mm -hmm. Let me see. I had stuff for you. I had something. Um, it's colonial. I had President. Hold on. I had a, a quote, finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I had a quote. Um, and I know who said it. You have to guess who said it. Ah, here we go. Okay, who said, The art of war is simple enough. Find out where your enemy is. Get him as soon as you can. Strike him hard and keep on moving. Who said that? Wow. How about Winston Churchill? No. How about Ulysses S. Grant? Wow. My mom is reading a biography on him right now. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting person. Um, yeah, it's very shocking. Very, 
Yeah, very complex presidency. He really had some interesting times and some tough times. I didn't realize he had as many difficult challenges during his presidency as yeah, he did. He had a lot of corruption, and, if, and I don't think he was very aware of yeah. what happened. Yes, yes, so. indeed. And, you know, by the time he he started getting tuned into it, it was far too late to undo the damage that the uh, – and, and even his cabinet was involved in that. Yeah, and absolutely. It just – how awful, how awful. Okay. All right. Well, I had a baseball question here, too. Mm-mm-mm. I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> it's here somewhere. I'll save it for next week. Oh, gosh. Okay. I am going to sign off. You are going to do something – we're Interesting, play, like what? Play, play a Christmas show? Oh, I think what we're gonna, well, we had plans. We could yeah. play a Christmas show. Why don't we do that? But also, I have plans. Uh, if one less less Paul Saturday with Ray Brain for three hours, and it's just a ooh, ooh, so we'll play, that sounds great. We'll play that, and we'll play a uh-huh. Christmas show before then. So, yeah, cool. So we'll do it. Well, I am going to trundle down to my own floor and um, do some more unpacking. I brought over some more stuff. I've got two rows of books finished, so I'm okay on that. And I did bring my my um, on the air. Okay. John, I, I brought Rudolph. I brought Rudolph. Right. I did so, and, and I brought Winnie the Winnie the Pooh. Good. Mm-hmm. And on the air. Yeah, and on the air, Perfect. I did. How about that? Well, you know what? All the rest of my radio books are in storage. Well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get everybody. We're gonna get Patricia Kindle of everything that she had to give away or put in storage that way. way. Impossible. 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 There were about 400 books that went out. Ah, ah. painful. Well, we're gonna find Kindle's copy for you because you got Oh, I know. I've done, well, I saved all of my radio books. Uh, most of them wound up in storage, but at least I saved them, and I'll be able to undo and reorganize at different times and retrieve some of them. So that would that would be super. And you got your and you got your peanut books. So you're in good shape. Uh huh. I do. Yep. And they're all they're all packaged up beautifully. So. Okay, well, I am going to say good night to everybody. Good night, everybody. See, I said I was going to say good night to everybody. You have a wonderful week. Be safe, and Walden and I will be back next week. Good night, Walden. Merry Christmas, Patricia. Thank you. You too, Walden. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, there's our adorable one. And she's going to shop while I do some more unpacking. Sarah Perdillard, thank you for the opportunity of having this wonderful Christmas season. Bless Patricia, look after her when her upcoming back surgery. Bless and make it go well for her. Uh, look after our friends and family. Look after the people and women who serve in the military. Bless the family who have family in the service. Look after the needy, the poor, and the hungry. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, suggested a Christmas show, so we'll do that first, and then we'll play in 30 minutes, uh, Ray Bream and Les Paul. So, stand by.
JAWS Professional Saturday 1 Windows M Folder View List View My Document S Folder View List View CKS Snow 4S Sound 4S Sound 4S Spurtbacks S Saturday Enter Saturday F Fipper McGee and Molly Folder Enter Fipper Fipper McGee Fipper McGee and Molly Christmas Album Set Fipper McGee and Molly 126491 Enter now, Fibber McGee and Molly, and at nine, here, Big Town. Johnson's Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's new water repellent glow coat present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. Music by the Kingsman and Billy Mills Orchestra. Tonight, I'd like to make one thing clear to everybody. There is only one glow coat. It's the water-repellent new glow coat that's on your dealer's shelves right now. There's been no change in the familiar glow coat container, but wait till you find out about the wonderful change inside. For it is a wonderful thing to be able to cover your floors with a self-polishing floor wax that is positively water-repellent. Now, the big thing from your standpoint is that it'll last so much longer without losing its smooth, lustrous shine. Water that's dripped or spilled on it can be wiped right off without leaving an ugly streak or spot. You can damp mop glow-coat-protected floors over and over without killing the protection or the shine. You get more for your money now in Johnson's Glow Coat than ever before. More beauty, more protection, more freedom from floor care drudgery. Guaranteed the most economical self-polishing wax you can buy. Its protective shine lasts up to four times longer. Get water repellent, new glow coat tomorrow. In 1649, a Dutchman named Rembrandt took some oils, some brushes, some canvas, and some talent, and turned out a lot of masterpieces. In 1949, a fellow in Wistful Vista got out the card table, loaded it down with art materials, and started to make his own Christmas cards. <laughs> the sound of the gong was so we could avoid mentioning the two artists in the same breath. Because one of them is Mr. McGee, of Fibber McGee and Molly. I sure wish I'd have thought of this before, Molly. Look at the money I'd have saved if I'd have made my own Christmas cards every year. How's this look, kiddo? My first one. Let me see. Hmm. Very interesting. Isn't it, though? Too bad you had to spill that big blob of red paint all over it. What do you mean, big blob of red paint? That's Sandy Claus. It is? Where's his beard? That's the whole idea of the card. He ain't got any beard. Sandy Claus with no beard? Why, certainly. He's just coming out of the barbershop. <laughs> The verse is going to say, St. Nicholas had his beard cut off as up on the roof his reindeers trample. Because how can a guy with whiskers on show little shavers a good example? Oh, McGee, that's cute. Oh, shucks. I got a million ideas as good as that. Or better. Well, I should hope so. Huh? Among your many good ideas, have you got one about how to get that India ink out of the rug? Oh, I'll clean up here when I get through. I ain't quite used to handling all this stuff, but I'll learn, Tootsie. I'll learn. My gosh, I'll bet Somerset Mogham didn't learn to paint overnight, either. 
Somerset Maugham is a is a novelist theory, not a painter. Oh, he gave it up, huh? <laughs> Couldn't stand the gaff, eh? Well, believe me, I'm staying right with it. I got tenacity. I got grit. I got perseverance. You have something else, too. I have? Yes, you have a jar of blue paint dripping into your lap. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I must have tripped it over with my elbow. Yeah. Uh, there. Shucks. That was my only jar of blue paint. <laughs> I'll have to paint the rest of the reindeer with brown eyes. You've been painting reindeer with blue eyes? One Why not? Reindeer. Good question. Graphic Windows logo. Heading level one, it's time for a new privacy settings to stay oh, protected to provide link Windows 10 creators update. Well, you must be having a circus with those watercolors. Certainly look like a clown. If you're referring to the pigment so plentifully permeating my pretty puss, Politico, it is purely a product of my poster paints and my peculiar pictorial proclivities. Are you through, dear, or shall I open up another can of peas? <laughs> I'm through. No kidding, Latrib. This artwork is a great little hobby. It gets your mind off of things. Oh, I didn't know you ever had yours on anything. <laughs> but I agree that a hobby is a fine thing. My secretary collects stamps. Has she a valuable collection, Mr. Mayor? She must have. I buy about $50 worth a week, and I can never find one around the office. I think she must be papering a bedroom with them. If she doesn't like the results, she can always mail the house to some relative. I come by my artistic talent kind of natural, Latrib. It's hereditary. My Uncle Sycamore was an artist. Uncle Sycamore? Oh, yes. You had an interesting family tree. Oh, yes. A squirrel's idea of heaven, I imagine. I didn't know your Uncle Sycamore was an artist, McGee. Portrait or landscape? Mail pouch tobacco. <laughs> Painted it on barns, fences, and silos. You got any hobbies, Latrib? Yes. She sells. Uh, you mean seashells, don't you, uh, Your Honor? No. 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 My housekeeper is always selling raffle tickets for something, and I have to buy whatever she sells. <laughs> Be kind of interesting sometime if she sells tickets on some seashells. Well, anytime she sells seashells, she'll sell the seashells to somebody else. Because if she sees that she can sell me seashells, <laughs> she'll sell the. Hmm. What's the matter, Your Honor? I'll have to change the subject. My bridge work is coming loose. <laughs> anyway, I have to be going. I can find my way out, Molly. Don't trouble. No, no, Mr. Mayor, not that. No, no, no. Thank <laughs> you. 
those Christmas cards gonna take, McGee. Mm -hmm. The way the page is thrown around in here, it looks like Sherwin had a fight with Williams. <laughs> My dear girl, a true artist is not concerned with such trivial things. When one is creating, one thinks only of putting one's best work into one's work. You seen the pot of glue? Yes, you're putting your best elbow in it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that a while ago, but I thought it was just the red paint. Hey, look at this card I just designed for Mort Toots. Not only wishes him a Merry Christmas, but carries a thoughtful little message, too. Something sentimental, I suppose, like go boil your head. <laughs> Here it is, picture of a fish. You see, fish is swimming through a sprig of mistletoe. A fish and mistletoe? Yeah. The verse says, I hope the fish I hereby show recalls the fin I loaned you last July. And though he swims through mistletoe, I ain't gonna kiss that fin goodbye. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> you like it? Well, five dollars is always a nice touch if you can't get ten. <laughs> but that's what I say. Come in. Oh, it's only from the Elks Club. Come in, boy. Well, hello, Mrs. Hello, McGee. What's the mess, Mrs.? Well, himself here is making his own Christmas cards, heaven help me. Yep, personalized handmade Christmas cards, Ole. None of that run-of-the-mill stuff for me this year. I painted every one of these babies with my own hands. Well, maybe they wouldn't look so messy if you painted them with a brush, McGee. <laughs> well, he did use a brush, Ole. He means that... Hey, he... I might not do so bad with just my bare hands at that, Ole. You've heard of finger painting, haven't you? Oh, sure. My daughter, Christina, she makes good money with finger painting. Yeah, what does she paint? Well, what would a finger painter paint, McGee? Fee? She paints fingers, of course. She's <laughs> she's a lady curist. You mean a manicurist, Ollie? Me and the missus, we don't like Christina holding hands with the men. She used paints fingers on ladies. Have you done any of your Christmas shopping yet, Ollie? Uh, see, what are you going to give your wife this year? Well, my missus is always a problem. Every year for Christmas, she wants something sensible. But I want to give her foolishness. And you're right, boy, you're right. That's what Christmas is for. Sure. But this year, though, she changes. Yeah? This time, she wants foolishness, too. Oh, and such foolishness. Oh. <laughs> what does she want, Ollie? A diamond necklace or a mink? No, she drops hints by the kids so that they say this year, Mama wants for Christmas a dyed rabbit. Well... Now, a dyed rabbit is very nice, I think. Yeah. So, I make a deal with the pet shop. The first rabbit that dies, I give it to my mother. <laughs> well, I just drop in to say hello, McGee, so goodbye, Miss. Goodbye, Ollie. It's a good thing I keep on talking while I'm working, or working while I'm talking, or I never get finished. I got some beautiful cards here, Molly. They weren't so messy. Mm-hmm. Now, you take this one for the mayor, for instance. Kind of a symbolic card, see? You get it? The picture of the pork barrel with a hand in it? That's lovely. That's about as subtle as a blackjack. <laughs> I didn't realize I was so loaded with ideas. So productive. So specific. Not specific, dearie. You mean prolific. Oh, I do, eh? <laughs> I'm afraid you're thinking of that stale movie at the Bijou, my dear. 
The one that the ad claims it's colossal, it's stupendous, it's pro prolific. That's terrific, McGee. Thanks. I think it's a nice card myself. <laughs> it's got that certain something that you can't... Hello, Molly. May I come in? Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Welcome to the McGee Greeting Card and House Wrecking Company. Pull up a chair, Junior, if you can find one without any paint on it, and watch a Julius at work. Thank you, pal. I'll stand. Hey, uh, this is very interesting stuff to me, kid. I used to work in a greeting card place, you know. I didn't know that, Mr. Wilcox. Sure, I designed Christmas cards. Modernistic stuff. You mean modernistic stuff like a picture of a fried egg draped over a half moon under a watch with a woman's face with roller skates for ears? And it says, onions are for love? You mean that stuff? Yes, yes. I was kind of a dilly-dally. Oh. Matter of fact, I designed a beautiful card for myself this morning, kid. Really, Mr. Wilcox? Sure, I just flashed a card with a lot of colors, you see. Then I drew a picture of Santa Claus carrying an umbrella and a rubber band. Looks terrific. That's supposed to mean something? Why, certainly, pal. Look, take the colors on the card, you see. They simply stand for the colors the Johnson self-polishing glow code restores to your worn and faded linoleum. Oh, of all the dirty waste of stick. Then the umbrella. The umbrella. That means the new glow coat is water repellent. Yes, sir. This great new discovery, Johnson's new self-polishing water-repellent glow coat, is the one floor wax at last that does not smear and show drab dull spots when you wipe up still things with a damp cloth or mop it with a damp mop. Yes, and you have no idea of what that means to a housewife like myself, Mr. Wilcox. The heck he don't. He's... Now, you hush, McGee. You know, I don't have to wax my floors nearly as often with the new glow coat since it's water repellent. That's right, Molly, because when you mop up dirt and spill things, you don't mop up the wax. It stays on and it stays bright even after repeated moppings. That's why I drew the rubber band on my card, because your work is a snap when you use the new water repellent glow coat. <laughs> and hey, pal, pal, the Santa Claus is me, the way I look to a housewife when she learns how much work she saves with Johnson's new water repellent glow coat because it lasts so much longer. Hey, hey, look, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, look, Waxy. Yes, pal? How long did you work in that Christmas card place? About an hour and a half, pal. Huh? The fellow who owned the place made a crack about my drawings that I didn't like, so I left. Oh, independent, eh? What'd he say to you? Wilcox, he said, you're fired. <laughs> so I left. Like this, kid. <laughs> Sensitive kid. Look, sweetheart, uh, why don't you give up designing Christmas cards, too? If Mr. Wilcox could do it, you can do it. Just say to yourself, I can give it up. I will give it up. I... What are you doing with the yardstick? Trying to draw a picture of the Shah of Persia. With no curves, just angles, you know. Just an experiment. But why no curves? Well, I know I can't draw a straight line with a ruler, so I wanted to see if I could draw a ruler with a straight line. <laughs> See, my dear, when an artist... Hold it, kiddo, hold it. Come in. Oh, McGee, it's Dr. Gamble. Hello, doctor. Hi, tonsil burglar. Hello, Molly. Good day to you, smear face. What are you doing, dying Easter eggs? He's painting his own Christmas cards this year, doctor. This year? Seems like this has been going on for 300 years. <laughs> Pull up your stomach and sit down, microbe merchant. <laughs> You're looking at Wistful Vista's answer to Courier and Hives. <laughs> Well, I couldn't think of a nastier answer. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. All praise right. from you is praise indeed. Well, I must have missed a line someplace. 
But give the boy credit for effort, Doctor. You'll have to admit he's trying. Admit it? I accuse him of it. He's very trying. Oh, my gosh, you guys got to have a hobby, has we? What's your hobby? Needlework. Roll up your sleeve and I'll show you. Nothing doing. You get under my skin without any extra equipment. What are you staring at my vest for? Just noticing how full it is, stuffy. Can't button the bottom button anymore, can you? Well, gee whiz, I get hungry. I exercise a lot, Doc. A guy that exercises... Yes, yes, he does, Doctor. He exercises harder with a knife and fork than anybody I know. Well, looking at you, Goonsboro, and your little round hand-painted tummy has inspired me to a little Christmas poem myself. Yeah? Maybe you can use it on one of your cards. Gee, you made one up just sitting here? Uh-huh. Let's hear it, Doctor. Oh, yes, let's. All right. Christmas is a time of cheer to think of the colorful friends we've got. Like little Buckle Buster here. He is the rainbow at the end of the pot. So long, Mike. The King's Man and Little Teeny tell the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This is the story of a reindeer, a super extraordinary reindeer. He wasn't what a reindeer ought to be, for he had one peculiarity. Go on, Teeny, you tell him. Okay, fella, I'll tell him. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. On one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa Claus lost his way. Then he cried, Without a light, old Saint Nick can't ride tonight. Just then along came Rudolph, galloping, 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 galloping through the stormy night. Lighting the way before him with his little nose so bright. Santa Claus shouted, Rudolph! Please guide us on our way. And the reindeer shouted, Rudy? Come along, we'll let you play. So Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen and Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen away. Rudolph! Tote that sleigh, hey, 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 Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Brighter than a neon sign. There used to be eight reindeer. Now there always will be nine. Don't you worry if you should see stormy weather on Christmas Eve. Santa will find his way to you. Cause Rudy's equipped with radar, too. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Twinkle, twinkle on your way. Everybody loves that reindeer. Cause Rudolph saved the day. For little children. Yes, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer's here to stay. certainly making a shambles of this living room. Mm-hmm. Paint and ink all over everything. Why don't you give it up? My dear, did Da Vinci give up? Did Piscathio give up? <laughs> did Somerset Maugham give up? I told you before, Somerset Maugham is not an artist. He's an author. He's an author. I'm an author and an artist. Who wrote that wonderful little Christmas verse? Because the night before Christmas and all through the house, we could smell Uncle Dennis. He was such an old souse. <laughs> 
McGee. Who wrote that? Well, I did, five years ago. That was the night Uncle Dennis came home. Now, now, now. Look at this card I designed. Mm-hmm. Fit? But you drew the figure too large. The hands and the feet are clear off the page. I know it. I done that on purpose. This one is for old McDonald at the Third National Bank. But why did you make the picture so out of proportion? I wanted him to see how it feels to be overdrawn. <laughs> but now, dearie, look. How many cards have you finished? Well, as soon as I finish this one and two more, I'll have three. <laughs> kind of discouraging at that, but it's going smoother now. I'm getting the knack of it. Oh, McGee, watch it. There goes the ink. Oh, do something, sweetheart. Don't just sit there and watch it pour out onto the floor. It ain't going onto the floor. It's running down my pants into my shoe. <laughs> All I got to do is sit here till it dries, and then I can get up and walk. Oh, dear. Come in. Hello there, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Oh, hi, old-timer. What are you making the Christmas cards for? Christmas? <laughs> well, the way I'm laying eggs with them, I think I'll use them for Easter. Where's your girlfriend, Bessie, Mr. Oldtimer? Isn't she with yeah. you? No, daughter. Bessie's working down at the carnival. Me and her had a little falling out. Had a fight, eh? Nope. Falling out. Oh. Out of the top seat of the Ferris wheel. <laughs> Heavenly days. Was Bessie badly hurt? No, she was delighted, daughter. <laughs> she fell with her face in the cotton candy, and they gave her a job as a bearded lady. <laughs> hey, Bessie's a sweet kid. <laughs> Now, anyway. I think I have a lot of fun in the carnival. I mind one time I was throwing darts at some balloons and a fat lady walked past. Yes, I sure are fun. <laughs> Bessie and me went to the Hall of Mirrors. Oh, that Hall of Mirrors. <laughs> what those things can do to your shape. You said it, daughter. Bessie never looked better. <laughs> I never quite understood, old-timer. Is, uh, is Bessie a daughter of the old South or just an old daughter of the South? Now, McGee. <laughs> See, uh, where did you ever meet her anyway, Mr. Oldtimer? Well, daughter, I was judging a beauty contest down in Possum Choky, Alabama, and Bessie won it hands down. Hands down, eh? She was scared to raise them. The elastic in her bathing suit bloomers was busted. <laughs> well, what was the contest? Oh, a bunch of planters was voting on the sugar they'd most like to raise cane with. <laughs> They named her Miss Blackstrap of 1914. <laughs> Incidentally, Johnny, that there painting of yours reminds me. Bessie's papa was a painter. He was? Good one, too. I remember one painting he'd done of the whole family, standing around a vat full of moonshine. Sounds very effective. Uh, what did he call it? Still life. <laughs> well, we're going to get down to the carnival to see Bessie, kids. So long. So long. Look, dearie, huh? let's call this whole Christmas card thing off, shall we? You're ruining your clothes, and the living room is a sight. Yeah, I know, kiddo, I know. I, I've been kind of clumsy at it, but I'm getting the knack of it now. What's that noise? Sounds like something. Heavenly days, grab the glue, McGee. It's running off the table. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got it. Oh, what a mess. And look, it went all over all the cards I had yes. done. Dad, rat, the dead rat. They're all ruined. Not oh, too bad. Dear, oh, dear. Come in. Hi, mister. <laughs> Hi, Miss 
McGee? Hello, sis. Run along with you. I'm in enough trouble. Well, I now, ain't... don't take it out on Teeny McGee. I ain't taking it out on Teeny just because I make an unholy mess out of trying to make my own Christmas cards. Okay. I guess if you make your own Christmas cards, you don't want to see these then, mister. So I'll just... Hey, 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 wait a minute. What was that you said? Who? You. When? Just now. About what? About I don't want to see those. That's what I thought. <laughs> these are just some ten-cent cards that I was trying to sell so I could make some money for Christmas, but... Well, if you make your own, I guess I... You got Christmas cards for sale? Come here, kid. I want to kiss you. Oh? <laughs> How many cards you want to buy, mister? How many, hmm? How many you got, sis? About 30, I betcha. About 30, huh? I'll buy all of them. Oh, I'll kiss you. All right, sis. <laughs> there. Now give me the cards and I'll give you the dough. Boy, are these beautiful. Look at them, Molly. Lovely. So colorful. Such clever verses. Mm. How can them commercial companies turn out such beautiful stuff? So cheap. Here, sis, here's three bucks. And thank you ever so much. What's the matter? Well, nothing, mister, only I guess I better tell you. Huh? The reason they're so cheap is they've been used. <laughs> and, and the ones that have got writing on them, you'll have to erase. Mm. If you need any more, let me know. Our attic is just full of them. So long, mister. Oh, hey. Hey, Molly, hand me what's left of the glue. What are you going to do with it? Drink it. I've been stuck every other way. I might as well go the whole hog. <laughs> Bitter and Molly return in a moment. Let me remind you again, there is now a self-polishing floor wax that is positively water-repellent. It's Johnson's new Glow Coat. That means long-wearing protection for your floors, freedom from ugly spots or drab streaks caused by water. Spill things, muddy footprints, melted snow, whisk right off that hard Glow Coat surface. Glow Coat stays on, stays bright, even after repeated damp mopping. And this wonderful new water-repellent quality means that Glow Coat's protective shine lasts up to four times longer. That's why Glow Coat is guaranteed to be the most economical self-polishing wax you can buy. So tomorrow, get the smooth-spreading, self-shining floor wax that's positively water-repellent. No change in the Glow Coat package, remember, but what a wonderful difference inside. Ask for the new water-repellent Glow Coat tomorrow. <laughs> going to do for Christmas cards next year? Make your own again? Well, I ain't the type of guy that gives up easy, Tootsie. I'm strictly the type of guy that he makes up his mind to do something, and I do it. So? So about December 1st next year, I'm going to the art store, buy a lot of paint and cardboard and brushes. Oh, no, not that. And paint a big sign for the front door. Welcome Christmas card salesman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's New Water Repellent Glow Coat, racing Wisconsin and Brantford, Canada, bring you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Here's a time-saving way to keep your furniture sparkling clean and shining bright with almost no effort. Tomorrow, start using Johnson's Cream Wax, the fastest wax furniture polish money can buy. Johnson's Cream Wax cleans so quickly, dries so quickly, polishes so quickly, that using it is almost as easy as dusting. 
A few strokes of a cloth do the cleaning. A few more polish your furniture to a satiny smoothness. And this wax contains no sticky oils to catch dust. Tomorrow, start using the fastest wax furniture polish money can buy. Get Johnson's Cream Wax at your dealers. Stay tuned for Big Town, coming to you next on NBC. WMAQ and WMAQ-FM, NBC in Chicago. JAWS Professional, Fibber McGee and my Windows M, Desktop, Folder M, My Documents, Enter, Document S, Saturday, Enter, Shell, Blank, 5, Ray, Bream, 930521, with Les Paul, Enter, Unloading, Document, OK, Enter. KABC, Los Angeles, it's 12 o'clock. Hello, Americans, I'm Paul Harvey. You know what the news is. In a minute, you're going to hear the rest of the story. All over America, there's a movement to do something about our environment, because if we don't protect the Earth from ourselves, we won't have a safe place to live. But did you ever stop to consider what happens to someone when they take drugs? It's not that different from building a toxic waste dump in your brain. Not only does it destroy the environment of your body and your mind, even if you go on living, who could call it a life? If you or someone you know needs help, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the Partnership for a Drug-Free America. I got a free massage the other day, and I can't wait to see how you like the idea. I recommend with enthusiasm that you telephone 1-800-THEN-RELAX. That's the phone number. It's an 800 number spelled out, then relax. Ask where is your nearest Lazy Boy gallery and go there and seat yourself in the newest Lazy Boy recliner. The one that has in the back and in the seat and even in the footrest a motor so that you can sit there and lean back and get yourself a thorough massage. You adjust the speed, the intensity, the location, the duration of the massage, and if you fall asleep, and you may, it'll turn itself off in 16 minutes. Locate your first free massage by dialing 1-800-THEN-RELAX. Now, the rest of the story. Billy could feel the ocean reaching up for him as the watery fingers were searching for intruders to pull down into the soundless depths. In minutes, he would be drowned, and perhaps never found. He had only half listened to the warnings of those who lived nearby. Something about unfamiliar waters and a bad time to go swimming. But folks always said that, didn't they? Billy had never even heard of a riptide, the collision of opposing tides and its turbulent result. The strongest swimmer would be foolish to defy such conditions. Even more so, a college student on a casual weekend at the beach, but there was Billy in the grip of the riptide, too far from shore to be heard. The chaotic currents battering his body against the jutting rocks and eternity looming before him. But, but this is the rest of the story. One of the other college students Billy had met on this holiday was a young man from Harvard, still on the beach, distracted in a conversation with a friend, but for some reason the other fellow suddenly wondered, where is Billy? And then he turned, and he squinted out into the springtime glare, and he saw the struggling figure out there in the water. In an instant, the Harvard boy was dashing for a small boat. 
That was a risk in itself. A rowboat in a riptide could be headed for a long ride, even disaster. But there was no time to think about that or anything except the young man gasping in the churning, treacherous water. The Harvard student maneuvered the little craft skillfully. He could see Billy clearly now. By then, helpless and bleeding, closer, closer still. Hang on, shouted the Harvard boy. And then, just in time, the hand reached down from the little boat, and Billy, flailing, reached up to grasp that hand and did take hold and lunged to safety. Twenty-five years later, those two young men, long separated, were reunited. It was at a conference in Seattle. Their children played together. Their wives got acquainted. The two men talked old times, and in particular, the high end holiday long past very nearly his last. You never told that story, said the Harvard man's and indeed he had not. He had forgotten it. Somehow, he recalled the colonial cottage from the beach. He recalled the breeze and the sun and the companionship, those two easy springtime days, and yet, until being reminded, he had not remembered the riptide and the rescue 25 years ago. And consequently, the irony had eluded him. The irony. The fact Goldwater, Republican, named Symington, who later became and now the governor of Arizona, risking life to save the life of a Democrat, a young Democrat who one day would lead his party to nationwide victory. Oh, yes, you know the fellow Fife Symington snatched from the brink of oblivion. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Only now you know the rest of the story. 790 KABC Talk Radio. L.A.'s most interesting talk station. Don't you like that? You don't have to be smart to know that that sound comes from the Les Paul works with Mary Ford and Bye Bye Blues. And you don't have to be too smart to know that today is May 21st, but did you know that by official declaration, the city of Los Angeles has made May 21st Les Paul Day? And here he is. The legendary Les Paul. Hi, Les. Mercy. <laughs> Hi, Ray. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Listen, we, we didn't get the bridge. I saved the bridge for for now. You know how I love the bridge of Bye Bye Blue. Let, let's play a little bit okay. of that. Here we go. 
Sports Innovation. That's a rotten kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little splice job there. You heard it. <laughs> Love that song. Tell me, Les, when was that recorded? What year? That was recorded in 1949. 49? Pennsylvania, yeah. Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. It might have been 1950. Wow. Every one of your hits, you either did in your garage or in your apartment in, what, yeah. Jackson Heights, right? Yeah. Uh, it started out where I was doing uh, most of them in the garage on Curse on Sunset, right on the corner. By the way, I'd like to say hi to the listeners. Oh, yes. <laughs> there are listeners. Yes, right there, right? that's true. You that's say true. hi, right? This is what, about your third or fourth visit? Yeah. Oh, God, it's so I, great I, to see you. I wouldn't think of coming in town without coming over here and seeing you. Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. I got to tell you, you're one of a kind. You Thank really you. are. I was thinking back to the days when we were on the network, and uh, I called you once back in New Jersey, and I said, yeah. uh, uh, Les, this is uh, Ray Brame. I work at KABC in Los Angeles, and I do a, a network radio show, and you're coming out. And you said, hold it, hold it. I know who you are. I listen to you every night. And not only that, uh, I take coffee and stuff to the guys at the WABC transmitter on the way home, and we listen. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you live in northern New Jersey and used to pass the transmitter. Of course, it's all automated now. The guys aren't there Everything's anymore. Everything's automated, yeah. Oh, everything's yeah. automated. I, you know, the, in, in this new building, how do you like the new building? I love it. Love it. I have yet to find the transmitter. I don't even know where it is. Well, go outside and look. It's right there. You can see it from La Sierra. Well, that's the, that's the tower, but I don't know where the transmitter is. Oh, well, don't worry about I'm it. I'm not worrying about it, but they tell me that it fits in an equipment rack. It's like 30 inches tall and 36 inches deep, 26 yeah. inches wide. <laughs> Things are getting smaller. Isn't that amazing? When we go back and talk about amplified guitars, you, you like to talk about how you experimented with with the old phonograph pickups. Mm -hmm. That's the way it started. What year was that? <clears throat> that was uh, about 1928. And, uh, well, the story, I've told it so many times, but uh, I was at a barbecue stand, and the guitar wasn't loud enough. Neither was my voice. But I got the voice louder by just taking Mother's, phonograph, mother's uh, telephone. Mm -hmm. And I sang into the telephone and sang it through Mother's radio. And I use that for a mic, and uh, the pickup, the the uh, the tips came in, and uh, everything was going along fine. But then people started to get critical and say the guitar wasn't loud enough. So I just jabbed the needle of uh, a phonograph pickup into the top of the guitar, <laughs> and of course that uh, that was the easiest way to to get get the, the electric guitar going. Nowadays, overdubbing is the key to everything. I mean, so much time is spent in the studio with 48 track recorders. It's big time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when you were doing things like Lover... And Bye-bye and Blues. Yeah. And, but but uh, you, you, you didn't have tape recording. In the early days, you had to do it on acetate. On acetate, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a friend, Zeke Manners, here, and I, I'll never forget when Zeke came over to the house. 
and he had a new accordion, and uh, he says, I'd like to try it, Les, could I try it? And I says, okay, I, I said, okay. <clears throat> and so we stopped it, and Mary and I were recording uh, Crying and Dry My Tears. And uh, Zeke played and he played Nola. Mm -hmm. And I recorded a, a bit of it for him and gave it to him, and he marched on home. And uh, after we finished the session, I went to bed. And uh, I didn't wake Mary up or anything else, but I couldn't sleep because I got thinking about uh, what Zeke had done with Nola. And so I said, uh, what I better do is go out in the garage and see uh, if I can't do something with Nola uh, that uh, uh, Zeke was playing, only play it slower. So Zeke was playing like like it was written, uh, fast, very fast. It was a piano solo, an exhibition, you know. And I said, I wonder what would happen to it if I played it in dance time. Like you're going to the men's room. Did, did it sound like this? If you're like most people oh. these days, you're paying more attention. <laughs> that sound like that. Would you say it sounds something like that? Sounds just like that. Just yeah. like it? Yeah. <laughs> and when I tell uh, people that I made Nola in a garage, they giggle. But that's where I made it. And, uh, and seriously, uh, if Zeke hadn't come in the backyard to try out his new accordion, I wouldn't have made Nola. And the odd part about it is, is that I made that in about a half hour and uh, went down. It was now daylight took it down to Capitol Records, and I left it on the president's desk, went to bed, and forgot all about it, never told Mary. We went to New York, and all of a sudden, when we were making How High the Moon, there was a knock on the door, and there was also, it was a telegram, mm -hmm. and it says, congratulations for being number one. And I couldn't understand it. Mary couldn't understand it. I says, I wonder what the world they're talking about. Number one and what? <laughs> and uh, we didn't have a radio in the basement, and uh, we had no telephone. And we were down there busy recording, and a fellow knocked on the door. The second person knocked on the door. It was Chet Atkins' half-brother, Jimmy Atkins. And Jimmy come over, and he says, hey, Gate, uh, congratulations for being number one. I says, you're the second one to say that. Number one what? He says, you're number one all over the country with NOLA. I never even knew it was out. Isn't that amazing? They didn't tell you? No. Well, they couldn't tell me. I had no phone, and <laughs> they didn't even know we were in a basement in Jackson Heights, New York. You know? Ray, Ray and Les. Hey, get, 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 up, get up close here, Steve. ABC is uh, greatly responsible for that. We're in the picture. When I was, I was doing a morning show, yeah, 3.30 in the morning. I used to feed New York. I remember you. We were on the You booth. used to have this, this, this shift. Well, part of it. Part of it. And uh, they made it. I couldn't put transcriptions on tape and all that stuff. Yeah. And Roy uh, Haw Hawkins, he's Lloyd Hawkins, used to be our engineer before mm -hmm. Rex Newcomb. Oh, know. yeah. 
Done all right. And they used to throw away transcriptions. The back of Breakfast Club and mm -hmm. all of the shows are on mm -hmm. ABC. And mm -hmm. I, I used to load them into the back of my old caddy. And I drive over to Les's place. Mm -hmm. uh, over there, and we had a pint. And it was on the back <laughs> of an old KABC show. Is that, that right? That Nola was made. Is that right? That's I didn't know that. He deserved credit. Oh, you know, with KABC. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And uh, that was, uh, we did a lot of, we jammed a lot. Right, Les? Well, that night it was all your show. We well, just stopped our show and let you do it. Well, no, no, you see, when I when I when I got out of out of Fairfax, it was what am I going to do? Go to USC or UCLA, or go into vaudeville? And I decided to go in vaudeville and learn to play a piano solo, a funny piano solo. And I played it slow, and I opened up in the dark, you know. Had uh, spot, and I, I missed the notes. Then I'd light a match, did an old portable bit, and lit a candle, marked the notes. Da 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 da. -da. The lights went up, and that was it. It was a portable bit. Now, well, amazing, um, and to think that all of your big hits were done not in a studio, not in a recording studio, but in your home equipment, either in your garage or at Jackson Heights. The story you tell about Jackson Heights, I love. Uh, what what did you do? Was that Via Condias you did there? No, we did Via Condias in our home uh, in in Mawa, New Jersey. Uh -huh. uh, but how I found Via Condias, uh, we were playing an automobile show in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm -hmm. and uh, we were packing to leave to drive back to New Jersey. And I had the radio on, and they just announced that the number one record was "I'm Sitting on Top of the World." And uh, Dave Garraway had made a, a statement uh, on, on the Today Show. He said something to the effect that uh, uh, Mary said, I'm setting on top of the world instead I'm sitting. One of the lines, Mary said, I'm setting on top of the world. So he was kidding about Mary saying that line that way. And anyway, it's number one. And after that, we dialed around the radio, and I picked up a local station in Minneapolis, and a fellow named Edwards played a record, and uh, I listened to it, and the lyrics were, Via Condios, Via Condios, uh, my darling, may God be with you, my love. And Mary was on, sitting on the bed, sewing her gown, because I usually step on her gown when she goes out ahead of me on the stage. And uh, I said to Mary, do you like that song? And she says, what is it? I says, I don't know, but I'm going to call the station. So I called downstairs, and there was no one at the desk or anything. So I stuck one of my guitar picks <laughs> where you put a quarter in so you can, mm, right. you know. And uh, I got a phone call into the uh, Merle Edwards, and I asked him, and he said, are you really Les Paul? I says, yeah, I'll put Mary on. I'll put Mary on the phone, just like with you. You doubted that it was me when the first time <laughs> I called right. you. That's right. right. And you were in Pennsylvania. And by George, uh, he said, if you come over, you can have the record. And it was a record of Anita O'Day singing Via Condias, real hip. Via Condias, baby, my darling. You know. <laughs> and may God be with you, my love. Yeah. Okay. 
So driving all the way back to New Jersey, Mary says, what are you doing? I says, well, I'm not going to stop anymore, and I have to. We're going to drive right straight through, and I'm going to put this record out next. And I says, boy, this is a winner. But just change the lyrics. And the two writers, oddly enough, this is astounding, but it's true. The two writers are very dear friends of mine, and neither one lived to hear their record. Really? Uh-huh. And of all things, when I called Capital and I said, I have a song for you, Stop, I'm a Fool to Care, this one is bigger and more important, put out this record called Viacondias. They said, we'll call you back in a few minutes. They called back and they said, hey, this is a dog. He says, we own it. Capital Records owns Viacondias. And they says, forget about it. And I says, well, I changed it. They says, what did you change? I says, I said, I took out the words, go with God or may God be with you. And so it said, via Candias, my darling. And then, uh, may God be with you, my love. I took that line out. Took that line out because it was forbid to be on a record in, in London and in many countries. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people didn't know that, even capital. And so I, having been in England, so forth and so on, took that, changed the lyrics to it, and insisted that they put it out. And they didn't think their own song was any good. Of course, the same thing happened with How High the Moon. Well, now, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yes, uh, but what happened, which was so ironic, is that the other side that I wrote was called Johnny is the Boy for Me, walked all over Via Candias. And when Via started to fail, uh, the uh, Listerine, oh boy, the cattle people said to me, see, we were right. And so I asked him if we could fly to seven cities and correct them because I think that the disc jockeys are doing me a favor playing the song I wrote. And really, if you turn it over, that's the hit song. And Via, of course, went up and when it was three million, five million, when it went up, you know, such great heights. Why then, of course, uh, everybody agreed that that, and that was the biggest record we ever had. Via Candias sold all those millions. It had to be one of the biggest records ever for any record company. I don't know about that, but I know that it's still selling, and I know that we kind of upset the the Mexican people because uh, it's Via Candios. Oh, really? And so they criticized us for uh -huh. that, and I don't know, but what they changed the. Uh, saying down in Mexico now to either way is okay. You can say Via con Dios or Via con Dios. If you want to talk to the legendary Les Paul, now's your chance to get in. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KABC. Mission bells are softly ringing 
All right, we'll be right back with the legendary Les Paul. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. And by declaration, officially here in Los Angeles, today is Les Paul Day. Gladys. Yes, Marvin. I have a confession. Oh? I've been unfaithful. <laughs> On what? Huh? On what kind of mattress? I, I don't know, some off-brand mattress? Cheap tramp. Well, it wasn't cheap. She got it at a department store. She paid department store prices? A stupid bimbo. Uh, you could have at least been unfaithful to me on a quality mattress from Comfort Center Mattress Shops. I, uh, Home of the largest selection of Sealy Posturepedic, Simmons Beautyrest, and Serta Perfect Sleepers. I'm so ashamed. Everyone knows Comfort Center has the guaranteed lowest prices, plus free delivery, a free bed frame, free setup, and free disposal of your old mattress. I'll never do it again, Muffin. And with their Sweet Dreams guarantee, if you're not satisfied with your mattress, they'll buy it back. Will you take me back, Gladys? No, Marvin. I'll get your cheap little hands off my Sealy Posturepedic. For one of the 19 comfort centers near you, call 1-800-246-SLEEP. That's 1-800-246-SLEEP. Comfort Center. What you do in bed is your business. What bed you do it in is ours. See store for details. Visit the Comfort Center mattress shop in Industry, Buena Park, Fountain Valley, or one of 16 other locations throughout Southern California. Vitamin A, vitamin B... Vitamin C. We're hearing vitamin more news than ever about how important vitamins and nutrients are to our good health and that many of us may not be getting enough. Proper nutrition isn't always as simple as ABC. That's why the experts at Natrol created a product called My Favorite Multiple. My Favorite Multiple is based on the most current nutritional research. It goes far beyond the leading multiples. It's a carefully designed combination of 38 vitamins, minerals, and other important nutritional ingredients. Antioxidants like ester C. And yes, My Favorite Multiple is rich in the antioxidants, beta-carotene, vitamin E, and ester C, all in a highly bioavailable form, so your body can absorb more. For a free sample and $5 in coupons, call 800-326-1520. 800-326-1520. You take your health seriously, so take a serious multiple. My Favorite Multiple. You'll find it at your local health food store. It's called My Favorite Multiple. By Natrol. Are you worried about losing control? Do you find yourself having sudden, uncontrollable urges? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a very common problem that 10 million Americans suffer from every day. 
It's called incontinence. Incontinence is uncontrollable involuntary urinary leakage. Now, some degree of incontinence can be seen among men and women over 40. It can be triggered simply by coughing, sneezing, rising from a chair, aerobics, heavy lifting, or even laughing. It can be very minor or very severe, but it can be treated more easily than you might imagine. Just call their incontinence treatment center at the Lakewood Regional Medical Center for a consultation with their incontinence specialists. Most insurance is accepted. The number is 800-427-4345. Now, they serve the North Orange County, Long Beach, and South L.A. County areas. And remember, don't be embarrassed. Millions of other people suffer from the same thing. So call the Incontinence Treatment Center today. They'll help you get back in control. Again, that's 1-800-427-4345. 1-800-427-4345. If you're like most people these days, you're paying more attention to your health and getting a little more choosy with what goes into your grocery cart at the store. The trouble is, eating healthy can sometimes get confusing. Figuring out low fat from high fat and what tropical oils are anyway. Thankfully, KABC and Lucky Foods are here to help. Call the KABC info line at 310-839-INFO for free smart eating tips and a copy of Lucky Smart Eating Guide. That's 310-839-INFO. <laughs> It's a Les Paul original. You want to give it the title? Magic Melody. Yeah. Great I hope. sound. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> great, great sound. Thank you. This is all in uh, your four-CD album that uh, is called The Legend and the Legacy. And what a thing that is. I mean, how is it selling? Fantastic. Very, very good. Yeah. It's a, it's a four-CD yeah. box set. Real good. And fantastic. If you just joined us, it's the legendary Les Paul himself. It is Les Paul Day in the city of Los Angeles, my official proclamation. Now, I want to tell you about what's happening tomorrow night, and I uh, feel honored in having been invited to, to help uh, celebrate. Uh, the legendary music innovator Les Paul will receive the Heart of Music Award from the T.J. Martell Foundation Neil Bogart Memorial Fund at the Gene Autry Western Heritage Museum. Have you been there before? No. Oh, wait no. till you see no, this. I've never seen Oh, it. you're going to love that. I mean, some great, great paintings. Mm -hmm. The evening will include a silent auction with the music memorabilia, and entertainers expected to honor Les Paul include Eddie Van Halen and Michael Anthony Van Halen, Peter Frampton, Joel Walsh, Lita Ford, Gilby Clark, Guns N' Roses, Terry Bozio, Scott Page, Pink Floyd, Jeff Skunk Baxter, Doobie Brothers, uh, Mick Mars, The Motley Crew, Andy Griffith, Dick Dale, Steve Perry, Steve Vai, and uh, Steve Stevens, guitarist for Michael Jackson and Billy Idol, all there to honor you as you get this uh, Heart of Music Award from the T.J. Martell Foundation and Neil Bogart Memorial Fund. How about that? Boy, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that. Well... It's, it's done out of gratitude, Les, because we all love you. Thank you. 
Really? Thank you. You're one of a kind. Let's go to the phones. We've got Dan on the line. Dan, you're on KBC with the legendary Les Paul. Well, hey, uh, Les, congratulations on having your day. Thank you. Uh, I was wondering, I've got a real old record with you jamming with Nat Cole. What were the circumstances on that? I was in the uh, service. I was in the Armed Force Radio Service right here in Hollywood, and uh, uh, the Norman Grants, the uh, producer and the fellow... Jazz the Philharmonic, yeah. Yeah, Jazz the Philharmonic. Yeah, he come in the backyard in our barbecue uh, area in the backyard, and uh, he said to me, would you... Uh, uh, think of working with Nat Cole, Oscar can't make it. And uh, I said, sure. So I went Meredith Wilson. Meredith Wilson says, well, you can do it, but you're in uniform, so you'll have to take all your identification off of the Army uniform, but then you can do it. So I had to play in uniform. So I was a soldier and played with all the guys, uh, and we just had a wonderful time. And that's, uh, it just so happened by accident that Nat and I got into a chase. He couldn't use his name because he was with the record company. I couldn't use my name because I was in the service and could not take any money. And so they called me Paul Leslie, and they called him Shorty Nadine. Yeah. And uh, that's how it was made. Yeah. Uh, do you remember a guitar player named Bob Bain? Oh, sure, very well. He's been telling me a lot of stories about you lately. Well, uh, they're probably all true, too. Uh -huh. uh, he's a very fine guitar player. Yeah. He used to do The Tonight Show, and I knew him when he took lessons uh, way back way back when in 1942 when I came to uh, Hollywood. Yeah, he told me about Hollywood Boulevard and you in the bathtub. <laughs> With walking and whistling blues. Yeah, getting yeah. your echo effect in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I crave an echo. I love to get echo and right. uh, finally invented a way of doing it by uh, uh, coming up with the uh, delay. Yeah. The hey, 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 that thing. Did you ever hear Charlie Christian play in person? Uh, I met Charlie Christian in 1938 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 1937 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. He's mm -hmm. he's you and him really brought the guitar along. <laughs> well, we were on different paths, and uh, uh, he was an excellent player, and unfortunately he passed away at a young age. I was in one hospital, and I called him in the other hospital. Right. We were very dear friends. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Dan. Bye-bye. Uh, tell us the story about how high the moon. It's, it's a fabulous story. <laughs> well, uh, and may maybe maybe Jim Conkling isn't listening. <laughs> well, it started out. Maybe I didn't tell this story, uh, but Mary's sister, who always traveled with us, and she is uh, just uh, one of my favorite people. Her name is Carol Summers, and it's Mary's sister, and she was uh, sort of the right hand uh, person to Mary. Mary just loved to have someone to. I uh, have at her side, and it was Carol who followed us uh, from town to town and lived with us and breathed with us. And I had uh, Wally, who ended up marrying Carol, and Wally was my right-hand man. And, of course, uh, from the room, when we would be recording and looking for some new material, she would yell out, why don't you do How High the Moon? She says, I, would, I can just hear you guys doing that. And so one night, Mary and I decided to do it for Carol. And maybe Carol is listening, and I hope that she is, because she's a wonderful singer, too. And I want you to know that she is a, ter a terrific singer and a terrific gal. Now, when you recorded How High the Moon, it had already been established as a 
jazz standard. It, uh, there were 75 versions of it, and none had ever made a dent in the, uh, with the public. And no one ever got on the stage and did a jam session without playing How High the Moon. It That's was right. a national anthem in jazz. And uh, so it was a curse of death, so to speak. And we decided to make How High the Moon. And it came about so crazy because Mary was sleeping and we had a basement apartment in Jackson Heights. We were broke. We were broke. <laughs> And it was during that time that I got out of bed and I said, I'm going to surprise Mary. I'm going down to the White Castle hamburger stand and pick up a bunch of hamburgers and we'll have some beer and hamburgers for breakfast when she wakes up, see? I got down and got all these White Castle hamburgers and I start to walk. It's about, oh, ten blocks down the street from where we live. And coming back, there was a tavern and it's closed. It's two, three o'clock in the morning. It's closed. And I see a guy in there watering down the drinks or something, and I recognize it's an old friend of mine. So I banged on the window, and he let me, he said, his name was Vance, and he said, what, the, what are you doing here, Les? I thought you were out in California. I says, we got stuck in New York. The place closed, and I says, we were out of work, and so I says, we rented an apartment. I got some hamburgers for, for Mary. I says, a, a gal that I'm going with, Mary, and so forth. And uh, so he says, come on in and have a beer while I'm watering down the drinks. And I sat in that bar and we ate Mary's and my hamburgers and we had some beers and he says, what are you doing? And on the coaster, I was writing out the arrangement of How High the Moon. And finally I said, I gotta go back to the hamburger stand now and get some, some more hamburgers. So I went to the White Castle, got some hamburgers, went back, I woke Mary up and she says, what are you doing up so early? Ah, I says, I just got up and I thought we'd have some hamburgers. And so I gave her some hamburgers and we had the th things and so forth and so on. And I says, I, I, I'm going to do what Carol would like to have us do, uh, How High the Moon. And so we recorded. But uh, you had a, had a few problems in recording <laughs> because there's a guy upstairs, if I recall. Yeah. Who, yeah. Had, a, who had a bladder problem he in did. the middle of the night. Yeah. And the squeak, squeak, squeak. Yeah. He was yeah. probably three or four hundred pounds. Right? I'd, I'd kind of time him. I'd kind of time him as to how many times that he had to go to the bathroom, and I'd I'd record the parts. I'd say to Mary, "Let's not record because we know he's going to get out of bed and he's going to hit hit." But there. you also had to time it for the flights coming out of LaGuardia too. And the third one was that we lived next to a fire department, and so we had three things that we were concerned with: the, the airplanes, flights, the flights from LaGuardia, weak kidney, and the, and the flight. Yeah. And so we we just uh, the first one got shot down, okay, with the uh, with the airplanes going overhead. <laughs> the second one got shot down uh, with the uh, with the fire department, okay. <laughs> the third one got shot down with this guy, and then in walks of all people Zeke, the guy right next to me here, <laughs> and Zeke and his wife B come in there and sat down and watched the stewards the fourth time in one day. And Mary was ready to cry because she thought, every time we do this thing, something happens. Temperature 107. <laughs> oh, it was hot down yeah. in that basement, wasn't it? So I'd strip right down to the waist. And, uh, you know, we just put everything we had into that thing to make that record. And uh, there's about 30 dubs down. 30 yeah. dubs down. Mm -hmm. 
There was, uh, there was, uh, if I counted them right, there was something like 24 dubs before we sent it to Capitol. Now, was tape available at that time? Yeah, this, this was, was done on tape. On tape. Yeah. This was done on tape. Okay. And it was done with just spliced tape together. Uh, I think, Russ, you counted them. Uh, am I correct in saying there was 36 splices? 36. 36 splices in the song that were not intentional splices. They were just used tape that we had. So some of it was high-level, some of it was low-level tape. It was a mess. <laughs> and so we were 24 dubs, and I had to go down one more dub and say, well, when, when she sings somewhere, there's music. Now I'd say right there, I have to turn it up 3 dB because the <laughs> next, next four bars are going to be down, then it's going to go up and everything else. And it was a train wreck. And when I sent that to Capitol, of course, it, it was a mess with 36 doves in it. Now, uh, Jim Conkling... Uh, splices, sorry. Jim Conkling was uh, president of Capitol at the time. Mm -hmm. He thought you were a terrific guy, but he told you, if I recall, that everybody has done How High the Moon, and there's no interest in that song at all. But uh, he kept he kept the master and put it in the stack yeah. on his desk. Yeah. And I guess as a favor to you, as I understand it, just before he left to go to Columbia, mm -hmm. he said, okay, I'll release it. Yeah, I guess after about a year of uh, just waiting and patient, patiently hoping that, uh, uh, you see, he had an interesting point, and it was a valid one. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, 75 records rolled over on him, not on him personally, but on everybody mm -hmm. that recorded How High the Moon. It just seemed like the song either had a curse on it or uh, the lyrics didn't make sense. And he said, listen to the lyrics, Les. Somewhere there's music, I'll hide them. It just didn't make sense. So it was, it, it, it sounded like a, a kind of a, of a mixed up lyric. And I said, I don't think anybody's going to listen to the lyrics. I says, I think that the arrangement's going to, it marches. And I said, I think that's going to be the basis of that song. And so after a while, he said to me, let's, let's put out How High the Moon. And I says, no, I think you're right, Jim. Don't release it. I, I don't think it'll go. I A little reverse right. psychology there. <laughs> yeah. And we worked it back and forth. And finally, he says, Les, now don't pull my chain. We're going to release that record. And in two weeks, it was number one. And Jim, by the way, is one of the finest persons I've ever worked I, with in I my life. I second the motion. Yeah, he is really a sweetheart. And so if he is listening, mm -hmm. I just want to tell him what I think of him. And I've worked with a lot of people in my day, but there's no one any nicer than that man. Married to one of the King sisters, of course. Yes, yes. yes. And she's a sweetheart, too. Indeed. All right. Um, Enough of that. Huh? We're going to take a little break here, and uh, why not play a little bit of How High the Moon? Our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. It is Les Paul today. That's right. By official proclamation, 
It's Les Paul Day here in Los Angeles, and we'll be back with the legendary Les Paul in a moment. This is 790 KVC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. There's nothing like getting your electric bill oh boy. to motivate people to find ways to save energy all around the house. I'll insulate. I'm going to close off unused rooms. Use energy-efficient lights. You know, those compact fluorescent bulbs. But there's one place people tend to forget to look. The stove. The washer. The pool. The refrigerator. The, the refrigerator. refrigerator. It's one of the biggest energy users in the home. If it's old and not running efficiently, it can really be hard on electric bills. That's where Edison comes in. May 28th through September 6th, we're offering rebates to Edison customers when you buy an energy-efficient refrigerator. Rebates are limited, so don't wait. If you've been searching for one more way to save energy, now you know where to find it. The, the refrigerator. refrigerator. The refrigerator. When our customers search for new ways to save, at Edison, we not only help you find them, we help you pay for them, too. For more information, call us at 1-800-952-5062. They're coming. From all over Southern California, people are climbing in their cars, their trucks, their 4x4s, anything on four wheels, and hightailing it to discount tire centers for their gigantic Memorial Day sale on Michelin tires. They're coming for incredible savings on some incredible tires. Michelin, because so much is riding on your tires. Right now, at Discount Tire Center's Memorial Day Sale, you can drive home Michelin XZX Radial size 145 SR13 for as low as $35. No wonder people can't wait to get to Discount Tire Center's. After all, it's not every day you can peel out on Michelin XZX tires, long mileage radials that give small cars great traction and handling, for as low as $35. Which is why people are coming to our Memorial Day sale any way they can. So don't miss the Memorial Day sale going on right now at Discount Tire Centers for a great deal no matter what you drive. Okay, there are a few exceptions. Discount Tire Centers for great Memorial Day savings. Why spin your wheels going anywhere else? If you have cancer or know someone who does, there's something you need to know. The City of Hope is an NCI-designated cancer center. Now, that's important because NCI, the National Cancer Institute, designates and supports only a select number of cancer centers in the entire country. NCI centers like the City of Hope set the standards for cancer treatment worldwide. They are equipped to perform the latest diagnostic and treatment procedures, and their doctors are among the best in their fields. The City of Hope is also a recognized leader in the human side of therapy, providing the personal, physical, and emotional support that makes life worth living after cancer. If anyone you know has cancer, call the City of Hope at 1-800-826-HOPE. Because as an NCI-designated center, the City of Hope offers options you just won't find everywhere. tuned in, you know who's uh, my guest. <laughs> Les Paul, Mary Ford, of course, uh, doing some things on three little words here. I, I'm going to ask you, I've asked you before, but um, 
Les, tell me exactly, and first of all, uh, Les Paul is our guest, and if you didn't know, there's an official declaration by the city of Los Angeles making today, May 21st, Les Paul Day. Les, how did you meet Mary Ford? <laughs> well, uh, <clears throat> I just came out of uh, Art Rush's office, and he's the uh, manager for, for uh, Roy Rogers. And we were negotiating a deal with, uh, with uh, RCA Records. And there was a mix-up, uh, and we had to wait for the confirmation from Camden, New Jersey. And I says, well, I'll just grab the records and walk out the door. And when I did, I rock, walked right into a fellow named Eddie Dean, uh, who, who does uh, some country acting, cowboy acting in, in, in the movies and so forth. And he's an old friend of mine from Chicago. Hey, Eddie, I said, I... I uh, I said, I'm working over at NBC, and I'm looking for a girl singer that sings country, country girl singer. And he said, there's a trio singing over at KNX, he says, the Summer Sisters. And he said, if you go over there, listen to them, they're pretty good. He says, why don't you go over there? It may have been called another name at that time. I don't remember. But uh, I went over there, and he says, look at the girl in the middle, the girl in the middle. Her name is Colleen. So I called Colleen. They gave me the phone number, someone there in the, at, at CBS. And, uh, oh, by the way, Gene Autry was with him at the same time. So I saw Gene. He's another old friend of mine. And uh, so I called Mary on the phone, and she lived oh, out in San Gabriel. And uh, I told her I, my name was Les Paul, and she said, you're joking. She says, I... I'm an admirer of Les Paul, da-da-da-da, da-da-da, and, and she thought it was a gag. I said, no, 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 no. I said, not a gag. It's not a hoax. I'm looking for a girl singer to sing country. I'm going to do a country show for NBC at Rhubarb Red and the Ozark Apple Knockers. <laughs> and, and, and so Mary says, well, rather than take a chance on it, I'm going to come over. I said, well, come over to my studio on Curson. And so I forgot all about it. I knew that Mary was going to come over. Her name was Colleen. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she drove up in the car. And uh, I didn't, I, I, for some reason or another, I knew the lawn had to be cut. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's a rare thing that I go out and mow my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> and it was at night. And I had a flashlight. Uh, mowing the lawn with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mary looks at me, and now I got my army pants on, my army shoes, and and I had a plaid shirt on, and I looked like one one of the characters that Johnny Carson would do on on his uh, rhubarb uh, bit, you know. And, and so uh, Mary said to me, thinking I was the gardener, she says, can you tell me where the Les Paul Studios are? And I says, just follow the driveway. It's right in the back. Now I knew it was the girl, and I remembered what, uh, that she was coming over. And the guys were rehearsing in the backyard. And so we didn't have a door yet. So we'd... We <laughs> nailed up the garage door and sealed it shut, and everybody jumped in through the window, and we built the studio with the piano in it. You're never going to get it out. <laughs> Whatever's in is in. 
Okay. Right, and right. I'll never forget the next people mm -hmm. to come over after Mary were Fever, McGee, and Molly, and we had to lift them through the window oh, also. Wow. <laughs> we're building the studio, but the, but this was the fun of it. Bing Crosby came over, and he too had to do it. The famous Les Paul Studios. Yeah, yeah. And the second story man. And <laughs> Mary, Mary uh, lifted her through the window, and she says, "Now I'm sure this is a joke." And uh, I remember Paul Smith was playing the piano, and my trio was rehearsing there. And we're rehearsing jazz now. And then I realized that uh, I had called Mary and I had her coming over there and everything else, and I better get back there. So I turned the flashlight off, and I went to the back. And I went into the control room, which was so narrow. Man, you could just stretch your arms out and touch both sides, the glass <laughs> and the back wall. And uh, four-channel mixer in there, just a tiny, tiny little room. And uh, Mary says, don't tell me that's Les Paul. <laughs> and and uh, so I stepped out of the control room, climbed through the window, picked up a guitar, and I played a run on the guitar. And she says, well, it is Les Paul. And she was the most disappointed person in the whole world. <laughs> oh, boy. So when did the music start playing? I mean, when, when did uh, the 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 thing start gelling? I mean, well, it did making music it together. It didn't gel for a long time. Mary and I went together for four years, and I had a jazz group, and Mary was singing with Gene Autry, hmm. and was uh, uh, touring around the world and doing her thing. But she was an admirer of mine, and would appear wherever I was. And uh, we became uh, uh, very much in love, okay? And this went on until uh, Mary and I decided that uh, pretty soon we were going to get married. But I was still looking for what I thought should be in my trio. Um, I had Les Paul and his trio. It was actually a quartet, okay? So I had four singers picked out. And Mary helped me pick them out. And one was Doris Day. Oh. One was Rosemary Clooney. You're kidding. Yeah. One was K-Star. Wow. I had auditioned K-Star. I had talked to Doris Day. Uh, they were all very fine singers. And Mary and I decided that the best singer would be Doris Day. And so I made arrangements with Doris Day to join us, mm -hmm. to join the trio. And with Mary's blessing, we were in agreement. Mm -hmm. The last minute I said to Mary, you know what? I don't think I would be happy with a girl singer just sitting there waiting for her turn to sing like she's a band singer. And I said, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable having these pantyhose flying out the back of my <laughs> station wagon. <laughs> I, and I said, I don't think I want a gal in my group at all. I said, I don't think I'm going to do that. And so we didn't. We didn't hire anybody as a singer. Now, later, my father called me and says, for my brother, I'm opening up a tavern in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Would you open it? Would you come in and play for me? And I told my dad and brother, of course. And so... I thought I'd bring Mary along and introduce Mary to my family and say, this is the girl that I'm going to marry. Okay? Well, what happened 
is that my brother, I said to him, Ralph, make sure that you find me a bass player and a good rhythm guitar player so I have some sort of a background. Mm -hmm. So he did, my brother didn't do it. And so I says, Ralph, how come you didn't find a guitar player, a rhythm guitar player, and a bass player? He says, I thought you beat your foot loud enough. <laughs> 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 so I called a friend of mine that played bass, mm -hmm. Warren Downey. And Warren says, I'll be right over. Now I don't have a rhythm guitar player. And I looked at Mary, and Mary says, don't look at me. And I said, I got an extra guitar in the car. Because I always had one. If I broke a string, I could pick up my spare guitar. Mary says, I've I, I never played anything like this. And I says, it doesn't matter. You go ahead and sing Back in the Saddle Again, The Sinking of the Titanic. It doesn't matter. I says, it doesn't matter. I says, we'll play whatever you can sing. And you must know some pop songs. And I says, you've listened to us. Well, my trio is all instrumental. Aren't, there's no vocals in my trio. And so she sang? And so she sang. And my dad sat on the stairway right next to the bandstand. And the bandstand was nothing but some boxes, uh, you know, fruit boxes, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. orange crates. Yeah. And over the top was a sheet and a lamp. A regular reading lamp wow. was over the over <laughs> us, so that Mary could read the lyrics that we wrote out or the customer wrote out. And that's out. the beginning of it. And that was it. And my dad shook his head, no. He says it'll never work. <laughs> we'll be right back with the legendary Les Paul. I'm really scared. Look, try to relax. I just had an MRI. There's nothing to be afraid of. But Mary, you're not claustrophobic. I don't think I can go through with it. MRI is magnetic resonance imaging, an important medical test that produces high-resolution pictures of the body without radiation. Most MRI units look like a long, hollow tube. People who are claustrophobic or large often can't be scanned. Well, I wasn't able to go through with the test. Then my doctor found out about Medical Imaging Center of Southern California in Santa Monica. They have this open MRI unit that didn't make me feel claustrophobic. I was able to have the test, and I wasn't afraid. Medical Imaging Center of Southern California, in addition to its fully upgraded high-field strength magnet, also has a unique, open-air, patient-friendly MRI system. Medical Imaging Center of Southern California, 310-829-9788. Serving Santa Monica and the West Side since 1985. For more information, call Medical Imaging Center of Southern California, 310-829-9788. It's Sit and Sleep's annual in-store warehouse sale. Hundreds and hundreds of brand-name quality Simmons Beauty Rest, CD Posturepedic, Serta Perfect Sleeper, and Spring Airback Supporter Mattresses must be sold at savings of $200, $300, $400, in some cases, even $500 to $600 off department store prices. Now, this is a once-a-year opportunity for you to buy the mattress you need for the lowest possible price. Buy it today and sleep on it tonight with Sit and Sleep's 4-hour local delivery. Your comfort is guaranteed with a 30-night sleep trial. Now, don't miss this opportunity that only comes once a year during Sit and Sleep's warehouse sale. As always, he'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. That's right, free. Now, call Sit and Sleep right now at 1-800-675-3536. That's 1-800-675-3536. Or visit them at their Superstore location for this fantastic annual in-store warehouse sale. Sit and Sleep, located on Overland between Washington and Venice in Culver City. Hurry, sale ends soon, and you know the magic words. You tell them Ray Brain sent you. 
You know, Sears Satellite TV Sales has just received their new line of Zenith Made in the USA satellite receivers, and they're offering them to you at $503 off for a limited time only. And if you love your new satellite installation from Sears as I do, I mean, you are going to flip out. Lice, I don't know if uh, you watch Bill Butel on the news there on WABC or not, but I got to tell you, I love watching WABC off of my satellite dish. I, I'm always on, on WABC watching the news from the Big Apple with Bill Butel, and then I'm, I'm watching Nightline at 8.30 our time, watching 2020 at 7 o'clock in the evening our time. And so it's a time shift for me, so I'm, I'm hooked on uh, the Big Apple and WABC thanks to my satellite dish. That's great. That's what, great. What technology, huh? Oh, yeah, it scares you. It, scares it really you. does. If you're curious and you want to find out what's on uh, television via satellite, call 1-800-824-2436 for your free site survey. That's Sears Satellite Television, and you tell them Ray Bream sent you. 1-800-824-2436. <laughs> Les is going to be back, and uh, we'll take phone calls right after the 1 o'clock news. It's next, so stay right with us, right where you are. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Breen. KBC Los Angeles. It's 1 o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Joan Bennett. While President Clinton has been lobbying for his deficit reduction plan on Capitol Hill this week, his top foreign policy advisors have been huddling over Bosnia. Secretary of State Warren Christopher has been holding talks with Russian Foreign Minister Andrei Kosarev in Washington and will brief the president Friday on what he says is a common strategy to end the Bosnian civil war. Measures under consideration reportedly include policing Bosnia's border with Serbia to make sure weapons aren't getting through and setting up safe havens to protect civilians who've been run out of their homes. Republican Congresswoman Susan Molinari of New York who heads the Republican Committee for Action on Bosnia, is hoping for something with more teeth. I am hoping that um, one thing that can be accomplished is that we enter into a serious discussion of the uh, potential use of airstrikes. The Treasury Department, meanwhile, has targeted 165 companies and individuals, which it says have contributed to violations of sanctions against Serbia and Mon Montenegro. Congressional investigators say U.S. drug companies don't bother to put warning labels on drugs they market in third-world countries. And the investigators charge American companies use misleading and deceptive medical claims that they wouldn't get away with in this country. The drug companies are disputing the report, saying it fails to recognize different laws in foreign countries. President Clinton signed the Motor Voter Bill Thursday. It requires states to let people register to vote by mail when applying for a driver's license or when signing up for the military. You are listening to ABC News. Somewhere in this country, this very day, disaster struck. In fact, a disaster strikes somewhere every single day. Which means every single night, someone needs food, shelter, and a place to rest. Hungry people trapped here. We need food and blankets. You can make a difference. Hundreds evacuated due to flooding of the low-lying areas. Please, support the American Red Cross. 
Call 1-800-842-2200. Because every night is another night. Someone needs your help. Put him over. Put him down over here. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Call 1-800-842-2200. This message is brought to you by the American Red Cross and the Ad Council. Forensic experts have more of an idea on how cult leader David Koresh was killed in the final moments before the Branch Davidian compound went up in flames. They say Koresh's chief lieutenant, D Stephen Schindler, shot him in the head with a rifle, then took his own life. The Houston Chronicle says it's still not clear whether Koresh asked Schneider to shoot him. Alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agents held a memorial in Washington Thursday for their four of their colleagues who were killed in the initial assault on the Branch Davidian compound. The 11-year run is over for Cheers. The award-winning NBC series went out the way many bar conversations end, with a rambling and unresolved discussion on the meaning of life. For Sam Malone, played by Ted Danson, it meant foregoing a new life on the West Coast with old flame Diane and returning to his bar. I'm the luckiest son of a bitch on earth. ABC's Bill Deal was in the middle of the mob outside the Bull and Finch Bar in Boston, where the cast of Cheers had gathered to watch the final show. It's all over the final episode of Cheers, and what's the reaction from fans here at the Bull and Finch? I feel sad. I grew up with these guys. I mean, all I can think of to myself is that I'm going to have to spend Thursday nights without Cheers anymore. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, you can't stay at home and watch TV. There's no more good TV. I, I grew, up, I grew up with Cheers, and I love Cheers. More than anything else, it'll take time to sink in. It's just the way it goes. Something that important to your life, it just takes time. And so Cheers is history, but of course it will live on in reruns. Bill Deal, ABC News, outside the Bullet Bench Bar in Boston. Four consumer groups citing safety concerns have asked Domino's Pizza to give up on the guarantee of delivery in 30 minutes or less. Domino's has long contended 30-minute guarantee doesn't endanger anyone. This is ABC News. Growing up today, we're faced with lots of choices. Good ones, bad ones, right ones, and wrong ones. The Neighborhood Park and Recreation Department has lots of activities for you to choose. Fun and exciting choices. So say no to drugs. Exercise the right choice. Visit your local Park and Recreation Department today. A message from the National Recreation and Park Association. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Joan Bennett. 790 KABC Talk Radio. LA's most interesting talk station. I'm sitting on top of the world. Just rolling along. Rolling along. I'm quitting the blues of the world. Just singing a song. Singing a song. in there lies something else. <laughs> you do some great bridge work in those records. Thank you. Well, anyway, if you've just joined us, welcome to Les Paul. He's our guest. And this is officially Les Paul Day in Los Angeles. By official proclamation, 
here in the city of Los Angeles, May 21st, is Les Paul Day. And uh, it's going to be a big day for you. You wind up in the evening uh, over at the uh, the museum, the Gene Autry Museum. You haven't been there before. No, is, I Is Gene going to be there? Uh, I hope so. I uh, hope so, too. Being, being uh, one of my... Oh, uh, one of my mentors, because in 1929, he come to my hometown. And Can you uh, tell the story about... Uh, the flashlight? Yeah, the did flashlight. Did I tell you that? Either you did or, or, or you read Autry it. did. I'm not sure which. Well, well did you have Gene on the yes, show? Yes, I oh. had Gene on the show. Yeah, well, uh, Gene was on the stage, and uh, I was in the audience, and my buddy and I, uh, uh, I had a piece of paper, and he held a flashlight, and I was writing down where he put his fingers because he was playing the second chord there, and I didn't know it. <laughs> and I would put a dot every time he went to it, and finally Gene stopped uh, on the stage, and he says, I've been here two days, and every time I play that chord, the light lights in the audience. <laughs> and uh, so he says, can anybody tell me what that is? And my buddy is poking me. He says, hey, they're talking about you. They're talking about you. And uh, so I says, Mr. Autry, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I was just trying to learn that chord. <laughs> and, and, and so he asked me to get up on the stage. <laughs> and, and that's how I met Gene Autry. And, of course, later, uh, Gene Autry came to Hollywood, and I took his place in Chicago. Isn't that something? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, I, may I say something? Yep. Uh, the reason for this... Uh, uh, shindig tomorrow today and that's where you're going to receive the heart of music award yeah 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 it, it's important because uh it's tony martell who is a very dear friend of mine with columbia records he lost uh his young one uh to the cancer mm -hmm. problems and so forth and so on and i guess it hits everybody and in this case it's very serious and when they asked me to come out here they cast me, asked me to come out here and auction off some Les Paul guitars, and it would be kind of nice to get all my friends to come over and visit, and perhaps that they would be interested in contributing something to the cause, and that's for the, for the Cancer Foundation. And that's basically what the bottom line is, is that we'd like to do everything we can for Tony Martell, and not the fact just that he lost his, mm -hmm. uh, his kid, but... Uh, more important, uh, it happened right to me. Not only did I lose my brother and my mother and others uh, with the cancer, but it just hit the, uh, a month ago to my rhythm guitar player. Mm -hmm. He got lymphoma and he's on chemotherapy and it's rough for him too. It's rough for anybody and it just hits about everybody. And so it's for a good cause. Yes, indeed it is. <clears throat> All right. Uh, last... We haven't been going to many of the phone calls, and we have a whole board of people who want to get in touch with you here, so let's start doing it. Great. Our phone number, by the way, is 1-800-222-KABC. Jane, thanks for holding on. You're on KABC with Les Paul. What a privilege. My mother also died of cancer, and I've been to the T.J. Martell bowling uh, charity fundraising things. And Good. Anyway, I'm sitting here holding a 1954 Les Paul Jr., Oh, <laughs> and I especially loved your story about White Castle hamburgers because hamburger is my last name. <laughs> oh, you're kidding! And I'm from New York, but um, what's the story with this Les Paul Jr.? It's it's just a wonderful guitar, and I think it's as old as I am. 
Well, I, I, it's it's very simple, hon. And the reason that, that Junior came out is because when I was a kid, I didn't have the privileges that they have today. I had to send the Sears and Roebuck and learn on a four ninety five dollar Sears and Roebuck guitar that was like a club uh, with a warped neck, and it uh, was not really a serious instrument. And so I talked to the Gibson people and convinced them that it'd be a good idea to make a guitar so that the beginner could have what I never could possibly dream to have, and that is a fine guitar without the bells and whistles on it, but that it would play good and you would learn good and you'd be on a professional instrument at a reasonable economical cost. It's also good that. for women because it's lightweight. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I kid Gibson about a lot. I says, hey, you know, lighten up the guitar. Otherwise, the Mayo Clinic's going to have a room. It's going to say, for the Les Paul people, <laughs> full of guitar players. <laughs> They're all hunched back, and they got arthritis from playing the Les Paul. Worse <laughs> than carrying a heavy purse on your shoulder. <laughs> But anyway, the, it, the junior is a nice instrument. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. What, um, the serial number starts with a four. Is that 54? It, it could be. Uh, there is a Gibson man right here. He might be able to tell us. I don't know. Is it four? Does that mean anything? Uh, he looks like uh, he's stupefied. I don't know. <laughs> he's not going to have the answer for you. Well, I remember seeing the manual, and the price was $132.50 when it was new. Well, there you go. And that's what we're doing today. We're making, uh, uh, we've talked it over with the Gibson people, and we make an Epiphone line of guitars now uh, that are, uh, we watch, watch the guitar very carefully to make sure that it's very fine quality. And, of course, it's made offshore, and it's called an Epiphone Les Paul, and it's for those that are beginning and they don't have to send a Sears and Roebuck or any other place and get some instrument that is not a professional instrument. Well, thank you. It's a beautiful tobacco sunburst Les Paul Jr., and I just, I love him to death. Well, you just, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there's something about a guitar, uh, and I'm, I've been aware of it since a kid. Uh, when I took the guitar out of the package, my mother come running in, I happened to bump against a string, and my mother says, you play beautiful. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I try that with a violin. You want to kill the kid playing the violin for five years. If he plays clarinet, you hate him. Okay, anybody can pick up a guitar, and it sounds great. There's just something about a guitar that you love, and hon, you keep picking it, and you, I hope you love it half as much as I do. Thank you, Jane. Uh, tell me, Les, how did, how did this Gibson Les Paul guitar come about? Well, it came about in 1928 when I decided to make a change. And so I went up to the Gibson factory. I said, who makes the finest guitar in the world? That's what I want to have. And they said, a Gibson. And so I drove to the Gibson people and picked out a Gibson guitar the best one that they make. And it was an L5 Gibson. And of course, I cherished it. I would polish it. I'd make a, when I woke up in the morning, that's when I opened my eyes, I want to see that guitar. And it's been that way my whole life. I just love the guitar. Well, when, uh, when they put out the, uh, 
the Gibson Les Paul solid body guitar. Mm -hmm. uh, what year was that? In the 50s? That when? was 1951 that, I, that we made the prototypes. 1952, they were out and on their way. What do they sell for today? They must be something else. Oh, boy. Well, the Gibson man over there, all he's got to do is tell them, but they range from anywhere from, I imagine, $1,000. Uh, the Epiphone line would be uh, much more reasonable than that. But I, uh, I imagine that if you really want to get a real good Les Paul guitar, you can go all the way up to 100000 Really? Yep. Yeah. That's if you else. really... Uh, if, if <laughs> what, what, did they, what did they sell for originally? Uh, <laughs> one one that you pay a hundred thousand for. Yeah. Well, it may be uh, uh, something like a 1958, mm -hmm. 59. Would you say that, Kevin? Yeah, and what did they sell for originally? Uh, probably three hundred dollars somewhere <laughs> around that. <laughs> yeah. It's like buying a 1915 Model T Ford. Yeah. You know? uh, it's in the eyes of the beholder or the ears. Of course. Let's say hello to Joe. Joe, good morning. You're on KBC with Les Paul. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. It's a joy to talk to you, Mr. Paul. Uh, Thank you, sir. I have to ask you a question if I can. You sure do. Um, I'm an old guitar player, music store owner from New Jersey. Hey. And I have a dear friend back there, and his name is Bill Gepner. Oh, one of the nicest persons you'll ever meet. In the entire world. But Billy has been promising me something for a long time, and now that I'm talking to you live in person, I'm going to... I'm going to make you put them on the spot, if you would. I have catalogs. I saved every piece of paper that came out of the Gibson Company that I had during my music store. And he mentioned one time to me when I sent him some catalogs that it was one you hadn't seen. Does that ring a bell at all to you? No. Doesn't uh, do it. No, it doesn't. Well, I'm going to call him tomorrow and, and, and ring his bell again because he had said there was some things you hadn't seen. And I said, the only thing you can do for me, if you would, please do it is give this to Mr. Les Paul and get me a, an autograph that I can cherish because I have stashed away, since I sold my store, a 50th, 25th anniversary. I guess that's what it was called. Hang on to it. And I also have a Pro Deluxe, which I don't know if it was real, real popular, but I happen to love that particular. Oh, I do, too. I thought it was a great combination of goodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, speaking of Bill, he's over at Victor Music in Ridgewood. Now uh, I know he's out of mascara because mascara's all gone. That's right. And, and and Bill is down at Fat Tuesdays about every other Monday night. And uh, now uh, it may sound like I I rave about a lot of people. I don't. Uh, he just happens to be one of the most uh, nicest persons that I that I know of uh, anywhere in the in the world. Well, when I came out of Manus College of Music way way back, yeah. and I opened up a store in Tom's River, New Jersey. Billy was nice enough to give me, and not not sell me, but give me a whole bunch of nice guitars, including SG, mm -hmm. and said, give it a try. And that's something that just never seems to happen much in any business. And he got me going, and for, I think, 10 years, kept me um, well-supplied until I was able to start becoming a dealer of my own and, and buying yeah. the Gibson Company. How do you explain how a guy can be as nice as Bill? Isn't he a, a honey? I don't know of a musician in that area around Belleville. I'm, I'm originally from North Belleville area. Mm. I don't know of a musician who didn't know him and love him because if you broke down on nine, at 9 o'clock on a Saturday night, um, he'd, he'd loan it, bring it over, yeah. set it up, plug it in, and play for you if you had to. Yeah, yeah. He's an unusual person. Uh, well, if one I, of my favorite people. I won't tie you up. I know lots of folks. Thank you. Talk to you. If I give Billy a call, and yeah, next time he sees you and he asks you for an autograph for Joe in California, <laughs> 
Would you tell him that I uh, I head you off at the pass? I'll see him Monday night. I'm going to Fat Tuesdays. I'm going to call him tomorrow. Thank you. Gentlemen, Take care. Thank pleasure. you, Joe. Uh, Fat Tuesdays, for those who don't know, uh, tell us about it. Every Monday night, uh, there is a uh, session going on, and you're there. <laughs> well, it's a wild thing. After my heart surgery, uh, the doctor had said to me, he said, Les, I want you to promise me two things. One, that you'll be my friend. And the second thing is, is that you work hard. And I said, I thought that's what got me in here. And he says, no one ever died of working hard. So he says, I want you to promise me you work hard. I said, that's easy. And so as I got well, I began to think, where should I go and what should I do? I had retired in 1965 from playing the guitar. And so I said, well, maybe that's my love. I had taken a piece of paper. I told you this a long time ago. Took a piece of paper, and I put the plus and minuses down, and it came out hands down. I should go back and play the guitar. Mm -hmm. I said, be good for my arthritis. It'd be good for the doctor. It'd be good for my heart. Let's shoot for it. And then I thought, where should I play? New Jersey? I said, no one even knows where New Jersey is. I said, mercy. <laughs> and you know how I got in New Jersey? It was because of the Listerine president saying, would you do your show from New Jersey where we can uh, watch over? Because they are, are there. that's mm -hmm. where their headquarters mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And I never heard of New Jersey other than <laughs> the fact I, I knew it was a state, but I would <laughs> never think of moving there. I live in, in, in Los Angeles. And so we agreed to go back there. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get back to the story. We go down the Fat Tuesdays, and I, I happen to look all over New York for a place that I says, where do I want to make my home? When I went down the Fat Tuesdays, the big, tall fellow standing there, Scott, and I said, I'd like to talk to you about working here. Now, and where is it? Is it in the village? It's No, no. It's just uh, on the lower uh, east side of Manhattan. Uh -huh. A very nice neighborhood. And, and uh, it was nice as you're going to get in New York. They yeah. shoot you anywhere, yeah. okay? <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's cool. It's real nice. It's real nice. And uh, uh, I, I picked this particular place to go. And I says, I don't want to wear a tuxedo. I just want a joint. I just want to play in a joint. So, so people uh, in in the music business, they they come there and you have a session. Oh, it's it's loaded. It's loaded. Uh, Leon Redbone was in last week and the week before that. Well, if it's not Henny Youngman, it's going to be uh, uh, the top top. Uh, Al Demiola's in there. Any anybody you want to name. Larry Carlton comes in there. Danny wow. Gatton comes in there. Anybody that plays a guitar, he's in there. Anybody you want to name, if he's alive, he's there. And you saw our engineer who's on vacation, Greg. Yeah, Greg was there. Tuesday. How yeah, about that? Couple, last, last Monday. We're, but let me tell you we're this. We're going to see you tomorrow night, or tonight, actually. Yeah, well, well anyway, I, I go to Scott, and I said to this fellow, I told him my name, Les Paul. Didn't mean a thing to him. You, you know? didn't? No, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so he looks at this old-timer, and I am an old-timer. This guy is, you know, like 22 years old, and that watch is swinging real fast yeah. in his hand. And, and uh, so he said, what do you play? I said, I play the guitar. And uh, he says, well, we're booked. We're booked. So I says, you got a boss? Yeah, he says, I got a boss. So I said, I want to talk to the boss. So I talked to the boss. He said, are you the Les Paul? I figured, well, this guy I'm going to get along with a little better. <laughs> and so the, the boss says, what, what can we do for you? And I says, well, I'd like to work here. And he says, 
uh, well, we could try you for a couple of weeks. What kind of music you playing now, Les? And I says, well, there's no name for it. I says, best thing to do is to try it. And he says, well, uh, for a couple of weeks? I says, no, just on Mondays. He says, we're not open Mondays. And I says, well, I'll work for nothing. He says, we're open Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened is that we went in there on a Monday night. The place was jammed, and it worked out real good. And the second week went there, the third week went there, fourth week went there. After about three months, I heard, I heard him announce that uh, Les Paul be here with his trio forever. Wow. And we've been there nine years, and you can't get in, and all the people in the world just seem to come down there. And it's just a pleasure. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the happiest times of my life has been since my heart surgery where I can do what I want to do. See, when you play for 10, 20,000 people at a time, you don't really get to know them. But when you're in an intimate spot... You really get to know them, and you get to meet your friends and and new friends, but it's a very intimate thing. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with Ezra in Northridge. He's <laughs> he's a composer writing for big bands and wants some tips on writing for guitar, and that'll be our next call coming up here on 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. <laughs> We'll be right back with our guest, the legendary Les Paul, here on Les Paul Day in Los Angeles. Today, May 21st, by proclamation, is Les Paul Day in the city of Los Angeles. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. Hello, I'm Catherine Crosby, a registered nurse and a firm believer in preventive medicine. The disease this time is osteoporosis, a thinning of the bones which affects 25 million Americans. Their bones become porous and brittle, causing one and a half million fractures each year, including half a million fractures of the spine, 300,000 of the hip, and 200,000 of the wrist. The exciting news is that this disease can be treated with non-estrogen drugs as part of a massive research study conducted by cooperating physicians at the Osteoporosis Diagnostic and Treatment Center in your area. If you are a woman between the ages of 50 and 80, you may be eligible to participate. All tests, services, and drugs are free. To volunteer, phone 1-800-447-STUDY. That's 1-800-447-STUDY. For volunteers, the number again is 1-800-447-STUDY. At Comfort Center Mattress Shops, we believe that what you do in bed is your business. Except if you have a very old bed. Then, what you do in bed can become everybody else's business. So, if your bed has seen better days, or nights, come to Comfort Center Mattress Shops for the largest selection of mattresses by Sealy, Surter, and Simmons. Because, unlike department stores, we sell the finest brand-name mattresses at the guaranteed lowest prices, like a queen-size Surter Perfect Sleeper for just $349. And if that doesn't get you excited, our free delivery, free setup, free bed frame, and free disposal of your old mattress will. And with our Sweet Dreams guarantee, if you're not satisfied with your mattress, we'll buy it back. For one of the 19 
16 comfort centers near you, call 1-800-246-SLEEP. That's 1-800-246-SLEEP. You'll be glad you did. And so will your neighbors. Comfort center. What you do in bed is your business. What bed you do it in is ours. See store for details. For the best price on a name brand mattress, visit the Comfort Center in West L.A. on Santa Monica Boulevard, one block east of Bundy. The anniversary. It's an occasion for celebrating. And at Homestead House, we intend to do just that. We're celebrating our 40th year of business with the biggest furniture sale in the history of our company. Please listen carefully, because a fine furniture sale of this magnitude has never, ever been available at Homestead House. From now through Memorial Day, every piece of furniture and decorator accessory will be marked down 40%. Virtually every piece in our vast collection of living room, dining room, and bedroom furniture is now 40% off. It's 40% off the finest names, including Drexel, Heritage, Henridan, Marge, Carson, and Lineage, plus award-winning decorator accessories collected from around the world. It's the 40th anniversary celebration sale at Homestead House, and it's happening right now at all of our 15 beautiful showroom locations. Previous purchases, draperies, mattresses, carpeting, and antiques not included in this sale. Don't miss this history-making anniversary sale now through Memorial Day. Homestead House. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and the 790 KBC Talk Radio time is now 127 and 52 seconds. Oh, listen to this. You got to hear this. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I made that song for my mother. You did? Yeah, my mom, that was her favorite song. Whispering. Uh-huh. And I recorded that for her. And, uh, How many overdubs would there be in that one? Oh, I don't know. I never counted them. Uh, they were made sound on sound in the mm. old days. Yeah. And that's when I, you know, I created that idea of doing uh, sound on sound on a, just on a mono. Tell us about the uh, pulverizer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a wild thing. Uh, you see, we used to have Mary's sister sing off stage. And uh, the people would hear two voices, you know. Yeah. And uh, their imagination would go wild, you know. And we'd play Vegas or something like that. And Mary's sister, Carol, mm -hmm. uh, she would be, we'd hide her away somewhere. And she'd sing the other voice. And uh, I could hear people in the audience saying, well, are you hearing two voices, you know? <laughs> and, and so this, we were in playing, we were playing Vegas one time, and it was, it was really cute. Uh, she turned around and said to her husband, uh, and he was the, the mayor of Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and, and, and she says, just what, how does he do in that? And he says, stupid, it's simple, it's radar. <laughs> radar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, radar. Uh, no one could figure it out. But anyway, uh, the idea came to Mary and I one time 
1955 or something like that. We happened to be visiting here uh, on a break from uh, doing the filming in, in New Jersey. And so we were back here, and Mary's visiting her folks and everything. And I said, let's take a vacation and go up to Big Bear. And so we're going up the mountain. And all of a sudden, the idea hit me. And I said, Mary, and I turned around. Uh, arrow had me just turned around. And I says, forget the vacation. I says, I know it. I got the answer. And she says, what? And I says, I know what to do now. We can do it all with tape. And I says, with the invention of mine, with a little black box that I'm going to put on my guitar called the Les Pulverizer, we can do this, okay? And she says, ah, oh, you're never going to catch me on the stage with a tape. She says, boy, I, that's liable to break. This could happen. That could happen. And it's true. It could. And it did. The very oh, time. really? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we, we built this thing, got it together, and I had it all over the floor, and I get a call from George Murphy mm -hmm. from the Washington, D.C., and he says, I'm calling for the President of the United States for President Eisenhower, and he would like to have you play for him at a private party. Well, I says, I'd be honored, so he says, I'll call you back. And when uh, I got off the phone, I said to Mary, very excited, I says, Mary, the president uh, wants us to play for him this weekend in, in Washington. Wow. And Mary says, well, what are we going to do? And I says, I'm going to use the less pulverizer. Wow. <laughs> and and this, you did? And the new invention. I'll be darned if Nixon doesn't call me back. And it's uh, Vice President Nixon. Yes. And he yes. says, I want to thank you for okaying to play for the president. We'll be looking for you. Da-da-da-da. Here's yeah. the address. Yeah. And I said to Mary, I says, I can't back out on it now. We got to use this less pulverizer. And it was my invention of taking and duplicating what you just heard on record, mm -hmm. doing it for the President of the United States. And that's the first guy to hear it was uh, uh, President Eisenhower, Mamie Eisenhower, wow. and uh, Nixon and Nancy, and the 75 members of the cabinet. And that was the first time that we ever did multi-track recording live in front of an audience. Were you nervous, thinking, well, is this thing really going to work? Uh, I, I had more confidence than Mary had. Mary was death afraid <laughs> of this thing breaking down. And, of course, I, I guess I uh, uh, had a little, a little mm -hmm. more faith in it than she did because mm -hmm. she doesn't know that, you know, that the tape was pretty reliable and... and mm -hmm. And my less pulverizer, the, the soldering joints were okay, okay? <laughs> no no cold solder joints. All right, let's say hello to Ezra. Uh, Ezra, you're on KBC with Les Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, hey, Les. Good, good morning. Happy day today. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, I'm studying under a fellow named Dick Grove. Um, we're studying uh, composing and arranging. Mm -hmm. Big band. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, we wrote for Ape Brass and Rhythm Section. Mm -hmm. um, I did a Foggy Day. Right to that. And um, anyway, it's it's really quite an honor to. Well, thank you. You you enjoy doing your work. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's tremendous. I'm learning so much compared to college, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Tell me, how do you feel about um, the sort of music that electric guitars are being used for these days? Well, there's a, a wide variety. Uh, I think there's some great country pickers out there. In fact, they they just play some astounding things. And I think that uh, over in the rock department and in the jazz fusion department, there's a Larry Carlton out there. There's just so many. What's the fellow's name in the Dire Straits that plays so good? Uh, Mark Knopfler. He comes down the Fat Tuesdays. They all come down there. Uh, Pat Martino plays excellent. Uh, George Benson. They all come down the Fat Tuesdays, and and most of them sit in and jam, and we just have a wonderful time. And I must say that I'm proud of all of them because there's some great players. Borelli comes down there. Boy, he wouldn't miss coming in there and playing. And uh, I'll tell you, it makes you work hard. Uh, they don't let me rest at all, because when they come down there, they're, they mean it. All right, Ezra, thanks for the call. And we'll be back with more calls in just a moment. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. And by proclamation, the city of Los Angeles has uh, become less Paul Day today. All day, May 21st. You heard it first right here on KBC. Les is our guest. Uh, Les, you did this for our mutual friend, Al Jasbo Collins. Uh oh yeah. And this is, called, this is a thing called Deep in the Blues. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell theme. you. It was his theme. That's right. You wrote it especially for him. Yep, yep. And it's so good. Good old Jasbo. Here it is. Oh. Mercy. Man, if that doesn't do it. I mean, that's really the blues. Yeah. Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, that's where we made it. And weren't you working there? Weren't no, you? never worked New York City, except what, you no, know, in Scranton, on the Pennsylvania? No, no, where did you no. work? Out no. here? Out here. Out here. Thought you came from back no. there somewhere. No, no. I mean, that's the... That's the real blues. Yeah, there's many different kinds of blueses out there. That's right. Yeah. I forgot to mention Jimi Hendrix is one great, great player. Sorry he isn't with us, but yeah. great player. We'll be right back with Les Paul, who's engaged in uh, a little blues playing here, deep in the blues. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. Are you worried about losing control? Do you find yourself having sudden, uncontrollable urges? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a very common problem that 10 million Americans suffer from every day. It's called incontinence. Incontinence is uncontrollable, involuntary urinary leakage. Now, some degree of incontinence can be seen among men and women over 40. It can be triggered simply by coughing, sneezing, rising from a chair, aerobics, heavy lifting, or even laughing. It can be very minor or very severe, but it can be treated more easily than you might imagine. Just call their incontinence treatment center at the Lakewood Regional Medical Center for a consultation with their incontinence specialists. Most insurance is accepted. The number is 800-427-4345. Now, they serve the North Orange County, Long Beach, and South L.A. County areas. And remember, don't be embarrassed. 
Millions of other people suffer from the same thing. So call the Incontinence Treatment Center today. They'll help you get back in control. Again, that's 1-800-427-4345. 1-800-427-4345. Hi, you know it's great to be young and active. Tennis in the morning, basketball in the afternoon. But even a guy my age can sometimes develop strains and cramps and muscle aches due to physical activity. That's why I use Arctic Spray. Arctic Spray is an easy-to-use non-aerosol pump spray that you apply directly to your skin. Just spray it on and you'll experience real pain relief. You see, Arctic Spray has a very high percentage of pain-relieving ingredients for deep, soothing penetration. And don't worry... It's non-greasy, non-sticky, and it won't stain your clothing either. Hey, my dad even uses it for his arthritis, and he feels better than ever. So put those aches and pains to rest with Arctic Spray in the convenient blue bottle. Spray the pain away with Arctic Spray. It's as close as your nearest thrifty Clark Drug or Fatco store. Oh, Earl. Oh, friend. Oh, Earl. Oh, friend. Oh, Earl. Oh, friend. Oh, Earl. Oh, friend. Oh, wait. Not here. <laughs> Why not? Because... Because the kids will hear us, you crazy megalosaurus. Dinosaurs. The older you are, the better it gets. Earl, did the Earth move for you, too? Now on Sundays at 7.30 on KBC-TV, Channel 7. <laughs> there, huh? That was for Jasmo, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to play San Antonio Rose? No, he, j he just liked the song, and oh. so I recorded it, and it's been his favorite. My goodness, everywhere he goes, he plays that thing. Well, I, I love the, the bridge in this thing. It's great. Let's let it play on. Do it for you, nothing will. Uh, uh, oh, gee. Oh, thank you. Raise a bridge man, you know. If, uh, who was it? Uh, Hank Wills and the. Oh, Bob Texas Bob, Bob, Bob Wills, Wills and the Wills. Texas Playboys. That's how I met Charlie Christian. I went out there. My mother said, Why don't you leave Fred Waring? And I said, I'm on five days a week, coast to coast, with Fred Waring. I said, Jay, it's the biggest show in radio. And she says, but Bob Wills. And I says, Bob who? And she <laughs> says, on Saturday nights, where she had a special antenna stretched out, you know, so that she could get Tulsa KVO in Tulsa, <laughs> Oklahoma. And Mother says, listen to this. And I could hardly hear the station. And she says, that's what you, there's who you, you should be with. And so I said to my bass player, as long as we're on vacation and we're not with Fred Waring for two weeks, we got two weeks off, I said, let's go out there and see what my mom's talking about. Because I listen to my mom. Mm -hmm. Because mom's got a one great ear. And uh, she pretty well knows where the body's buried. Right. And so we decided to drive to Oklahoma. And when we got there to Bob Wills, 
and we listened to the Texas Playboys out there. I got up and I played with Bob Wills. Really? Yeah, yeah. I got up and I jammed with them. We were having a great time. And, uh, oh, my goodness, everything was perfect. And there was a uh, little kid standing down there, and it was Charlie Christian. I didn't know this. And he said, Mr., he says, uh, can, I, can I try playing your guitar? And I says, can you play? And he says, yes, sir. And I gave him my guitar, and when he got up and played, I'm telling you, we all were surprised because he played so good. And, of course, after that, he joined Benny Goodman, and the rest is history. The guy is a very fine guitar player and became a very dear friend of mine. Uh, speaking of surprises, Les, uh, we've got one right now. Mystery guest, check in, please. Um, Les, I'm your best fan in the world. It's Rosemary Clooney, Les. How are you? Oh, my goodness. You could have been my singer. I know it. <laughs> oh, doll, I just saw you on a TV show out of New York, and you're just singing great, great as ever, and, of course, I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. You know yes, how I love Mary, too, you know. I know. I yes, know. Uh, I know. Uh, we all love Mary. Yes, I know. Yeah. But it's just such a pleasure to hear you, to hear a really good musician and to... And to realize what you've done. Aren't I'm you just, sweet? I'm your greatest fan. Thank you. Isn't You're that great? You're welcome. Wow, what yeah. a pleasure. You know, every year she puts on this uh, pop concert yeah. uh, down at the Music Center for the Betty uh, Clooney Foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, this this was the, the best one of them all. Oh, thank you. Even, though, even though the time said it was long, long. Man, nobody walked out. <laughs> Nobody walked out, and it was a full house. Well, I leave for Boston tomorrow morning, and what a send-off you two are giving me. Oh, yeah. we love you. You're going to be back around the uh, end of June? I am. Well, let's work out on a date, okay? And I we'll, sure will. We'll get you in here and talk about your new album. Thank you, my darling. Uh, what's, what's the name of that album about New York again? Uh, yeah, Do You Miss New York? Do You Miss New York? Yeah. you got to hear this album, Les. Something else. It's, I, I send love to you, Les. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Rosie. Rosie. Bye-bye. I'll, I'll see you at Fat Tuesdays. Okay, doll. Okay. Oh, take, you take come care. in there, you'll have a riot going. <laughs> no, I will. I, I want to say one thing about Rosie, and that is, is she always sings good, and we're always so proud, and she has the finest musicians behind her. She had 45 musicians at least. How many did you have? I think it was 40, yeah. Forty musicians yeah. on stage. Yeah, but yeah. I but I know what what Les means the small jazz groups which I love to work. Oh, you got you're you're one of the great. Thank you, Les. Thank you, doll. God bless you, Ray. We'll see you later, Rosie. Yes. You betcha. Bye bye. Bye bye. The legendary Rosemary Clooney, isn't that nice? You never know who's listening, do you? Well, uh, like I say, uh, she was one of our the four favorites uh, wow. with, between Doris Day and Rosemary yeah. and Casey. You had you had great taste. Oh, great! You better <laughs> believe it. You better believe it. And Rosie's still out there and uh, and so better proud. than she's ever yeah, been. Yeah. Oh. And she sticks to that melody, and she sings uh, it dead on. And, and with her recordings today and the jazz backgrounds, the combos and things, oh, they're so tasty. Just, uh, just She great. ought to feel a little better right now. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Rosie. All right, let's say hello to Alan. Alan, you're on KBC with Les Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Les Paul? Yes, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, I really uh, don't like following Rosemary Clooney, but... She's a tough act to follow, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> the best. My reason for calling is I think we may be related in a very distant way. 
That is to say, the lovely Mary Ford is my grandson's grand aunt. Well, I'll have to Mary's follow that one down, Mary's but anyway, you're in the family somehow. Mary's brother is my grandson's other grandfather. Which brother? Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, there's an excellent guitar player. He's a, a fine arranger. Yeah. He's, he, he'll be there tomorrow. Where uh, is that? Today, today. He'll be in Griffith Park at the uh, museum. Really? Uh-huh. That's uh, the uh, Gene Autry thing? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm told that Bobby will be there, and of course, uh, Bobby has been a favorite of mine since a little runny-nosed kid when he started out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I recognize talent. He sure has it. The whole family has talent, to be honest with you. Oh, sure, sure. They uh, have wonderful. I say one thing other. Uh, your yours and Mary Mary Ford's recording of How High the Moon holds a very special part in my heart. Uh, as a youth, I ro romanced the girl across the street. <laughs> uh oh. Is that about 1948. Yeah, I hear a lot of people come up to me. You should hear the stories I hear about how high the moon and the relationship that they had. <laughs> I can't talk about it on the air, but I'll tell you, they got many memories with that song. <laughs> uh, was that about 1948? Uh, uh, we recorded it in 49, but 49. it didn't come out until Jim Conklin thought a long time about it. But <laughs> old Jim, if he's out there, we're only just kicking you a little bit. The, the quality and the tone on that is just, it's, you know, today it's, it's, it's still phenomenal, you know. Yeah. Was there, did you use augmentation of any type or uh, uh, no. tracks or? No, no, we had no click track. Uh, we started with the last part first, so we always recorded backwards. I and see. Now, wait a minute. You recorded backwards? Always backwards, yeah. Not not that we didn't run the tape backwards. No. We recorded the last part first, so that if Mary had to sing the fifth part uh, at all, she was going to sing the fifth part first, and then the fourth part, the I third see. part, second part, and first part. Oh. And in, not in all cases, but in many cases we did that because of the fidelity. And so, consequently, before I invented the the, the, the multi-track, mm -hmm. uh, we had sound on sound, and I invented that. And in doing that, that was a little culprit because you could get in trouble uh, because if you're going to go 24 uh, 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 less. tapes down. Go ahead. Les, do mm -hmm. I understand correctly that you are the originator of the electrified guitar? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that... Uh, I just want to clarify one thing. That doesn't mean that there was someone in, in, in some other country or some place that I didn't hear of that might have uh, stuck a phonograph needle in the top of a guitar, <laughs> too. I, I, I uh, just don't know what's going on in the world. I just say that, uh, that this is what I did, and I did it un out of necessity like I did all of my inventing. Anyway, I, tomorrow... Tomorrow Saturday, uh, wait a minute, is tomorrow Saturday? No, Friday. It's today, tomorrow's today, today, okay, right now. You're going to be at the Griffith Park Gene Autry? Tonight, yes. Tonight. Oh, tonight? Yeah, Friday. Well, okay, okay, well, here we are, 2 o'clock. Uh, all right, well, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you, sir, and, uh, and congratulations on Les Paul Day. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Alan. Bye. Bye-bye. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. Our guest is the legendary Les Paul, and of course, uh, out on the market is a four-CD set, a box set, uh, and it's called The Legend and the Legacy. And how is it doing? Is it selling It's doing, doing real good. And, and the thing that is uh, most encouraging about it is that the people like the fourth disc the best. Really? And they like that one because it's all unreleased stuff. That's right. 
and a lot of the things weren't quite complete yet and so we had to complete them so in some cases i had to lay a track in there or other cases i had to uh, do some maneuvering to get them done so my son russ was uh, sitting over there old russ and i we rolled up our sleeves on that fourth track and got them together wonderful and, and uh, i don't know if you've heard, have you listened to it oh yeah uh, oh okay, sure okay. i thought you were busy with it no, no. with your dish no no let me tell okay. you i've listened to it all right uh, if, if they'd been uh, the old records, they would have been worn out. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with Les Paul in a moment. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. I'm a fool to care When you treat me this way This is 790 KBC Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brain. If you're 55, this message is for you. Independence for yourself or your loved ones can be elusive when a health crisis arises, and finding the right place that provides the necessary help can be a difficult task. Now, the Pacific Convalescent Center in Santa Monica understands this and tries to make it easier. They've been caring for people with special needs for many years and pride themselves with their patient care, both long and short term. Folks that come to Pacific Convalescent Center and their families appreciate the warm, friendly atmosphere and attentive staff who are there for every resident. Their staff encourages residents to reach their highest level of independence and allows them to maintain their individuality. A variety of activities is offered to make every resident stay a more pleasant experience. Pacific Convalescent Center offers both private and semi-private rooms, many with garden views. Room rates are competitive with a wide array of services included. Now, Pacific delivers the kind of care and attentive service which exceeds today's normal expectations. Call them today for information and special offers with no obligation. Call 310-453-5456. 310-453-5456. Vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. We're hearing vitamin more news than ever about how important vitamins and nutrients are to our good health and that many of us may not be getting enough. Proper nutrition isn't always as simple as ABC. That's why the experts at Natrol created a product called My Favorite Multiple. My Favorite Multiple is based on the most current nutritional research. It goes far beyond the leading multiples. It's a carefully designed combination of 38 vitamins, minerals, and other important nutritional ingredients. Antioxidants like ester C. And yes, My Favorite Multiple is rich in the antioxidants, beta-carotene, vitamin E, and ester C, all in a highly bioavailable form, so your body can absorb more. More. For a free sample and $5 in coupons, call 800-326-1520. 800-326-1520. You take your health seriously, so take a serious multiple. My Favorite Multiple. You'll find it at your local health food store. It's called My Favorite Multiple. By Natrol.
would certainly know that song if you were around back in the early 50s. Let's see, if I recall, I was 53. <laughs> 1953, boy, I'll tell you, it was big. Late 52, early 53, Meet Mr. Callahan. Where, where did you get that song, Wes? Uh, it came to a friend of mine named Lou Levy, and we're playing the Paramount Theater, and he came up with a stack of songs. Oh, I, I would say that it was a foot high. And he'd say, maybe you'll, you'll like something on this pile. And he laid them down at, at, at the Paramount Theater. And between shows, I had a little phonograph, and I would just play a few bars, and I'd toss them in the corner. And I ran across this thing called Meet Mr. Callahan. And so they wouldn't let you record in the Paramount. You couldn't bring any machinery in the Paramount. No, no machinery mm -hmm. of any kind. And so what I did is I uh, set it up at Capitol's office on Broadway. And I set it out right up where you could look right out the front window at the traffic going by. <laughs> and I, I, I recorded it, you know. And, I, and, 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 I, and when it was all done, I put the record back in the pile. And Lou came up and he says, well, I see I haven't touched the pile yet. <laughs> and I said to Lou, I says, I did one of them. And he says, which one? I said, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and I teased him about it until it was time to come out. And then when I told him, of course, he was very elated about it. And it was a big hit. And then we were on our way to Europe and went over there and met Mr. Callahan. You did? Uh-huh. How about that? Yeah, and it was... And it who was, was he? Well, he was a fellow that played the part of Callahan in, in uh, on... on uh, in a in a like a Broadway show over there, mm -hmm. it's called West Watt, West End or West End or something mm -hmm. in 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 London. Yeah. Well, that's what he was. He was acting on the stage. Listen, we're getting close to the two o'clock hour, and I am going to ask you if you'll stay an extra half hour. I'll stay as long as you want. Oh no, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. As long as the public don't boo us, <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> let's t let's take a call with. We've got uh, Chris on the line. Chris, you're on KABC with the legendary Les Paul. Good morning. Oh, great. Uh, Ray and Les, I hope you can hold me over because I have a short personal message. But what I want to say most of all is, uh, Les, contrary to most pioneers in music or any uh, writing or literature or anything, contrary to most pioneers, what I think is, is foremost is your expertise and style. And uh, that was foremost. The fact that Thank you were you. Uh, first in, in, in your line and with your instrument, to me, is secondary. It's your expertise and style that was foremost. Thank you. Thank you. And his, his musicianship, uh, exactly. uh, his innovation, uh, it always amazes me. I, I, I love the bridges. I'm a bridge man. What that has to do with is, is timing, and that's what, what he was so expert at is, uh, it, it, with this instrument that was like foremost and, and, and so new to the world. Uh, he had such great timing. And uh, what I'm hoping that you can uh, uh, somehow uh, in, in your uh, 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 sideline with uh, Ray is educate him as to, uh, see, I'm 46, and I grew up in the rock age, uh, yeah, but I'm not a, uh, a rock addict. And yet uh, there's so many of, of the uh, rock and, and, and jazz guitarists that uh, 
actually worship you less. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to cite a few that maybe you don't even know that much of, but uh, probably Ray doesn't know really that much of it at all. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, Chicago, Terry Cass. Mercy. Uh, the Moody Blues, Justin Hayward. Oh, I know them well, yeah. Uh, Derek and the Domino's, of course, Eric Clapton. Even Ray probably knows Eric Clapton. And I mentioned to you uh, the screener. Uh, you said Larry Carlton. Well, I told the screener Paul Horn. Mm -hmm. I've got the mm -hmm. album right in front of me. And Larry Carlton was the guitarist on, on uh, Paul Horn's album called Visions. Yeah, fine guitar player. Absolutely. Now, okay, uh, the one question I have for you on a personal note, uh, my dad has been in real estate uh, in Beverly Hills in the West L.A. since the early 50s. Did you ever buy a house, because I used to type listings, did you buy a house uh, in, in West L.A. or Beverly Hills? Nope. No, you didn't? No. Nope. Well, I, I he <laughs> operated out of garages. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. You moved up from garages uh, no. a while ago. No. I tell you what, the only home that I bought in Hollywood, I paid 12005 for it. Oh and it had a big garage. And, and, and furnished. <laughs> furnished. And, and uh, that's the last home that I bought until I, uh, I sold that, and uh, we were asked to move to... Uh, in fact, they bought me a home, a Mary and I home. Listerine people did wow. in uh, in Wawa, New Jersey, so they could uh, do their Listerine show. Isn't that nice? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're uh, going to take a break for the uh, 2 o'clock news. We will be back with Les Paul. If you want to call, our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. We do have a couple of open lines, so if you hurry, you can get in. See you in five. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio. I'm Ray Bray. KBC Los Angeles. It's two o'clock. From ABC News, I'm Joan Bennett. They sound a little like coaches planning strategy for a big game. Members of Congress and presidential advisors jockeying for position in advance of next week's House debate and vote on the president's deficit reduction plan. A bipartisan group sponsoring an alternative proposal, minus an energy tax, says that plan's gaining momentum, but for now doesn't have enough votes to pass. The president's budget director, Leon Panetta, on ABC's Nightline, assessed chances for the president's proposal. The president's plan has passed the House, it has passed the Senate, and now we're implementing that plan in this reconciliation bill, which is the enforcement part of the budget. Uh, the House is moving, 13 committees have moved to implement it. We think it can pass the House, we think it can move through the Senate. That's what really counts here. It has to be real, it has to be balanced, it has to be fair. The government's making it harder for you to have an excuse for not being registered to vote. The so-called Motor Voter Act was signed into law Thursday by President Clinton. It requires states to allow citizens to sign up to vote when they register their car or visit a welfare office or stop by most other government agencies. ABC's Ann Compton says President Clinton has an idea the Motor Voter Law may bring in some new blood to the electorate. The president considers the motor voter bill something of a political victory because it means a lot of those voters who were attracted to the Democratic side, a new generation of voters who seem attracted to President Clinton, will now have a chance to find it easier to register to vote, either when they get a driver's license or when people apply for some kind of public benefits or deal with their local government offices. They'll find the forms easier to use. 
The White House says it's not making any decisions yet on what to do about reports that Iraq sent agents to assassinate President Bush in Kuwait last month. Two administration insiders say FBI and Secret Service investigators are certain of the plot. You are listening to ABC News. Save hundreds of dollars a year on your life insurance payments. Get a pencil and paper because in a minute, I'll give you a money-saving toll-free number. The company I'm talking about is SelectQuote. If you read the Wall Street Journal, Kiplingers, or Money, you've seen their ads. Male non-smokers, 31 years old, $250,000 worth of life insurance for $200. If you're 36, $150,000 coverage for $157. At age 49, a half-million-dollar life policy is $650. SelectQuote saves you money because they continually compare the costs of the term life insurance policies of America's top-rated companies. Call SelectQuote today, 1-800-526-8877, toll-free. They'll mail to you without any obligation a free personalized price comparison of the five policies that get you the most life insurance for the least amount of money. Call SelectQuote today at 1-800-526-8877 and see how much you can really save on your life insurance. Coverage available in most states. A judge in Michigan has struck down the state's law banning assisted suicides. The ruling came in a lawsuit filed by the American Civil Liberties Union on behalf of two terminally ill people. Despite the judge's decision, many doctors, like Sam Klagsbrunn of Four Winds Hospital, feel the whole issue of assisted suicide is so complex, maybe it should be kept illegal. I think a great deal of thinking and, as I say, agonizing ought to take place in a physician's mind and soul uh, prior to making such a difficult decision with a patient and with a patient's family. A Canadian woman with Lou Gehrig's disease asked the Canadian Supreme Court yesterday to allow her a doctor-assisted suicide. California Supreme Court has ruled that a woman who was paid $10,000 by a couple to bear a child conceived with their egg and sperm has no parental rights to custody to a two-year-old boy. Sam Malone, also known as Ted Danson, with the final word on the last episode of Cheers, ending its 11-year run on NBC TV Thursday evening. It's estimated that 40% of the U.S. population watched. This is ABC News. So welcome to our 20th class reunion. What's everyone been doing? Yeah, how about you, Mr. Science Whiz? Uh, I'm an electrical engineer. Shocking. Figures. And you, Ms. Class President? I'm in public relations. Figures. <laughs> and you? You were the class, uh, dropper? I'm a lawyer now. Lawyer? Yeah, I dropped back in. Hey, hey all right. right. Never stop learning. A message from ABC's Project Learning U.S. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Joan Bennett. 790 KABC Talk Radio. LA's most interesting talk station. Stand by for the bridge. 
vocalize this. Oh, that's a different course. Okay. I forget my own course. You know, I make this up as I go along. You know. Isn't that crazy? You know, Ray, the funny thing is down at Fat Tuesdays, uh, never played the song in the same key. And never you played. never played it in no, the same no, key? No, no, no. If I play How High the Moon, I'm going to play it in G one time. I'll play it in A. <laughs> the next, I'll play it in B flat. And and, and the guys in the trio are so trained, they're like trained seals because I never play. They just play follow it. right along. Yeah, yeah. And if I get very bored if I play the same thing the same way in the same key. And uh, this is the fun of it. Because if you're going to play there nine years, you're going to get sick to your stomach if you're going to do the same thing yeah, over and over and over. And you're not going to learn anything new. Well, when you I mean made... You mean that Les Paul is still trying to learn something new? Oh, you better believe it. Uh, you better believe it. And never do I go home saying, well, that was great. I'll go home saying, well, I could have done that better. Really? Oh, sure. You, you, my goodness. Uh, uh, it is. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something that uh, that that I found out. Uh, I'll listen to something I made 40 years ago, and I can listen to it uh, unbiased. You know, I, I can listen to it c correctly, like someone else had done it. And I got a whole different perspective in listening to something that I recorded 40 years ago. I don't think it's me. Uh, I know I can tell you the hour of the day I did it, that I, I, what clothes I was wearing, what guitar I was playing, everything. But I still don't relate to it that it's me. And consequently, when I hear Bye Bye Blues, I have no idea what I did and why I did it. All right, let's, let's try that bridge again here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm hooked You on want this me thing. to learn it, right? Yeah, I, okay. I, want you, I want you to tell oh, us okay. what you did. I mean, did you improvise right on the spot? Did right you? on the spot. You're yeah. kidding me. Listen Never to this. Listen to this. I mean, that's innovation. Sure, I, I know I know what I did, but uh, I have to listen to it like it's. Uh, 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 who's on the line? Who who said who's on the line? We got a another mystery guest on the line. Let's check in with Jeff Healy. Jeff Healy, the real Jeff Healy. Well, I guess uh, if there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're, on, you're on KBC with Les Paul. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning Jeff. to both of you. Good morning. What a, what a player you are. Well, uh, we, we, you might remember we talked a couple of years ago, Les, and we, we've shot sure through all this, but thank you once again. That really means a lot. And, yeah. and the same back at you, to say the least. Yeah, I was just telling him here what a great, great player you are. Well, once again, that that means a lot. There was two things that I wanted to uh, to to bring up. Um, first of all, is uh, is sort of becoming more common knowledge. Uh, I'm a collector of 78s, which is how I initially got into uh, listening to your stuff years and years ago. And there's a, another collector friend of mine that just recently came up with a record that you did, accompanying Gene Austin. Oh my goodness! Which was a wonderful. Uh, wonderful thing. Of course, Gene Austin, a fantastic vocalist. Oh, yeah. I made 50 sides with him 
I'd curse on right here in Hollywood. Yep, uh -huh. 1945. Those, that's my blue heaven, melancholy baby, right. ace in the hole, yearning. Those are all his songs. You know. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful yeah. stuff. It was really nice to hear that. I hadn't heard those before. Yeah. What 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 happens with you now? You're you're up in Toronto. Well, no, actually, uh, we just came into Los Angeles today, and uh, as I say, it really. Uh, no, I mean you live you live in Toronto. Oh, I, yeah, we still live in Toronto, but uh, at the moment we're out uh, promoting our latest effort, if you will. And well, uh, you're a great player. We're going to begin some dates with the Allman Brothers in a couple of days. Yeah, I, you know, if I fear anything, I'd fear playing along with you. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and, and once again, back at you. <laughs> you we, keep we, it up, Jeff, and I, I wish you the very best. Well, we really should give it a try at some point. Hey, I would love to do that. Do you know what, what is happening with this album that you and I were supposed to be a part of? Well, that was by Tony Martell, the fellow that's uh, today that has this cancer foundation thing, uh, and uh, that I'll be there tonight. Are you going to get o be able to get over there? Well, I'm going to do the best that I can. Well, if you get over there, I think I'll just hide in a corner somewhere. Oh, no, no, let's, let's, let's. <laughs> anyway, I'd love to see you, Jeff. How long are you going to be out here? I'm just out for this, and then Saturday I'm just going to go see my favorite people, and then Sunday I'm back to uh, New York to play Fat Tuesdays Monday. That's your gig, of course. Yeah, the gig is important. Well, we, we should... Uh I mean, it, it's entirely up to you, and if you're open to it, but we should try and touch base on Saturday because we're around. Where are you? Where are you uh, well, I can't tell you. Well, we, can, we can talk about it off the air. If okay, okay, okay. That's fine. But uh, anyway, I wish you the very best. And, and also not meaning to ignore you, Ray. I really have enjoyed your shows All with right. what I've got to listen to when I've been out here. So. Uh, we don't want so to bug the people with this. We love you back and forth. But you, I'll tell you off the air how much I think of it. Okay? <laughs> All right, Jeff. Thank you for calling. A pleasure. All right, bye-bye. Um, your association with Bing Crosby, that's really one of the uh, great stories. I, maybe you'll tell it. I don't know which one you want to hear. Uh, well, the one uh, at, at uh, NBC, Sunset and Vine. Oh, my goodness. Well, how you, how you got uh, Bing Crosby's ear. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a wild thing. But the way it happened is that I, I walked into Fred Waring's office in New York, and I said, Fred, I says, uh, I think I'm going to give you my notice and leave. And he says, what what happened? So he figured I'm going with Benny Goodman or Artie Shaw or something like that. And I says, uh, well, I think I'm going to take a shot at uh, working with Bing Crosby. So he says, I knew someone would grab you, you know. And I says, well, Bing has never heard me. I says, to my knowledge, I says, I, I, I'm just going to go out there and see if I can meet the man, so forth and so on. So I, I went to California. And when I got out here to California, I said, well, I know he's at NBC, and I got to get in NBC. <laughs> and so we backed our way into but NBC. Before, before, before you did that, you cased the place. Oh, yeah, I cased the place. I, I knew that he was on Thursdays, and I said, first of all, we got to get in NBC. And I says, how in the world did he get in NBC? And there, there was an artist entrance there. So I said to the bass player, why don't we try backing in there? 
And I says, you with the big bass, you can cause a lot of confusion there. <laughs> and so uh, 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 right then and there, I says, hey, you forgot the music. But why would you want to back in? I, I know why, but I'm well, because you, statement. you can't. Uh, there's no way of going to the artist's entrance and say I'd like I know, to go in uh, to see Bing Crosby. I understand, but uh, why was there? Uh, why, why did you want to back in? I mean, wanted to get in the building. You want to get into the building. Yeah. Why? Why did you want to get into the ah, building? Ah, I wanted to get in the building because we'd have our instruments in there, and once we get in there. Uh, we'd find an empty room, and if we could find an empty room, we'd just set up and start playing, and somebody's going to walk in and hear us. But uh, if I recall, it was a very special empty room because you cased the place and... That was later. Well, that was that later. That was later, yeah. Oh. The first time we got oh. in there, uh, Billy Gilcher come down. Uh, he walked into Studio E, and he says, uh, you're not down on the list here. He says, what's yeah, what's this yeah, act? Yeah. And uh, I, I said, so Les Paul Trio. He says, well, it's not scheduled to be rehearsing in here. And I says, well, Mr. Gilcher, I says, really, we backed him. And I told him what we'd done, and he laughed. And he says, well, anybody that can work that out... And he says, what's the name of this group? I says, it's the Les Paul Trio. And he says, stick in here. And he called Tom Peluso, who was the musical director at NBC. And Tom Peluso came in, and he says, you got a job as of right now. And so they gave me nine shows on NBC as of right then and there. Now, now I watched where Bing would go and bing every night that he worked out of studio b he'd walk down the hallway and he went to e <laughs> and in this room which was called emergency not the e that we were in now there's another room called emergency and it had nothing in there but uh, some some stale bread and some stuff in case of an air raid. You know, it was a, it was a real funky, raunchy yeah. room that worked yeah. on generators and emergency, whatever. Yeah. And anyway, Bing used to go in this tiny little room, and he used to read his lines over, think about what he was going to do, and uh, warm his voice up. And he didn't want to be around anybody. And he did this at a certain time. Right? And he did it at a certain time. You're my man. You remember. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said to the girl upstairs, I said, could we work in the emergency room? And she says, why in the world would you want to work there? And I says, we like a real small, intimate room. So she says, if you want it, you got it. No one's in there. And so she gave me that room. So I said to the piano player and the bass player, I says, now, we're going to play back home again in Indiana. And I said, if anybody walks in, now, I didn't tell them right. you know, who I thought was going to walk in. I says, if anybody walks in that room, don't stop playing. Just keep playing. Just keep playing, fellas. And so, sure enough, on time, just like it was written, in walks Bing, and he opens the door. Oh, he says, I'm sorry, I didn't know anybody was in here. Okay? And he had to yell it out because we're playing our brains out. Right? And the piano player stopped. He says, that's Bing Crosby. I says, keep playing, fellow. <laughs> keep playing. And, and, and Bing closes the door. And he left. And I says, doggone it. And the door opens again. And Bing says, can I listen? And he leans over the piano and he listens. And he says, what do you call this group? I says, it's the Les Paul Trio. And he says, uh, where do you work? I says, we got a job here at NBC. Uh, and he
And he says, you do, huh? And he says, what's your name? I says, Les Paul. He says, well, as of now, you work for me. Wow. And he turned around, walked out the door. Oh, he did say, I will see you for Thursday, for the Thursday show, okay? So rehearsal be Thursday at 1 o'clock, whatever it was. And he walks down the hall. Now, he leaves the room, walks down the hall, and I yell at Bing, and I says, hey, Bing, how much? He says, one thou. And he turns around and walks away from me. And I holler at him again and says, hey, Bing, how much for the other two guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Who needs managers with a guy like you? Uh, it was fun. And, and, and Bing and I became friends right up till the time he died. And uh, what a man he was to work for. Well, how much I learned from Bing. Uh, and there was one of the greatest Rose, Rosemary says the same thing. Rosemary can verify anything I say. Yeah. That Bing, he was a private man now. Mm -hmm. And you had to understand that he, he, wasn't, he wanted to be alone. He wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. He did what he wanted to do, which is a privilege of anybody. Okay? And a lot of people may not understand Bing, but I was very close to him, and I loved the man dearly and admired him, and I learned so much from the man. Let's go to the phones. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KABC if you want to talk to the legendary Les Paul. And uh, and Marion Holmes wants to talk to Les My Paul. My goodness. My goodness. Mary. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, Les. Yes. Ray. Uh, Les, do you remember the name? Yes, I do. WJJD. Chicago. With Ben Cantor. Yeah, I had a crush on you. Do you know that? Oh, no. Now <laughs> you tell me. Oh, uh, yeah. time. You tell me uh, now. Oh, you're dull. But listen, I have... But weren't you rhubarb red? I was yes. rhubarb red. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well... My goodness, what a great surprise. Well, in my, uh, in my scrapbook, I have a picture of Ben... And uh, all the girls around him. He had a group of girl singers. Yeah. And I auditioned for him, lucky enough to uh, sing a few songs. And that's when I met you. And I played for you. Yeah, and, you know, and I haven't seen you since. I know. It's and been that years. was, that had to be 1934. It was. That's when I joined JJD, August of 1934. Well, that that's when it was. Mm -hmm. And then I went on and won a contest at the uh, Sherman Hotel, the College Inn. Then mm. Bernie, yowza. Um, no, Bernie had been there. I sang with Frankie Masters. Oh, sure. Buddy Rogers. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. And Julie Stein. Sure. When, oh, when oh, it was friends. Julie with yeah. a band. Yeah, yeah. And then they put me with Maury Sherman in the afternoon for tea dances. <laughs> Mercy. And at that time, um, Sam Lutz came in. Mm -hmm. He was managing Henry Bussey. And who they later, who later, of course, made a name managing Lawrence Welk. Um, of course. And they asked me if I wanted to join the Henry Bussey band, go to the Coconut Grove in Hollywood. And so that's what I did. That's big time. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's so wonderful to talk to you. And listen, uh, you better 
you better get some sleep for tonight. Oh, I don't worry about it all. I have a night owl. Listen, and, and you hearing really are, your music you? tonight yeah. was, oh, just so wonderful. And yeah, uh, Ray, you. we always love hearing you. And uh, have fun tonight, and God bless you. Thank you, Marion. Uh, and she said, yeah, yeah, good night. Thank good you. night. And good morning. L Les, would okay. you tell me the story about J.J.D.? Uh, this, this, the, get on mic there. Uh, the story about J.J.D. This is, this is Zeke Manners. Of okay. Zeke of Hollywood. Zeke of Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you, you told it to me. Uh, when you threw, you had a record, you are up on a balcony. Or oh, that's a long story. That's too long. You to tossed a record. I, I would love to do that. Oh, there was a Polish hour. Maybe I can shorten it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. uh, I was doing the rhubarb bread thing at yeah. JJD, right, okay? Right. And uh, as rhubarb bread, uh, I'm on one station. There's two stations now. Mm -hmm. We got multiple stations. Mm -hmm. Like you have here, you got yeah. two stations. Right. Okay, so one station is JJD, I'm mm -hmm. on that. And the guy at the Polish hour came in, and he had a national anthem in Polish. <laughs> and that record was so valuable, it was the only record, I guess, in the whole world, and he had it, okay? And he forgot it. Yeah. And he went into the organ room, which was... Uh, two stories high so he had to go down the stairway and everything and he got downstairs and i just went off there and he says hey red he says would you shoot this uh, my theme song i left it on uh, right next to you on the desk okay <laughs> on the table and he says shoot it down to me i'm on the air in about 30 seconds well, I did. I went to the door, but I picked up a Guy Lombardo record instead. And I went to the balcony, and I threw it in the air. Now, he's got a pair of earphones on, a microphone in front of him, a couple of turntables, and he's on the other end of the room, and, in mi and I threw it real high in yes, the air, yes, right? Yes, yes. He tore, his, <laughs> he tore his earphones right off, and he caught that record about one inch from the floor. And he made a catch, right? When he got it and he saw Guy Lombardo, he forgot the radio and everything. He just decided, I'm going to kill that guy, right? You see, Ray, that's, you got to have a, a director. Oh, yeah. yeah we got it. That's that's great. That story is great. Oh, and, of course, the, the real theme I had down there, and I gave it to the other fellow who put it on the air while he's chasing me all over the building. I didn't want to tell that long well, story. Well, that's a good story. Yeah, that's yeah, a great story. All right. We'll be back with the legendary Les Paul in a moment. Our phone number is 1-800-222-KABC. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brame. My guest, Les Paul, will be back. Attention allergy sufferers. Now the world-famous Auric 8-pound upright has the exclusive C-Lock hypoallergenic filter system that captures fine dust, bacteria, pollen, and pet dander. Locks in particles one one-hundredth the width of a human hair. Buy the Auric C-Lock hypoallergenic upright and receive Auric's Maxi Compact with accessories to clean everything from upholstery to ceiling fans. 
weighs just four pounds, but has the power to lift a 16-pound bowling ball. It's a powerful little double. A $160 value, it's yours absolutely free. With the upright purchase, there's a special bonus offer, the Sealock Hyperallergenic Air Machine, a true electronic cleaner that removes airborne pollutants and regenerates air three times an hour in an average room. This is a $216 deep clean air machine, and it's yours for $59.95 plus $9 shipping and handling. In Anaheim, see and try the Auric vacuums at Anaheim Vac and So, in Orange at Orange Appliance and Vacuum, and in Huntington Beach at Fico's Appliance, or call 1-800-640-7066. They're coming. From all over Southern California, people are climbing in their cars, their trucks, their 4x4s, anything on four wheels, and hightailing it to discount tire centers for their gigantic Memorial Day sale on Michelin tires. They're coming for incredible savings on some incredible tires. Michelin, because so much is riding on your tires. Right now, at Discount Tire Center's Memorial Day sale, you can drive home Michelin XZX Radial size 145 SR13 for as low as $35. No wonder people can't wait to get to Discount Tire Center's. After all, it's not every day you can peel out on Michelin XZX tires, long mileage radials that give small cars great traction and handling for as low as $35, which is why people are coming to our Memorial Day sale any way they can. So don't miss the Memorial Day sale going on right now at Discount Tire Centers for a great deal no matter what you drive. Okay, there are a few exceptions. Discount Tire Centers for great Memorial Day savings. Why spin your wheels going anywhere else? Are you worried about losing control? Do you find yourself having sudden, uncontrollable urges? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a very common problem that 10 million Americans suffer from every day. It's called incontinence. Incontinence is uncontrollable, involuntary urinary leakage. Now, some degree of incontinence can be seen among men and women over 40. It can be triggered simply by coughing, sneezing, rising from a chair, aerobics, heavy lifting, or even laughing. It can be very minor, or very severe, but it can be treated more easily than you might imagine. Just call their incontinence treatment center at the Lakewood Regional Medical Center for a consultation with their incontinence specialists. Most insurance is accepted. The number is 800-427-4345. Now, they serve the North Orange County, Long Beach, and South L.A. County areas. And remember, don't be embarrassed. Millions of other people suffer from the same thing. So call the Incontinence Treatment Center today. They'll help you get back in control. Again, that's Well, Mary asked me that one time, and it, I just spurted it out. And uh, I've never changed what I said to her then. And she says, where do the ideas come from? And I says, number one, you have to be in love and believe in God. How about that? That simple. Wow. And, and I love Mary, and I do believe. And it just ended right there. I just said, I, somebody gives it to me, 
Uh, everybody. Rosie's out there. A lot of people are out there, very talented. And if and everybody is gifted. And who gives you these gifts? That's right. And where do these ideas come from? I just don't go down and buy them in the music store. So where do, you, where do these ideas come from? They come from happiness. If you're an unhappy person, I don't, I'm not so sure that you're going to think straight. But if you're terribly happy, and I was, and I am, but I was when we wrote these particular right, songs right. Or, or made the arrangements mm. on these songs. Like I told you, nothing is written down. It's all ad lib. And so you make it up right there. And if you're going to do that, now, granted, when I got the hamburgers <laughs> and we did How High the Moon, I did lay out a plan for Mary that I was going to play this intro right. and that she was going to sing with four voices mm -hmm. here and then a counter four voices mm -hmm. there. Then the second chorus is she's going to, you know, right, and the right, whole bit. And you kind of, you kind of, I'll tell you something, and, and for the listeners, they may be interested in this also. Uh, as long as I've been in the business, I never let the machine run me. So if I got a multi-track machine, which I invented, I, one thing I did never let happen, never let this happen, where I said the machine, I'm going to let the machine run me. I say, I'm not going to turn that machine on until I know exactly what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And then you go do it. But some people go out there and turn the machine on and go hunting. <laughs> and you go hunting for that stuff, and you get screwed up, and you'll be in there two years trying to make an album. When I make and an they, album... And they do that. They do that today. Oh, sure they do it. And, uh, you know, I heard George Benson on CBS one night, and, mm -hmm. and Charlie Rose said to him, how long have you been working on the album? And he says, it's almost done. And he says, how long have you been working on it? And he says, almost a year. And I'm telling you that Mary and I made our albums, and for me to make an album, if I don't make it in one day, I'm going to hang my hat up. <laughs> if it takes more than one day to make an album, something is wrong. Something okay? Up. All right, our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC, and let's say hello to Randy. Randy, good morning. You're on KBC with Les Paul. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. And good I want to say if uh, Rosemary Clooney, who's a singer-singer, is Les Paul's biggest fan. I've got to be second in line because I was wearing out my old man's uh, 78 uh, when I was 10 years old in 1954 trying to learn every lick <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to play along with Les Paul but that was always my uh, dream. A couple of questions I want to ask you, uh, both kind of technical. Uh, we know how you, you dubbed uh, Mary's voice and she sang a, a, a third or a fifth above herself when you were making it in the studio, uh -huh. I want to ask you first, how did you do that uh, when you were live on the stage? And the second question, even more important, uh, you know, for those who, who are not musicians, uh, uh, we've got to just mention that the, the guitar, like the piano, is one of the few instruments that's kind of like a little self-contained orchestra, and that you can have lead or chords or background and so if you make an arrangement for a guitar it's kind of making a little orchestral arrangement i don't believe that anybody is born with this knowledge so did you like study at juilliard or study classical where did you get your arrangement knowledge that you began with uh, how the <coughs> harmonic arrangements then work together 
Oh, okay. Uh, I never studied either electronics or music. I never took any lessons, uh, but I'm not self-taught. I learn from others. And I guess I was just uh, lucky enough to, or smart enough, I don't know what the correct words would be, but to listen to this, the, the very fine players. So when I started out in the business, I listened to Eddie Lang and the great, great, great players, okay? And admired the great people out there like the Bing Crosbys and on and on and on and on. Uh, the same way in electronics. Uh, I, I would uh, uh, go out to the transmitter at WTMJ uh, in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and I'd wait until it was raining, and then I'd knock on the door, and the fellow would say, yes, can I help in? Here's this. I made sure my nose was running, and, and it was wet out, and the guy would say, come in out of the rain. At least I'm in, I'm in the door. <laughs> and when I got in the door, the fellow would say, what, what can I do for you, little one? You know, And I'd say, well, mister, I'd like to know something, answer, if you would answer some questions about electronics. And I'd learn. And the next thing, the guy'd say, can you come back next weekend at the same time? And he's never given up. He did that at the <laughs> WABC transmitter in New Jersey when, when we were on the network. Now, in, in, uh, in, in learning from others, I learned to make arrangements and so forth and so on. But uh, the arrangements is only part of it, okay? You're given the, uh, you, you're given, uh, the uh, ability uh, to hear all these different parts and so forth and so on. But uh, when I found Mary, I found the girl that's one in a billion that ever could be as uh, uh, Amos and Andy or uh, Abbott and Costello, whoever you wish to name, that were partners. I never could find anybody as talented as Mary because Mary, I would just look at Mary and I'd say, uh, uh, here's what I'd like. I'd like you to sing this in four parts or I'd like to have you sing it in five parts, or I'd like to have you sing this in unison and lay two parts behind it. You just tell Mary and you forget about it because you don't have to tell her what notes to play or anything else. She was born with it. Okay, this is an extremely talented person. I happen to be given that same thing on the guitar, and so we didn't have a problem. Mary went her way, I went my way. There was never a discussion as long as Mary and I were together as to who's going to do what. Uh, Mary did hers her way, I did mine my way. The only thing I ever did is make the arrangements, and the arrangements came because just logically you would say, hey, if you're going to do this here, you should, it's like writing a poem. If you're going to write a poem, it's got to make sense. And so it's got to rhyme. If it's going to be that type of a, of a thing, you're writing a great song. You just have to uh, uh, make a study of it. And over a period of time, you don't realize it. But if you listen to any number that's played, you will find that if I do something here, I do something over there. And it makes sense. That's why Ray Bream, when he does what he does with Bye Bye Blues, it, I never leave the melody unless I got something as good or better. 
And to do that is the secret to making arrangement. If you go out and play something that doesn't mean anything, it's just gibberish. So the whole secret is, is if you do leave Stardust, which is the greatest melody in the world, if you can't play something better, for God's sake, stick to the melody. <laughs> it's one of the most unique sounds I've ever heard in, in, in my life, and I've been listening to you for 40 years. Quickly, uh, uh, how did Mary obviously had a superior voice for harmony, but how did she sing harmony with herself in a live performance? Oh, in the live performance, it started out, maybe you didn't catch the earlier part of the show, we used Mary's sister, and Mary's sister is, uh, is almost as phenomenal as, as uh, her name is Carol, and she is an extremely talented uh, gal, and Mary's sister not only looks like Mary, but sings like Mary, and Mary, uh, I mean Carol, you can bump against a table, she can sing it in harmony. Well, you don't have a problem when you have someone that's that talented. It. Now, right. if you're born with it, I'm sure you don't go down the music store and buy it. You're born with it. And so the same thing, if I wasn't born with it, I, I guess I'd never be able to do it. If I didn't know how to play a bass line on the guitar, and if you listen to any of my recordings, there is no bass on them. It's just the, my guitar is the bass. My guitar is every instrument on there except on fire I played the piano, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and other than that, you won't hear it. Would you put the bass line down first? No, last. Last? Yeah, last. The very, that goes down with Mary's lead voice. That goes down. I put my lead down, then I put Mary's on, then I put the bass on, then it's done. Wow. The bass is always the last thing. Because you want to know how loud to make it and how much to play. You don't oh. want to get in someone's way. Oh, I got it. I huh? got it. So that bass line is something that you don't lay down first because you can't erase it. You can't take yeah, it away. Right. In the old days where it's sound on sound, mm -hmm. today the fellow... After after the invention of the multi-track mm -hmm. machine, of course, he can take the bass out and change it and do what he wishes to do. Today and they spend, can put and every spend track a year out. making a record. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you see, and that's the, that's the same thing as uh, with MIDI and with what's happening today with synthesizers. Uh, one thing that you have to fear is the fact that Oscar Peterson all of a sudden gets a synthesizer and you say what happened to oscar he got a synthesizer and he disappeared for two years and he's, he's locked in a room trying right. to sound like lionel hampton <laughs> we'll be right thanks randy for the call we'll be right back with the legendary les paul and if you didn't I hope know you got that one <laughs> by, by proclamation this is Les Paul Day in the city of Los Angeles. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brain. The anniversary. It's an occasion for celebrating. And at Homestead House, we intend to do just that. We're celebrating our 40th year of business with the biggest furniture sale in the history of our company. Please listen carefully, because a fine furniture sale of this magnitude has never, ever been available at Homestead House. From now through Memorial Day, every piece of furniture and decorator accessory will be marked down 40%. Virtually every piece in our vast collection of living room, dining room, and bedroom furniture is now 40% off. It's 40% off the finest names, including Drexel, Heritage, Henrodin, Marge, Carson, and Lineage, plus award-winning decorator accessories collected from around the world. It's the 40th anniversary celebration sale at Homestead House, and it's happening right now at all of our 15 beautiful showroom locations. Previous purchases, draperies, mattresses, carpeting, and antiques not included in this sale. 
Don't miss this history-making anniversary sale now through Memorial Day. Homestead House. If you have cancer or know someone who does, there's something you need to know. The City of Hope is an NCI-designated cancer center. Now, that's important because NCI, the National Cancer Institute, designates and supports only a select number of cancer centers in the entire country. NCI centers like the City of Hope set the standards for cancer treatment worldwide. They are equipped to perform the latest diagnostic and treatment procedures, and their doctors are among the best in their fields. The City of Hope is also a recognized leader in the human side of therapy, providing the personal, physical, and emotional support that makes life worth living after cancer. If anyone you know has cancer, call the City of Hope at 1-800-826-HOPE. Because as an NCI-designated center, the City of Hope offers options you just won't find everywhere. That was some driving exhibition. Officer, I am late for an appointment. Late for an appointment. I was reviewing my notes. Reviewing notes. Balancing a yogurt. And a fax came in. Any idea how fast you were going? Well, I remember seven. Seventy-five. Oh. In the diamond lane. <laughs> I uh, assume you're alone. Oh, I had someone on the phone. Does that count? I'll have to see your license, your registration, and uh, do you have an R&R club card? R&R? What's that? Palm Springs Desert Resorts R&R Club. Oh. You get your reduced rates at resorts and restaurants, on retail and recreation. Everything you need to rest and relax. Are you saying I should slow down? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? If you can use some R&R, join the club. The Palm Springs Desert Resorts R&R Club. It's free and entitles you to reduced rates on lodging, dining, golf, attractions, shopping, and more. To get your R&R Club card and our 1993 vacation planner, call 1-800-96-RESORTS. 1-800-96-RESORTS. Special offers are in effect now, so call today. Phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. Do you know who you want to be L.A.'s next mayor? This morning at 9, Michael Wu makes his case on KBC's Michael Jackson Show. At 11, meet the woman who fell in love with the tennis star, Martina Navratilova. The Michael Jackson Show, L.A.'s only live local talk program, weekdays from 9 to 1 here on KBC, L.A.'s most interesting talk station. Wicked, what you were doing there. Wicked. (laughs) My mother said that's a Tennessee growl. That's what she called it. All right, our phone number is 1-800-222-KBC. Let's say hello to to Bob in Los Angeles. Bob, you're on KBC. Good morning. Good morning, Les and Ray. Uh, Uh, Ray, thanks for having uh, Les on your show. Les, uh, Les, my dad's been a lifelong fan of yours. He's uh, 79, and he still plays a Martin guitar at my parents' home in Oregon. In uh-huh. fact, uh, I grew up listening to both of you people play. Uh, I'd like to thank you for a couple of things. First of all, for your great music over the many years. And uh, second, but even more important to me, I'm always at a loss as to what kind of present to get my dad. But as a surprise for his 80th birthday this July 13th, I'm taping this show, and it'll be presented to him along with your latest CDs and a CD player. And believe me, I think you will enjoy this more than anything else, except for one thing, and that is if you could wish him a happy birthday. Well, I sure will. What's his name? His name is Howard. Howard, want to wish you a happy... It's the 80th birthday? Correct. 
Well, I want to wish you, Howard, a happy eight, um, 80th birthday. Thanks a million, and vaya con Dios. Ah, vaya con Dios to you, too, Dal. All right, uh, let's take another uh, call here. We've got Dale on the line in Los Angeles, I believe. Uh, Dale, you're on KBC with Les Paul. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Les and Ray. Good morning. Um, I had a question. Um, in listening to the radio, I was uh, on my way home, and they, he mentioned about uh, uh, performing at the uh, place in New York. I was wondering, if, was he ever considering, like, maybe videotaping it and maybe putting it on a video laser disc? Uh, we did, did that. We have a, a video album out right now, and half of it uh, is a narration up in the front for 30 minutes, and then the, uh, the last half is live at Fat Tuesdays. And we're now thinking, yes, of doing just what you ask. And... Uh, uh, the, the Columbia people here, I know they're interested. The Capitol people, they're interested. And there are many others that are, are suggesting doing just that. And that's to do live from Fat Tuesdays, yes, and uh, videotape it as well as to do uh, an audio CD. And we're getting calls uh, wanting to know uh, where this event is going to be and uh, all about if the public is invited. As I understand it, it's by invitation only. Is that right? Uh, that's the uh, Heart of Music Award uh, from the T.J. Martell Foundation, uh, Neil Bogart Memorial Fund. And it's at the Gene Autry Western Heritage Museum in Griffith Park, and it is by invitation only. So that takes care of all the callers who are calling in. Uh, but he's here live on our program, and we have another uh, 12 minutes to go before he decides to uh, call it quits here this morning. <laughs> Les, Les I, I love people who like to stay awake at night. <laughs> and well, you're one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my whole life I've been that way. Really? Even, even when I opened the station at 5 o'clock in the morning, I uh, I knew that uh, as much as I uh, it, it was my work to be rhubarb red mm -hmm. in the morning, mm -hmm. in the afternoon I would go home and crash. But I was out there at night because Art Tatum was playing at night. And if I didn't hear Art Tatum and if I didn't hear Nat Cole back in Chicago, now really? this was before Nat ever was anybody. Okay, Teddy Wilson, Benny Goodman, those are the people that I wanted to play with. Coleman Hawkins, Earl Earl Hines. These people, Chicago was a, was a terribly, terribly, uh, it was a melting pot. It was a place where all great jazz was. And so Jackie Gleason, I ended up having a trio playing for him. Really? Yeah, yeah and this is when Jackie was nobody. And we were just all starting out on the north side of Chicago. So this was a thing where I was a night person. I says, as long as it's night where, where it's happening. I, Tatum said one time to Roy Eldridge, he says, hey, you know this uh, Les Paul? He says, where the hell does he go to work? He says, every morning he leaves. He leaves. And so he, Tatum t told me later, he says, I thought you worked in a post office or something. <laughs> and, they, and, and, and they says, well, no, he's, he turns into a cowboy at daylight. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I did. And I went over and opened the station up at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. Let's say hello to uh, Tom. Uh, Tom, good morning. You're on KABC with Les Paul. Good morning. It's quite a privilege. Thank you. Um... My friend tells me that I guess there's a story about the first time you met or heard Jimi Hendrix play. Do you clarify on that? Oh, I sure can. Uh, I was taking Sounds of Silence back to uh, 
<clears throat> to Columbia Records, and they loaned it to me because they said they'd like to have me do an instrumental version of it. And uh, uh, in taking it back, I happened to be going down Route 46, and there was a joint that I always used to stop in because they had a lot of jazz in there. Stopped in there, and it was... Uh, uh, there was nobody in the place but the bartender, and he was just sitting there listening to this fellow on the stage, and this guy on the stage had a raunchy guitar, and he was all by himself, and, and he's picking this guitar, and a left-handed guy, and he was playing a Les Paul Black Beauty. And uh, I thought, man, this guy plays great. This guy's a wild man. So I got back in the car, and my son says, uh, nobody, huh? Oh, I says, yeah, there's somebody there. But I says, uh, we'll dump this record off at Columbia, and then let's go back and catch him. When we went back there, he was gone. And I says, what happened to that big guy up there that was picking all that guitar? And he says, we threw him out. He's too loud. <laughs> and it was Jimi Hendrix. Wow. And so it was two years later that I found out his name. I never did find him and found out that there he was, a hit in England. But that's the story on Jimi Hendrix. I missed him. <laughs> okay, Tom, thanks for the call. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we'll be back with Les Paul here on Les Paul Day. It is Les Paul Day by proclamation here in Los Angeles. Les all Paul night. Day. <laughs> yes, indeed. Day and night. And thank you. And we'll be back in a moment. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. <laughs> of Our phone number is 1-800-222-KABC, and we'll be right back. This is 790-KABC Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brain. Gladys? Yes, Marvin? I have a confession. Oh? I've been unfaithful. <laughs> On what? Huh? On what kind of mattress? I, I don't know, some off-brand mattress? Cheap tramp. Well, it wasn't cheap. She got it at a department store. She paid department store prices? A stupid bimbo. Uh, you could have at least been unfaithful to me on a quality mattress from Comfort Center Mattress Shops. I, Home of the largest selection of Sealy Posturepedic, Simmons Beauty Rest, and Serta Perfect Sleepers. I'm so ashamed. Everyone knows Comfort Center has the guaranteed lowest prices, plus free delivery, a free bed frame, free setup, and free disposal of your old mattress. I'll never do it again, Muffin. And with their Sweet Dreams guarantee, if you're not satisfied with your mattress, they'll buy it back. Will you take me back, Gladys? No, Marvin. I'll get your cheap little hands off my Sealy Posturepedic. For one of the 19 comfort centers near you, call 1-800-246-SLEEP. That's 1-800-246-SLEEP. Comfort Center. What you do in bed is your business. What bed you do it in is ours. See store for details. For the best price on a name brand mattress, visit the Comfort Center in West Hollywood on Beverly Boulevard between San Vicente and Robertson. Mr. Simmons, mm -hmm. uh, you want to sign this birthday card for Janet? Janet? Yeah, she's the kind of quiet girl in bookkeeping. Uh, the one who sat next to you at the company awards dinner last month. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll see. Oh, great. She'll really appreciate there it. There you go. Sincerely, the boss. Oh, thanks. Uh, Nancy? Yes? Uh, could you sign this birthday card for Janet? Janet? Yeah, it's her birthday. I don't know a Janet. Oh, sure. She's the girl who said she liked your coat in the elevator. Yesterday. Gee, I don't. Well, maybe you uh, can just. Oh, you know, sure, okay, I'll find it. Oh, Janet will be thrilled because she really likes you. A crisis of loneliness, fear, or loss? There is help. The Community Guidance and Crisis Center in North Hollywood, a nonprofit neighborhood mental health service you can afford. 
Oh, hi, Mom. It's me, Janet. Listen, you won't believe the great birthday card I got from everyone at the office. Yeah, even my boss signed it. He wrote, Sincerely, the, the boss. The Community Guidance and Crisis Center in North Hollywood. Call 818-762-4817. That's 818-762-4817. I just started fooling around with. Uh, it's, out, it's out of your uh, CD album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just something that I made up and uh, whatever I called it. I don't even know what I called it. Honey. <laughs> Most of the songs that I make up, someone else puts a name on them yeah. because I don't even... Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll ask my brother-in-law, Wally. I'd say, hey, Wally, put some names on that and <laughs> send them in <laughs> and uh, make up a name, you know? Let's take a call quickly here from uh, Ray in Los Angeles. Uh, Ray, uh, good morning. You're on KABC with the legendary Les Paul. Well, this is something else. Um, Les, uh, tell me, do you uh, plan to make any uh, further recordings in the future? I sure do. I sure do. We're making them constantly uh, live at Fat Tuesdays. Well, now, where is this Fat Tuesdays? That's in New York in New York City, and we play there every Monday. We've been over nine years now. We're going on our 10th year. And, wow. And, yeah, and it, and I, I never thought I'd stay a month anywhere. I don't think I'd be happy playing there until I got there and found out just that this is the place I wanted to be and that I enjoy it so much. And I don't, I, I do it only for therapy. It's just great for me and and, and for the people. You know, they, the, they like it too. One last question and I'll go away is... Um, don't go away. Probably this is going to be a hard one to answer, maybe, but if there's one guitar player that you could probably put your finger on, <laughs> no puns intended, uh, that was probably outstanding or the best or if there is such a thing, uh, who would you... <coughs> Segovia. Pardon? Segovia. Yeah. And Andre Segovia. That's, that's the man uh, that I, I would choose, a classical guitar player. But if I was to pick it in the, in the jazz field or the pop field, you'd have to specifically state uh, whether you want it in, in blues, in country, in, in rock, jazz, uh, fusion. Uh, each okay, one, I, I can tell you each one that I like in each category, but there's no one guy going to play the whole thing. No, no, that's true. Well, all right, let's say jazz and... Uh in the country. Oh, well, jazz, there's some great players. Uh, of course, you start out with Django Reinhardt way back, and uh, he was an excellent player and a dear friend and what all that. Uh, uh, today, there are some very fine guitar players out there that play, play, play jazz, uh, like uh, Wes Montgomery. He, he's passed away, but he was an excellent guitar player. And then, of course, you have all types of players, like Herb Ellis is a very fine player. And then you have uh, uh, the guys that, like Larry Carlton that we mentioned earlier. And, it, and, and Borelli just goes, Borelli can really nail it to the wall. He plays a lot of guitar. Uh, young kid, and, and, and he's floundering around trying to find himself, but uh, excellent. And then there's some great blues players out there. 
And some of them break all the rules. They're using capital, thumbpicks, and everything else. But by George, they're knocking you out with it. You can take Al Collins, and uh, he'll play you some dirty blues. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you got the B.B. Kings and all, all of that. Then you got the Van Halens over in the other world, and they're, all, they're doing their thing. And uh, so you just have to take your hat off to each one individually. Yeah, well, true. Well, speaking of Hendrix... Uh Jamie Hendrix is one of the greatest, of course. Yeah, I guess the, the only closest, uh, maybe uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was... Uh... Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I never got to play with him. We planned to make an album together. He called me on the phone a few days before the accident. Oh, and, wow. And, 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 and it was a shame because we had three chances to get together and something happened. He either called me or I called him and we couldn't make it. But uh, uh, if nothing else, I wanted to meet the guy. And uh, I just want to mention one other guy. If uh, For technique, if, if anybody can play any cleaner or better than Al Demiola, who is a neighbor of mine in Jersey, uh, I'd like to know who it is. There is one of the fastest killers of all. Uh, but that's for technique. Now, there's a lot. There's heart. And then you have to go into another world for a guy that plays with a lot of heart and makes you cry, you know? Ray, thank you very much for the call. And uh, we've reached that time. Uh -oh. I guess it's, uh, well, you'd say via Condios time, right? Oh, gee. I'm very grateful for you. Les Paul, you are something else. Well, and uh, let, let Mary Ford say it for us all, okay? Yeah. Stand by. Here we go. Bless her. Now the hacienda's dark, the town is sleeping. Now the time has come to part, the time for weeping. Vaya con Dios, my darling. Vaya con Dios, my love. And via Condillas, and I'll see you tonight at the uh, Gene Autry Museum for that uh, award. Thank you so much. Take care, Les. Good Have night. a good one. Good, good night, night, everybody. This is 790 KBC Talk Radio, and I'm Ray Brain. KABC Los Angeles. It's 3 o'clock. ABC News, I'm Joe Templeton. Good morning. President Clinton and his Democratic allies on Capitol Hill are working to sidetrack an effort by a small group of senators to reshape his deficit reduction plan. Talk to you later tonight, Sunday night, with John Alert. Jaws Professional, Saturday 11181 Set Old Tab.
Alt tab, Fimmer Mc Alt tab, Saturday Alt tab, Saturday Alt tab, Sound Forge Pro 11.0.